uh, we need this. We need this fucking squirrel, man. Like it's it's yeah, hard. Man, I'm to telling you, that like, squirrel we can, is we can incredible. Get the squirrel to program shit. We can get the squirrel to walk right in the freaking lab. I mean, we don't have to worry about it like we did last time, man. Tell tell us. No, about. exactly. Yeah, no. So this guy, this guy's a professional squirrel trainer, but he came across this one uh, genetic anomaly in this squirrel, and he's been able to teach us this squirrel to talk. Like the squirrel, not just speaks English; it speaks Spanish and French and uh, cattle, Catalan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's quite. Horrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rare, rare language, you know, but yeah. I mean, anyway, so rich places, uh, lots of money. Yeah, I, I, just, I just see the show value in this squirrel. I mean, uh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Can you imagine that we can get the, the squirrel to like roll joints for us and stuff? See, I was oh. thinking I was honestly thinking about the, the financial impacts on it because we I mean, we can get that squirrel to who's going to stop a squirrel. You know what I mean? You could have that squirrel. I think the movies it could be squirrel in. At the Microsoft, whatever. This is a squirrel, whatever. If anybody That's can actually a squirrel, good idea, You know what I mean? We can, we can go in movies like no problem, like all kinds of stuff. We, I mean, I get that squirrel. It's limitless. Right, Smash, what we can do, do you think guy. you can befriend that thing? Like, is it going to work? I mean, you're in a, in a big squirrel suit. You've been, you, you, are you at, like, are you at home? Is it your second skin? Um, I believe I can probably smooth, smooth it. Yeah. I got some, I got some peanuts. It's a good one. Except for, I, I happen to know that squirrel doesn't like peanuts. It likes walnuts and stuff. I have yeah. almonds then. Walnuts are brain food. That's what they say. I can't I believe like it. Noob was saying that. Uh, Do you remember that on the show? Noob was saying that uh, like marzipan tastes like Play-Doh. What the shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what the hell? What the hell? We're gonna have to basically get this squirrel. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, fuck, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, we're talking about. Uh, we're talking. We're talking about Garfield. We're talking about my favorite cartoon as a kid. Uh, Garfield. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chippendale. Chippendales. We're talking about Garfield. Oh. And Chippendales, uh, I think those are two different things, but we're going to roll with it. It's a, it's a new adult version of uh, Garfield. Yeah, it's, it's a meeting of the minds, basically. Lasagna and stripping. It's really super cool. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you guys are talking about because uh, it's a cannabis show. We're just uh, we're here to goof off. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. If you're first off the hop, if you're over the age of 21, you know the drill. If you don't know the drill, drill, baby, drill, apparently. Uh, oh, that chick was so stupid. Jesus, I don't know why I said that. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's like stuck in my head like a brain worm. Uh, I, the spice must flow. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that freaking movie is going to come out like any day now. Are you guys waiting? Holy fuck, I'm waiting. Oh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus freaking Christ. Somebody, Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. You're like, what, what the fuck movie? You're going to find out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are over the age of 21, go check your ice cube situation. Uh, it's a little bit hotter day in some parts of the country. Perhaps your drink is cold. I don't know why I always bend over like this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's what she said. Uh, if you uh, need some coffee, a top of coffee or some tea, that was actually a good one. If you need a top of it, pat myself on the back for that one. If you need some peanuts, you guys have a second. Uh, now's the time solid. we're going to kick out the, uh, yeah, it's solid. Uh, now's the time we have to, uh, uh, well, I, I shouldn't spoil the, 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 the well, I can spoil it basically, but ladies and uh, boys and girls, uh, uh, kids, Gather around. Uncle West has gone for a show. He probably uh, he probably has some pent up stories to tell, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, gather around, Mr. Showman. And I saw it. Anyways, look, little kids gather around. Uncle West has a little story to tell. No, once upon a time in a faraway land, there lived a princess named Get Out of Here. You oh. can't stop here. Go. That was go her name. Your business. Get, was, get, yep. get out. 
That was her name. That was that was that was for real. Her name. If you look it up on Wikipedia, it says "Get the fuck out" if you're not 21. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are 20 or 19 or 18 or 17 and a half, you're like "Fuck, I'm almost old enough." You're not, unfortunately. Once you're 21, you're welcome to come back. Uh, West Engine, they're welcome to come back, right? When they're 21. Yeah, man. But yeah. till then, they need to get out. That's the fuck. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, especially the stragglers. They think like, dude, I'm old in mature age or something. I don't know. They 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 like French wine or some shit. I don't, well, they're not supposed to drink that either. Maybe they like no, French right. cheese. That person too, right? They got to get the fuck out too, right? If they're not 21. They have a, not 21. You can't stop here. Get out. Get, get out. Get out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, perhaps you think we're being rude, but uh, we've managed, honestly, to, to avoid a few of the demonetizations that were happening a few weeks ago. So knock on wood, uh, some of YouTube is uh, letting us survive right now. That's the same thing for a few other channels. So we're going to keep doing the magic that we've been doing. We're going to, I don't know, it's going to be like the freaking old football uh, uh, superstition or baseball superstition where they wear the same sock 57 days or whatever. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just so you know, if you are kids, hit the Fuck out. It's not the show for you. Go watch something else. Go watch Sesame Street. Go watch painting. Go watch reruns of uh, of, uh, Happy Little Accidents. Go watch that. The Joy of Painting. It'll be fantastic. Uh, Go watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Perfect. Awesome. Wonderful. Uh, Morality Tales. It's perfect. In the meantime, now that it's just us adults, thank you folks for joining us. Uh, I can't wait to get this. I'm getting like a boom arm in the mail tomorrow. And and I'm down constantly. It's so fucking annoying. Especially if you have a bad back. Like, honestly, like I thought I was going to get away with it. I probably could put this on something, but I could honestly put this on something. That's a little better. But uh, I was just going to get that goddamn boom. They were sold out. Can you believe that? The whole country is sold out of like everything. They were sold out of boom arms. Sounds way better. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, boom, boom. That sounds awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what was I going to say? Um, don't forget the photo contest. Very important. It's ending next Tuesday, so a week from today, uh, the 31st. The 31st is the announcement for the winner. 30th is going to be the last day that I take submissions. So basically next, uh, probably Monday, I guess that would be the logical thing. Like, I guess I always have to count because I forgot the month of June one time on this show. So anyway, uh, you never know if there's accidentally five days in my head. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Get your freaking uh, photo cracking fingers. No, I don't even. I, I've had like all this time to think of a better way to put it, and that's the best that I have. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. Go take some photos. Uh, take some photos. Take a reel. You know, Instagram's all about. We're not a photo sharing service anymore. So go take a reel. Go to take one of their short videos or whatever the fuck they think they're TikTok shit. I, whatever. I don't, I don't even care. Could be a TikTok video that you then forward to Instagram. I don't care how you do it. it you know, smashed over there is a star on, on TikTok. It does. You could be a star on TikTok. Do some crazy shit over there as long as you don't show your boobies or something. And then uh, show it. Well, that'd be kind of fun. Show it to me. But uh, uh, maybe not. That's probably not inappropriate. But uh, uh, I have to be able to repost it on my Instagram at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. So that's the first rule, my friends. Follow Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Tag me at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society with your new post. Please create a new post. Uh, also use the hashtag Fumi's Photo Contest, F-U-M-I, F-U-M-I, F-Y-M-I, Jesus Christ, I can't even type. Can't even, can't even spell. Uh, F-M-L is what I was trying to say. There we go. Thank you, D. Uh, ignore all of that. The hashtag is hashtag pound sign F-U-M-I-P-H-O-T-O-C-O-N-T-E-S-T. Fumi's photo contest. Uh, please, I know it's redundant. Please use all of those because every once in a while I just don't get a post or I don't see it or whatever else. Also, folks, if you've posted something and I haven't seen it and by I haven't seen it, I haven't reposted it. Now is a great time for you to start telling me. I didn't ignore it on purpose. I probably just didn't see it. Maybe I was 
on any number of possibilities might happen and i didn't see your post so please uh, just let me know either dm me or retag me or however you want to reping me and i'll uh, repost and get it posted right away so once again fumi's photo contest ending a week from tuesday uh you're gonna win some seats from me you're gonna win some seats from tommy and uh you're gonna win a freaking pat on the back it's gonna be awesome uh look at that you see d was a winner in the past a bunch of people won before it's super fun. Uh, you might even win some stuff that nobody else is going to get. So how fun is that? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me think uh, what else is there to say. I'm running out of thoughts right now. Uh, I'm going to jump into the, the introductions here in a second. Please go check out Fumidoro.com, folks. If you'd like to check out uh, genetic preservation kits, I like to call them, and uh, also uh, photos. Ladies and gentlemen, the freaking guest of the show made it. Holy cow, we have a pinch hitter guest. It's going to be freaking amazing. Why don't we jump straight to the pinch hitter guest for a brief introduction, then we'll get to the panel and then uh, get to the full-on introductions. Brendan, oh, they're still fixing their... You know what? I didn't mean to catch you off guard if you guys are still fixing the audio. You got it? Can you hear us okay? Brendan, welcome. Cheers. Thanks for pinch hitting, man. Welcome. How are you doing? Cheers, dude. Doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Uh, let's get so to Brandon. the panel introductions and we'll get to the freaking uh, full interview because I know that Brandon can talk about lights for, we can probably just let him talk about it, honestly. Uh, Dee, what's going on? Always first in the room, my friend. Welcome. What's going on? Uh, by the way, how are the brains today? <laughs> At least they're fresh. <laughs> they're fresh that's right Button right tonight um smoking the usual uh uh shout out to everybody listening on the podcast that i'll be posting shortly if you want to listen to that um <clears throat> hello russia everybody out there uh cheers everybody cheers, welcome bud by the way how's the art outdoor uh, garden oh dude Coming along, I pulled my two GMOs. So they're hanging to dry right now, mm -hmm. and I got something else that's starting to flower. And okay. all these uh, pink death bubba is looking like a crazy thing. I'm going to send you some pictures soon again, uh, Ozzy. Woohoo! I've Wait seen some more uh, pink death bubbas on the, on Instagram, yeah, for sure. And the um, just the, the one small uh, Morgana has gotten a little bigger. Just yeah. finding. Oh, you Cheers said it was like a dwarf, right? That was like the dwarf Morgana. Exactly. <laughs> right on. Cheers, dude. Uh, welcome, my friend. Uh, Ozzy, welcome. Uh, uh, be here for a little bit. Uh, maybe not too long, but it's nice to see you, my friend. What's going on? Welcome. Hello, Fumi. Hello, Wiz, Smash, Potent Ponix, Potent Ponix's friend, and D-Zombie, and everybody in chat land. Um, thanks again, Fumi, putting this on. Like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that fella. So um, support Fumi, and I do. So good stuff. And what's going on with me? Um, oh, I had I've been pretty busy with. Um, I had three exams. Um, they took up three days. Like they were over two days, so I had to study as well. Um, there was um, environmental microbiology, um, applied chemistry, and microbiology, and environmental no. Um, something quality monitoring and analysis and atmospheric monitoring quality analysis and that really took it up so um yeah apologize i can't spend much time here again because i've let my other weeks back up because i had three days off so i've got to catch up from that but i should be right because i'm sort of close to catching up like i'll be right to have a bit longer next week but um yeah apologize for that and 
some worm castings in the background. Yes, I'm trying to separate it. I haven't got a grid to shake it, so I'm just going to do the old tripod technique, or the old pyramid technique. Just put them up and let them go to the bottom and then harvest off the top the slow, sort of slow way. But, oh, well, at least it works. That's about all that's going on, I suppose, um, I can think of. <laughs> yeah, hope everybody's well and, and um, smashed and high and feel, feeling good anyway. Yeah, whatever your body wants, I hope you're feeling good. Actually, I can conclude by saying um, that CBD, I'll be getting to a fair bit more. I'm starting to have a good one-to-one -one mix and maybe even two-to-one -one mix, and I'm quite liking it. I've sort of been driven to it each time now. I heard someone else say that, and I thought, oh, I wonder. But for some reason, well, it's very terpy too. It's a very um, orange creamy terpy. It's lovely, but I don't know. It just It still gets me there and still keeps me happy, so yeah. That's my smoking habits at the moment through the vape. Over. Cheers, Ozzy. My computer is apparently randomly opening browsers for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, actually, I was just looking for an article. Uh, Coot just sent me something about CBD today. An interesting study. Uh, I probably shouldn't say those fucking words out loud now that I think about it. I don't know. I'll, I'll debate talking about it later because it has something to do with that whole thing that we locked into from the, yeah maybe i shouldn't even fucking talk about it jesus h christ anyway moving <laughs> on moving right the fuck on uh smash is off in a different chair right now uh west engine what's going on my friend welcome uh always chief it on something my friend what's uh big what's up humanor big up smash big up potent ponics big up uh ozzy and d big up the whole of the chat hope everybody's well living the best life uh yeah doing really well put some uh lime river rose put uh six uh no, seven, seven plants into flower uh, this morning. So, uh, yeah, they'll be waking up here in about, about 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, uh, that's about all I got going on. How about uh, how about you, Smash? No, oh, man, just running around with my chicken, like a chicken with my head cut off, um, trying to organize, trying to organize shit. Um, yeah, it's hard when you don't drive. You know what I mean? Uh, I got stuff got coming down to yeah, I got stuff coming down tonight. Um, we're at day 65 on the papaya rum cake. Um, we're going to take both of them down tonight. It's just, I've been trying to avoid this heat wave. I haven't, like, usually my basement stays around, like, 65, 68. Um, it's up in the 72s, 73s right now. So I've been trying to postpone cutting down until we get through this heat wave. So, it's shit. Other than that. Just chilling, man. Um, I don't even know. I got a bunch of oil. Look, uh, what is this one? Something cookies. Uh, met it, met it. I can't see it. It's written in yellow. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> they wrote it in yellow, so I can't even read it. <laughs> but yeah, cheers, guys. Mess with you. What's up? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Steve is taking a dab, by the way. So uh, uh, I think, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I announced on Instagram we're going to do trivia tomorrow. I think, honestly, pending a freaking miracle, we might postpone it one more week. Honestly, like people are a couple people are going to be pissed off because I know like Coot was all like, oh, my God, we're trivia. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's a little hard to pull off this week, honestly. Uh, first of all, you guys, lazy fuckers, if you want to throw some questions our way, you haven't done so yeah, yet. You guys are going to have to wait yeah. another week to see if Coot wiped the floor with us. Pretty much. That's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah. Basically. Oh, like, no, dude, it's a 20 to one. Yeah, pretty much. 
slam because uh, you guys don't even know like he, he reads like all the stuff behind all the stuff behind all the stuff yeah we've laughed about that uh, I mean you know for all we know there will be a sudden winner for, like it'll be like a, a pale rider man a pale rider well I don't know that would assume that like who's a villain or something that's not right uh, but maybe like a stranger will roll, roll in kind of like Clint you know what I mean stranger with no name or whatever We'll just come and just like mop the floor with trivia. That'd be kind of fun. You know what I mean? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're waiting for questions. Uh, so a friend of mine, by, a friend of mine, I've been writing freaking questions, but uh, how do I put this? Uh, that's kind of weird. If like all the questions are written by like a couple people, that's not going to really work. So ladies and gentlemen, throw some questions our way. It'll be fun. Uh, I want to say that maybe we should open up the categories. They were a little bit restrictive. Maybe we'll just open up to like, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it maybe later in the show or even tomorrow, for example. Uh, you know, hopefully these these trivia will be like a regular thing a couple times a month. That'd be really super fun. Uh, I have a couple of ideas uh, regarding that. You know, the Wednesday show has traditionally been like this uh, just kind of freewheeling, like unannounced show, like a secret session. So now I'm actually thinking we might do like an actual uh, uh, regular thing. So. Anyway, uh, folks, uh, please email some questions if you have them uh, to trivia at chronictable.com. That goes straight to the freaking trivia questions. No delay, no, no, God, no must, no fuss, no anything else. Please don't send questions about, I don't know, if I, whatever, anything else. Please don't ask me where your dog ran away or something. That's actually sad. That's, don't ask me that either because that's sad and I don't know. Uh, if I knew, I would tell you. Don't ask me what Twinkies are made of, uh, uh, although I know. Don't ask me what, uh, I don't know, the perfect way to drive to the beach or something. Don't ask me any of those things. Just email trivia at chronictable.com. Send us some questions that would be fun on uh, trivia. You know, like uh, who so-and-so did such-and-such with ganja, blah, blah, blah. Preferably something that not only you know. You know what I mean? Like if it came from your town and you're the only person that saw it happen, probably not a trivia question. You know, like world history, shit like that. I think it'd be funner. Uh, I, I, I would love to say that you're going to play for cash and prizes, but you're probably not going to. Honestly, you're probably going to play for like a pat on the back virtually. We're going to be like, oh my God, you won. I don't know. Maybe Virtual I'll millions. Something. Virtual That's it. Millions. Virtual yeah. gajillions, man. Fucking gajillions. Yeah. Not even that. We're just going to call you like the And your own dick missile. That's a day, like a, what a virtual one, honestly, a yeah. virtual one. Yeah. We, oh, right. Right. Yes. We don't really want to get on any, yes. any more watch lists. So yeah, we're not going to be assembling any actual business. Uh, although I was reading the other day about paranuclear states, how a number of different countries, for example, Japan and Germany could build a nuclear weapon in like four months if they wanted to. Mm. So I want to say if there are like, that's like us. Para, yeah, yeah. Dick muscular countries. In the world. <laughs> That's like the Canadians. We, we built one and then we realized we didn't, we saw you guys use one and we realized we didn't want one any longer. So we got rid of it. Did I just forget to, I posted the link and then I forgot to pin it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a link to join the chat here briefly. There we go. Pin message. Uh, now that we have finished babbling bullshittedly, Welcome, Potent Ponics, uh, and also welcome, uh, Brandon. Uh, surprise guest, uh, thank you very much for filling in. I didn't have any planned questions, but I know you guys love to freaking talk about lighting. Uh, how do I say, first of all, honestly, welcome, Potent. Like, you deserve a, an introduction of your own, man. Welcome. You got freaking dogs. Any cats in the back? Because all the freaking cat people are like, oh, my God, we need cats. There's, there's there is a cat, cat lurking cat. about. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's only four dogs here and a cat. That's all. Yeah. Dogs. Good, I love it. A cat's name is Killer, though, so. Uh, uh, he is ruthless feline. It's funny we give all the cats the, the like crazy names. Mine's Terror. <laughs> I was gonna say like a, a really tough dog. Probably you don't have to call them Terror. You can just call it like Fluffy. Yeah, Snookums. Snookums. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's big that. back there. Yeah, that's my big boy yeah. Pluto back there. Yeah. Uh, Bowden, what's going on, man? Welcome. Let's do what's new. Um, just working on a bunch of new stuff, uh, trying to get a bunch more content filmed. Marty and I have been doing a bunch, uh, one to two hours of filming every night for the new, the next content dump for the class. So I've been working on that and then just working on getting the new lab space built out for our new, new project. And then, uh, 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 getting stuff going for finalizing. Actually, um, we'll have some updates next month in Georgia. Um, we've been doing a bunch of ordering and construction stuff out there. Um, they're almost fully done the first uh, greenhouse bay as far as the top feeding. So we'll have an automated top feeding uh, from the far end. So what'll happen is it'll be able to water uh, up to a third of the greenhouse at a time um, uh, and top feed them. So you know what the dual root zone, um, kind of like this cup here where the soda would be the water and the empty part would be where your soil would be. Um, uh, it's an automated manifold that only waters a set amount in the, in the soil. So it feeds up from the bottom and then it goes up over and, and across so that it purge automatically air purges. So it prevents a venturi action across like hundreds of different outputs. So you don't get any venturi or any air suction. And it allows me to, if I time it right and have it level, I can do just a, uh, a, a very exact amount of water. So I don't overwater and totally you start flushing you know, stuff from the soil into the system, which I don't want to do. So it allows us to have a high level of accuracy with a high level of automation for, you know, uh, and then also be able to do half inch uh, lines means that we can do all kinds of organic inputs and not have to worry about blocking, uh, blocking them or anything like that. You know, if I want to water frassin or something else like that, I can just water it in and not have to necessarily, um, you know, go across each pot and go do that. I can just throw it through the system. Um, so you, I think it'll be one of the, the coolest systems that you guys have ever seen once we have it fully finished the, the light depth finally uh, started showing up so we'll be able to get the light depth set up here uh, once they get all of the uh, the plumbing and stuff finished they'll start putting the light depth on not that they'll need them for the winter but you know if you have a really bad storm throwing the light depth up over you know it helps protect hold up the weight of the snow or if you had a real bad ice storm you could you know while you might do a little bit of damage to your your light depth for an external light depth it's also going to help just support the greenhouse and prevent it from collapsing. Um, so um, it can really help with, uh, you know, kind of a, on a couple of different levels there. Um, so uh, that's been most of it. And then just working on a bunch of the checklists and stuff for that farm, um, you know, working on the SOPs for them and then uh, just kind of working on some of the other stuff we got going on. We have some, some edible stuff in the works and some other things that we got going on. So, uh, some stuff that'll be announced in September or October. <laughs> That's fun, man. By the way, I just realized uh, I should show you guys uh, how baller my microphone stand is now. I, I don't know if anybody can match this right now. There are a few people who could probably match this microphone stand. Uh, and I just want to show you. I basically have a microphone stand made exclusively of GMO diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty baller. It's like a jar of diamonds. I mean, how baller is that, right? That's pretty baller. Uh, GMO oh. diamonds jar. <laughs> 
Sort of. I mean, it's so it's sort of baller. It would be more baller if it was actually full, but whatever. This, they're not even my diamonds. I can <laughs> back the fucking guy. But uh, we're gonna pretend. We're gonna. Pre- it's like a le- rented Lamborghini or something. Anyway, uh, Brendan, uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say lights, man. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten to talk about. Uh, well, when you came on, you actually got to treat us with a lot of. Even Coop was talking about how fun it was just to hear about lights for a little bit. Uh, we rarely actually do like for honestly something I think is probably the most important thing about growing. You know, like people they honestly, they overmother their plants with watering and with feeding and with this and that and any number of goddamn things. Uh, they spend so little attention relatively to focusing on the lights. And when they do, it's a lot of times with kind of antiquated ideas. You guys yeah. came in like a lightning bolt a few years ago with white light. And uh, how do I put this? Even though I never bought one of your lights years ago, I remember one of, one of the reasons why I just completely ignored all the pink and blurple and whatever the fuck lights is because you guys were out at every show and you had your website up and you had tons and tons of videos talking about white light, which made implicit sense to me when I heard about it. I was like, well, the fucking sun is white. I mean, shit, why would I want pink light? Right. right. Tell us about you guys tell us about spectrum king what's your what's your place what's your what's your story well we're basically we're a bunch of guys who grew who were like we can make something better than what is it's already seven eight years ago it's 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 blown by pretty quickly um we figured just like you just said the sun is not a limited light source it's a wide bandwidth of light so we can remove something which is like natural sunlight it should be pretty cool for our plants and it well it is <laughs> and then getting the intensity up and then with the technology changing what we have a patent on and what we started every there's like more lighting companies than mushroom species in the world right now and uh they're all copying what we did because they they all say we were jokers and clowns but now they're all copying everything we did with the specific bandwidths mixed in reverse engineering our stuff because because it does work you know um I love the fact that we get plants to grow look just like your outdoor plants, but get them to grow indoor. And if I'm supplementing the greenhouse lighting, I mean, if you've ever studied greenhouses, you know that the, the glazing blocks a lot of the healthy bandwidths of light. So if you can put those back in there, you get better results inside too. Technology is at the point now where we can pretty much reproduce what we want at will. It's finally at that point. It's, the expense is coming to where it's, it's getting mainstream where it was kind of expensive for a little while. Now we're at the point where we can just really hit the market hard with it. And you're already talking about not just emulating the sun, but actually, let's say, potentially bettering it in some way, right? Well, the sun changes every minute of the day. The angle of the sun in the atmosphere changes the perceived color and the actual bandwidth that the plants get. So when you study what times of day the plants are really flowering and really pushing most, well, we did that. We said, well, we know what times of day you get the, the most activities. Let's let's just copy those times of day for the flowering lights. And let's copy the times of day when they veg the most for our veg lights. And that's as complex as we made it as a thought-wise, but then we added the bandwidths in, which we're missing. For years and years, everyone measured the visible spectrum of light which humans could see, but that's not what plants use. They use that and more. So now the new standards would, you know, the out there are now horticultural standards measure 380 to 800 to 850 depending nanometers which one you look at we have more of the range that plants actually use we've been giving that the whole time all, all these years we've been giving that larger range but you couldn't measure it so some companies are making lights with a higher par meter reading but as i've said before i can trick a par meter to give a great reading it doesn't mean i'm going to get a better plant what? 
it's uh, it's interesting the overlap as you're saying this. I don't know, like it, it would be a weird thing for most people to know, but if you're into like flash photography, which less than a one percent of one percent of one percent of people probably are, you actually think a little bit about quality of light and and uh, just even the how do I say this the shape of light and all this different stuff. I don't know. You focus differently yeah. somehow. I'm not trying to make fucking photography puns. Go ahead. No CRI. The color rendering index, the higher the CRI, the better your, your images are going to be, the more clarity you're going to have in depth. So if you're taking a picture outdoors, you get a, a bigger depth of field and more detail because you have a high CRI of sun, which could be 97, 98, depends on the time of day and the, and the clarity of the sky. Well, when we put out lights with over 90 CRI seven years ago, the average HPS was 27 to 30 CRI. So you really couldn't tell a calcium deficiency until it was almost a week old on an HPS grown plant because it was simply impossible to see it until it was escalated. Now, under a higher CRI, better quality of light, you can see the problems in the plants the same day. And that level of detail for our eyes means we're much better paying attention to our plants and our plants are happier. Why? They eat photons. Yes, we supply them with CO2 and nutrients and with a temperature and humidity in the room, but they eat the light photons they get. Now, it's not called wheat without a reason to eat any photons it can get, but if you give it the right balanced diet, good things happen. You get better terpenoids, alkaloids, flavonoids, all the compounds and things we want to get are really our strains to pop or colors to pop. You get that with higher quality light and more intense light. I mean, see, that's the thing, right? Like um, you were talking about how light changes throughout the day, right? Like we know that uh, as, you know, speaking of photography, everybody that as a photographer that wants to take a picture outside, there's like two times of the day that you really want to take pictures. It's basically in the morning and the night, right? And the rest of the day is kind of garbage. Uh, and that's the opposite of what a plant wants. But we want those, like we want actually the red shifted light, red or blue shifted light, right? Actually, depending on what phase of growth the plant is in, you know, the, the, the beginning and bookends of the day kind of start off with just about the flashes of the same bandwidths of light, which are the triggers that tell plants to wake up and go to sleep. So if you have that in your light source, you can wake, you can wake them up and get them going a bit smoother. If you just like go from pitch darkness to, to full power, your lights instantly, it's kind of like in slapped with an ice cube bucket water in the morning. You just, what the fuck just happened? I got to get up. It takes plants almost two hours to catch up and get in rhythm. But if you wake them up with the right balance of light, they get to work faster and they work harder during the period of time you have them. That's why you can actually cut days off your cycle that way. How, how big of an impact do you think that is, Brennan? Because I've thought about this and I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a microscope or I guess, I guess I didn't have anyone to, to ask, can you explain this to me? So I was just kind of logicking my way through this. I was like, all right, like you say, a plant, it doesn't have a consciousness necessarily. It doesn't get uh, annoyed necessarily. It's not stressed out by when you say plant stress, it's not like, Oh my God, I got so much to do. It's like physically being injured in some way. And I was thinking, what is that? Is it because it's photosynthesizing, photosynthesizing too quickly? What is, what's the process? Okay. You have a few different angles in there. That was a loaded statement because there's a few things you want to touch on it. Um, the consciousness part of the plants, that's a whole different debate, but I can tell you that plants scream when they're being attacked. You know, they do, you know, the, the, mag, the, the frequencies of the earth and lower frequencies, they actually transmit warnings when things aren't good. So they do communicate in their own way and through pheromones. Um, are they going to, you know, make a coherent phrase and write a book? Probably not. Actually, they say the smell of cut grass that we find so compelling is actually grass that kind of screaming to their friends, right? Yeah. 
I was just going to say the same thing. That's exactly what came to my head. It's like when you cut grass, you get that. Ooh, I love that nice fresh grass smell, but obviously it's them telling all their friends that they're going to die. Oh, the plants are all yelling at you, motherfucker. You know, they just, it's, but it, it makes sense for plants to like, they communicate that way. Whether yeah. Hormones, you know what I mean? You know, through, through their, their roots. If it's too wet, if it's too dry, you know, they do communicate in their own way. You know, like if your plant's unhealthy, you smell pungent odors. Your nose tells you right away, oh, that plant's fucked up. What is it? I mean, if you ever had the misfortune of having some bad root issues, when you open that door, the first words out of your mouth are usually, oh, because you know uh, something's horribly wrong. Your nose tells you instantly because mm-hmm. well, plants communicate that way. They communicate through pheromones and aromas. They tell us things. If you walk in your room and you could be Stevie Wonder walking in a room and know the plants are happy or sad, just put through your nose. You know, you get in there and you smell. Like when I get to people's grows and I'm consulting and I'm checking on their stuff, you know, they give me a weird look. So I walk in, I hold my finger up like just a minute. I close my eyes and I take a deep breath and I walk around the room and I take deep breaths. Like they go, what the f- are you doing? I said, I'm checking your room out. Like your eyes are closed. I go, I know, but you're a lighting guy. I said, I'm a plant person and a lighting guy. And I'm telling you, you have this problem, that problem, and that problem. They go, no way. I go, do you want me to show it to you? And like a dog, I go, <laughs> and I go, it's over here. And we go down, we check. And go, oh, what the hell? I go, there it is. That's you can what smell I stale. Like even just stale water in your room. Like right. after like a day or so, I, I go, like if I have some water moisture or something, I can smell it. I'm like, where is this coming from? I take everything out and I use my nose to sniff around and find the funky odor. I mean, my plants, I've never noticed, like I got, Steve says I have, see, what is it? Sessoria. Septoria. 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 So that plant, like I'm actually impressed with what it's doing, even though it is infected. What's the dye you got? Well, when your plants an early infection, it's it's pumping out more secondary metabolites to try to protect itself. So it's actually upping its profile for a few minutes until it starts losing the battle and then things go wrong. But you want to stimulate your plant without hurting it. That's the trick. And with the right balance of light, you can do that. You know? Are you going to share that, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to share. He's going to put that up there in the screen for you. I do think there is something to the, like, going to sleep and waking up to plants like i've always thought that like i hate cutting lights like so fast like i wish i could you turn the lights on instantly or you turn them off instantly the plant takes about up to two hours to figure out what the hell just happened yeah and you can see that 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 necrosis on the plants here you know you see that that those those stains they absolutely smell there's a putrescence that you can you can detect with your nose in a snap of your fingers you walk and go they never looked like that though they they were rust-colored from the start. Yeah, so the septoria usually enters in as a root issue. And if you have root issues, you're going to have a lot of sulfur output from you know, basically that putrefaction you know, mm. down below. But you can see here, one of the best ways to diagnose septoria is if you look at the whole plant in the picture here, you can see top to bottom, it's got polka dots all over. Yeah. But it started off just at the bottom of this plant and crept up the plant over the course of a week or two, Okay. That's why it's important to catch it early. This is a, a little presentation I'm working on. I got to record the audio and stuff for it, but I'm putting together a couple of these like quick guides for different diseases and stuff that we have long form formats for the, the teaching class. And I'm going to do some short versions for YouTube. 
uh, trying to help people at least know what they're looking at. There's so many people that have never even heard of Satori and cannabis, uh, especially in Oklahoma and other places. The new states, they just don't know it. Yeah, yeah they haven't seen it in cannabis before. Uh, you know, a bunch of examples of earlier infection. But like you were saying, like, you can smell that. If you're in tune with your plants and you're in tune with your room, you can smell that something's wrong when you first walk in there. If I don't that it was smashed it's stagnant water, you can feel that instantly. You get in there, you go, oh, where, what are, where is it? Where you just know, like it's instinctual. Something's not right, you, your nose can leave. I don't have the best nose in the world, but it works pretty well. Now my eyesight's not as good as it used to be. I rely on my nose a lot more. <laughs> Somebody's typing like a fury right now. Who is that? Oh, is that Ozzy? Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, he's telling the newest uh, novelist, uh, novelization of Twilight. Uh, what was I talking about? I was going to say Sorry, something. Before, uh, go ahead. Oh, the camera's at a wrong angle. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, I can't remember what I was going to chime in with. Damn it. No. Keep going. Sorry about that. Do over. <laughs> right. Uh, shit. What was I going to ask? It fell out of my freaking uh, head. I'm not even high. Um, the bandwidth. We were on the bandwidth of light. We were on the bandwidth of light talking about the effect they had and how we could play with them, if you will. Hmm. Yeah, just, go ahead. Good question. I see that one. It came up. You were talking about UVA, oh, UVB. Yeah. 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 Um, um, there's a beauty to it, but it's but all the bandwidth you play with. What bandwidths do you go down to? You were saying before that on the past spectrum, it's not dumb. They haven't got any good meters, like you know, below 400 and above 800 or 700. Do you, what do you play with? You said you you take them down a bit. What nanometers do you go to? What people have been measuring for you know decades is 400 to 700. What the new standard is, I believe, is 350 to 800 with the UL 800 horticultural standard. Personally, I think it's more like 280 to 850. I think you get, but it's about the dose. I mean, if you have a half percent of UVB, maybe eight tenths of a percent, and your overall bandwidth of light, it's like a it's like a pizza balance. You 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 have all the flavors for your sauce. But that's all you need. And then some companies say, well, I'll get more UV, it'll be better. No, you can actually give the plants like leprosy if you have too much of it. There was a lighting, I won't throw them under the bus, but they thought that they were that, that was going to be their trick. And they put in like almost 4 to 5% of their light was lower UV. And it was damaging plants because it was just more than the dose they could take. You give them that slight dose, you can stimulate secondary metabolite production. You can stimulate more THC. The plant will have a better sheen in the leaf. It'll protect itself better. But it's just enough to trigger a systemic response. You don't want to have enough to actually damage the plant or damage your trichomes. I know what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say before. Backing up your statement with your um, putting the plants to sleep, I've got I've seen a pretty good test. There's um, that... That course from Tel Aviv, the what a plant knows. Um, there's a really good experiment in that when they put the plant to sleep at night and they put it, give it 730 odd, like 730, 740, you know, that infrared, the, the far infrared light and it wakes up. And then because they put, um, they got leaf promises um, on it that, you know, can measure the, the stomata capacitance and stuff like that. So they know what's happening when it wakes up. And um, it's, yeah, it shows dis distinctly in the graph, they put it up and they put it back to sleep again, like a few, probably five minutes later. And then in an hour's time, they'll do the same again. And it's because exactly what you're saying, that's the nanometer, you know, the infrared, the far red light. Yes, the 730 nanometer range is, is kind of like the trigger. That's why if, if you were to design a custom light that you want to do all the special sauce, 
you'd have that for, you know, five to 15 minutes, then the rest would come up, you know, and, and you'd get the full effect. Ozzy's it, been running these lights that are blue. Remember those things with the boards on them? Sure. Oh, yeah, they were good. That was all based on the NASA white paper about plant starts in space. They thought you could do everything with 450 blue and 6, 660 red. That, that, that's all you needed. And somebody started with 680. They know 680 make my plants stretch too much. Let's try 660. Those are important bandwidths for plants. But the problem is they're two peaks. And the plants will stay alive. They do want to live. They'll take whatever the photons they can get. But if you give them the full balanced palette of photons, we have all the colors of spectrum mixed in there. You get better results if you have the balance and then you have the balance of the time of day with the action you're looking for. If I want a veg plant to, to, to perform, I'm not going to give it a low Kelvin temperature. I'm going to give it a high Kelvin temperature. I want to give it a higher CRI. The paradox of higher CRI, the more quality of light, is that vegetative plants are more sensitive to CRI from what I'm seeing than flowering plants. The proof is you can grow good flowering plants with HPS. It just takes too much power and too much AC. And they have a shit ton of far infrared stream that you need to cool with. But if you have that balanced recipe and you start your day off, like we said, the book ends at 7.30 on off, you will get the plants triggered to wake up or go to sleep faster. And it also goes on the um, amount of activity spectra, the amount that plant actually absorbs too. You've got your spectrums and then it's the amount that it actually uses of that spectrum. And and I'd be surprised, a big dip in the center, and then it goes right up around the sort of the bluey, you know, the 450-odd range. So, and then it dips down and goes, spikes back up. And then you've got your chlorophyll A and your chlorophyll B, which, you know, your, um, your spectrum, your chlorophyll A uses a lot more than your chlorophyll B. Um, so yeah, I, I get those points there, and, and that's very common. It's been, you know, beaten to death for almost 50 years, the, the, the concept of chlorophyll A and chlorophyll B production. And again, I'll say plants do more than that. You know, you, you've got all kinds of other compounds and things going on. You, you need to have the full balanced diet, if you will. I mean, doesn't that sound logical, Brendan? Like, uh, how do I put this? Uh, it seems dumb to me oh, that yeah, you yeah, only provide the very barest possible minimum. Um, I have a shit hearing, and there was two guys talking at once, so I missed that. Can you try that again? Oh, no worries. Uh, Ozzy, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I agree with what you were saying about that. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's I mean, better than uh, <laughs> and uh, well, uh, Brendan, I mean, what do you think? I guess Ozzy was, I guess Ozzy was agreeing with both of us, basically. Like, uh, I don't know the idea that you would feed a plant the barest possible minimum of something. Like, why would you only feed it that frequency alone? Like why? Would, okay. So maybe that's the best frequency, but the same thing, there's maybe a best, uh, I don't know, a most, a most useful nutrient or something. I can't even think of the, in the same kind of paradigm, like, oh, nitrogen, that plant wants, nitrogen. Was, but you'd still feed it everything else too. Go ahead. It wasn't all that long ago that people said plants do not use green light. And I've been saying, yes, they do. I remember that. They do reflect oh, yeah. a lot of it. That's why we see the green. You're, but you're the, crushing people's green, dreams right now. No, but green <laughs> in, the green light in full spectrum white light is the transporter of the red light to the lower chloroplasts. Red light doesn't penetrate deep into the plant canopy. That's why all your smaller vegetative plants grow underneath other plants in tropical environments. Because the blue light makes it all the way through, the red doesn't. But if you have full spectrum white light, the red does get transported with the green down deeper into the plant canopy, whether it's a 300 foot tall tree or some ferns. And, you know? and, the, and the plants can tell too when they're under light. They've, um, they've got some good tests in that same course again that um, they've, it, it tells it when it's got the, the shade comes across it. So if you've got a leaf going there and it's a shading from another plant, it'll give it that same indication that a bit of 
it'll, it'll red light's coming right through it because it's, all the spectrum's not coming through. And you can prove that too by looking up. If you hold your leaves and look up at the light, you can see through them and you can see through multiple layers like that. So it just yeah. um, it changes the actual spectrum that comes through. We had a funny thing where we had a, a grower that, um, well, let's put it this way. He was very hard set in his perceptions and ideas of what he knew and he thought he knew it all. So he was calling us out and Rami and I were Spectrum King. So, he, so Rami goes, let's buy him a plane ticket. And so he goes, call him. We'll buy you. Come on. Come over. Also, I'll film everything. I'll prove you guys wrong. And he goes, bring whatever fucking camera you want. You want to bring whatever meter you want. We'll open up the garden. Come on. Let's talk like normal humans. Get your ass down here. Let's go. And he showed up. And he's a big, burly, bearded dude. And he's like trying to you know, impress us with his size. It's not going to work. So he said, what, what's your issue? What? I think you're full of shit. Okay, you think I'm full of shit. You think I'm full of shit because what exactly? So I said, how about this? You have your camera? Yeah. You have your meters? Yeah. How about we put our camera on, you with your camera and your meters, filming whatever the fuck you want? He goes, really? I can do whatever I go. If you break a plan, I'm going to kick your ass. But if you teach plants into self-respect and you just show me what you think you want to see, go for it. So he starts filming stuff and he's doing this, doing that. And he's sniffing around the room and he's looking at the plants and he's checking this. And he's trying to point out little things that we did wrong. Like didn't pluck a leaf for week three, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> and uh, a few minutes later, he starts looking at me. He starts, his whole demeanor changes. And I say, now that you've kind of caught on that I wasn't lying to you, I want you to do something with your fancy camera. And I said, what? I want you to go into those HPS plants right now. I want you to go to the bottom of the plant, face your camera straight up and take some pictures. Then I want you to take that same camera over here under LED lights, go to the bottom of the plants, face your camera straight up and take some pictures and share them on our camera right now, live feed. So he goes down, takes pictures, brings them up, can't see shit through the HPS plants. Looks like you're in a dungeon, black, darkest, maybe subtle shades. He gets over the, H the LED plants and you can see the veins of the leaves all the way through to the top of the plant. And that comes back to what Ozzy was saying is that the plant chromatophores receptors, when you write bandwidths of light, it can penetrate all the way through. Uh, and we have one less fly in the world. Yes. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was a weapon of mass destruction utilized to neutralize a threat. Brenda, that's an interesting experiment that honestly all... Uh... Many people, I won't say everybody, but many people could do at home. Certainly anybody that has a, like a DSLR, like West engine, it doesn't have to be a new yeah. DSLR. You only have to be your camera has to have manual functions. So whatever camera, I didn't even think about that until now. How fun. Uh, as long as you can switch your camera to manual, you can even do it on your phone. Honestly, if you just like, uh, I don't think you can do it on the regular phone app, but if you download like uh, uh, the moment app or any number of different, uh, pick, uh, look up a freaking phone app on your phone, right? You can switch to manual and then you would lock the exposure basically. And so, you know, whatever ISO and freaking aperture and shutter speed, you'd lock the exposure and then you'd basically take a picture up. Yeah. I, I would honestly take a few pictures. I would take a picture of the canopy to see like at a, at a fairly dark exposure, what is getting the hot spot? What is getting the lowest? Cause your eye is not going to, your, your eyes are so adjustable that you're not really going to perceive what is the hot spot, but your camera definitely will. Because let's say for example, the middle will be super bright and the rest won't be. Right. And that's, that's a simple thing anyone can do with, it doesn't have to be a fancy $10,000 camera. You can, when you right. see the difference, you, then your brain starts going, well, if the light can come through from this thing, but it's only using, you know, 450 or 600, 650 Watts. And this right. 1150 Watt double ended bubble bear, which is burning my fucking skull from across the room. 
and it's dark shadows two feet down, maybe that light's not getting where it needs to be. That's why the, that's why on your those plants you have those killer colas on the very top. Once mm-hmm. you break 18 inches with a DE, you're getting grade two. You know, at two feet, you're grade three. Anything below that is cut out bin for the extracts. But with my lights, you got three feet, four feet of valid, viable canopy. And the plant's going to be shorter because it's not going to stretch to the light because it's got the bandwidth the plant wants in the right sauce to stay squat and strong. Notice that when you're running the right, like, intensity, they don't get as, like, they don't really need to go as far or stretch for the light. You know what I mean? That's the get giveaway. When you have the wrong width of light and your plant gets stretched, like Skywalker OG was called that. Why? Because it needed more blues and more balanced diet and it wasn't getting it. So with the old HBS, he was stretching up so far. You had to support it with yo's and shit. It would break and fall over. I got a, I got a plant supported right now. So what we do, we grew it. The guy who started Skywalker, by the way, is a guy in the Valley in LA and he came to our shop and one of those weird things where Rami knew him from 25 years ago. And he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this whole thing. And so we bring him in and we show him a plant and he goes, what's that? And I just started laughing and he goes, what, what's so funny? I go, oh, that's your Skywalker OG, but grown under our LEDs. It looks completely different. Mm-hmm. Plant squatter, a totally different phenotype expression because of the quality of light changed it the way it looked. Same cuts started. Put them this under is why it's feet. fun to talk about. Uh, I need to write down my questions because honestly, there's like every time we, every time I want to ask you about something, there's something new to ask about. Uh, what about the shape? Like I'm still honestly, I'm still stuck on this freaking photo thing because it's so easy. And I, you know, I love photos, and you know, there's a photo contest. Like you could learn so much. I'm visualizing you could learn so much about your own grow. Like people are always trying to figure out how to defoliate. What's too much defoliation? What's the appropriate level of defoliation? And again, I've said this before. Your eye is really deceptive. Like our eyes are really, really good compared to cameras and phone sensors, and everything else. You will adjust in the darkness. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, but you know, people have problems maybe reading in the dark or something. But you'll be able to, like in this room, I have stuff that's lit and I have stuff that's dark, and I can see all of it. You know what I mean? I can see under the table that has no lights at all a camera can't see any of those things because it's basically got this very simple sensor but that's an advantage in this case you can use that camera to take pictures lock the exposure and you're not trying to make a good photograph you're you're literally not trying to make a good photograph you're just trying to see what light is there so you actually want let's say the photograph to be let's say maybe a little bit too dark you know what i mean and then you'll see oh there's a hot spot over there or over here or under here in your camera If, if 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 enough photons get to it It'll, it'll give you more clarity of image. If enough, if, if you don't get enough photons, it's just darkness with a, a few shadows here and there. So the you know, it's a, a real simple test to see if you're getting canopy penetration. But you you touched on a topic there, and you said about plucking leaves. Mm-hmm. And you know, back in the day, we thought, well, why would you pluck leaves? That's the solar panel of the light. That's where it's generating all the bricks and everything. Why would you pluck leaves? I'm thinking that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. But when I finally did it. And I stripped plants down and I saw how they fought back and bounced back with a vengeance and like buds and everything got bigger within two days. And I said, well, how many times can you do that in a cycle? I still haven't hit the final line of that, but I would say my yields and things improved probably in the 30% range just by stripping plants twice, maybe three times in a cycle that I thought you shouldn't do that before. You know, I'm talking back 10, 20 years ago. So we're learning new things, whether it's lighting, whether it's microbials, whether it's plant treatments, whether it's strain breeding, 
all these new things are coming up and it's very cool that we can openly discuss it because, you know, not, not to sound like Santa Claus's dad, but 40, 40 plus years ago, I couldn't talk to anybody about this stuff. In New York, as we said, we knew a guy about a thing. We had, we had hand salutes and signals to tell people what's going on. We never said the words because you couldn't, you know, it, it's, it's funny as hell now that we can just openly discuss this right. back to, you know, couldn't say a damn thing. We had nods of head, shakes, salutes, all these little things. Hey, you got to get the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One, two. Yeah. That was the whole conversation in a bar. Nobody. What's the crappiest, what's the crappiest light you ever had to grow like that? Or grow crappiest? with like that? Oh, yeah. shit. I, I tried growing with a freaking 125 watt CFL <laughs> back in a little closet under a sink back in the day. Oh, hell yeah. I tried all the stupid shit. I tried growing with, you know, remember that the, um, the halogen clamp lights, like the ones you use for job sites, but those things got so fucking hot that, and then if you put a fan on too strong, it would make the glass crack. It's it cool the glass too fast and the thing would shatter. I tried all that stupid stuff, you know. The only way to learn to move forward is to fuck up really bad and understand what you did and then step forward past that, overcome that one, overcome that one, overcome that one, you know. Uh, if anybody thinks they know it all, they're You're wrong, special. first off. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're wrong, first off. Uh, second of all, um, what about like light shape? You know, I, I remember uh, years ago, I remember having some kind of opinion. I don't really have an opinion anymore because I think honestly, like the way you defoliate and everything else is a lot more important. But anyway, uh, there was a lot of discussion in the past about light shape. And certainly HPS lights are shaped differently than those big broad panels. And I guess I bring that up because, for example, you guys are still sort of HPS shaped. Like you have a, it's not a cob, right? Like it's actually a printed board, uh, but it's a relatively narrow shape that distributes the light. Is there a difference or? You have two, yeah. yeah. There's two distinct differences. Like you see, like, for example, you see the low pros, those are linear, and there's a lot of linear form factor things now. So a linear form factor like one of those lights, whether it's ours or anyone else's, that is made for proximity a more even spread at closer proximity for smaller plants, like in vertical farm scenarios, you know, um, our, go back to the, the 603 shop like SK 603. Yeah. See, this is, this is a point source, you know, because this is a point source right here. Why? Cause that was meant to go toe to toe and replace double ended bulbs. So if someone's running a light, that's covering a five by five, we made an LED that covers a five by five and uses 40% less power with the same quality, more light. And if you look at our spectrum here, you can see that we've got the bump at 730 and we've got the 60s, but we have the blue and the balance. And we don't, we didn't leave everything there. We left what was needed for plants, like precisely. And you get that by studying the shit out of plants to seeing what they want, you know? And there's ratios involved in balances and everyone else is copying them now. But once you get that right, you get the intensity right, it makes a big difference. Now, there are companies making fixtures that have the same intensity on day one, but they sure as hell don't have the same intensity on day 365 or day 730 or, or three year or year four, year five, because we use better quality components. That's the whole thing is that you can get something bright right away, but it doesn't mean it's going to last. An HBS bulb is bright as hell, but the second you turn it on, it's losing quality. That's why you change. Typically, guys change your bulbs every 2000 hours. Well, do the math. If you're running 12 hours a day, that's not even 200 days. This light's got a five-year warranty on it, and you're going to change your bulb every six months, usually, if you're growing you know, commercially to get the quality of light you need. 
So it is a real pain in the head. Just even uh, uh, in a, in a, in a, like a home environment or something, I can't imagine changing like a thousand CMH bulbs and how ridiculous that would be. Like even just changing a couple they they always change at the wrong time or they always seem to go bad at the wrong time. Well, CMH is different. It kind of, it, it goes bad over time, but I guess to say, uh, I don't know. I've always had to change the bulb like at just the wrongest time, like not a convenient situation. You know, if, if you're in a, a commercial grow, you know, that's just a, a water test. Yeah. And I touch it. Yeah. But, um, so what I try to explain to people is that your fixtures got to be safe for wet and humid environments. And we make them for that intentionally. So if they're getting blasted with a pressure washer, it's still going to work. Um, when we had firemen come to see us at a trade show and they were inspecting like, well, what happens in a fire? I said, well, as long as the power's not cut, it'd be well lit. The lights aren't going to burn. But anyway, that's a separate thing. The quality of light, the, the spectrum and sculpting of it, with all the, all the bandwidths in there, not to be rude, but if you look at an HBS print, if you look at what they show you, it kind of looks like they're giving you the finger. You know, here you spike right up the middle of, of, of an orange yellow. And if they don't show you it's off to the side here, you have this obscene infrared launch up to 1200 stuff the plants don't use. So all these indoor growers from decades ago are convinced you have to grow at 73 or 74 degrees Fahrenheit or 40% humidity, which is not true at all. Um, but they did that because they got results they could accept. So then they thought that's how you grow, period. But if you have a different light source and you have a different environment and you have a crop that's from this part of the world that needs a specific environment and you replicate it indoors with higher heat and humidity, you'll get better results. If you have a light that doesn't give off bad bandwidths and excessive bandwidths the plants don't use to create excess heat, you can run your rooms hotter, save tons of AC, and get better results. See if I can find a story from the other day. I don't think I saved it. It was a really interesting um, analysis of, or I guess description of what, fuck's sake, come on, my computer's slow suddenly. Uh, it was a really good analysis of what a photon is or a description of what a photon is. And it was basically described, I can't find it right now. Anyway, long story short, uh, it had to do with, uh, uh, I can't remember who, but somebody just basically made another of the many breakthroughs in fusion. But uh, this time they actually, I guess, managed to uh, uh, create matter from a photon. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I wish you could find this story because I'm fucking up the, uh, the, the, the basis. But anyway, it got me thinking as we're talking right here, like there's a difference between, I mean, photons are just energy, I guess is what I was trying to say. They're, they're like, they're both a particle and a wave or whatever, but for our purposes, they're basically just energy. And there's different levels of energy in the different spectrums of light, they're right? Not, not all created equal. They don't weigh the same as far as a plant's perspective is. So yeah, but they all matter. I mean, so tell us about that. I mean, what is, uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, I know every time Coot comes on, a lot of people are, are still honestly confused about how plants eat and feed and everything else. Like, what is, like, how do I put this? Like, you say that the green, the green photons matter. Why do they matter? Why does, what does the plant care about a photon in the first place? Green photons are the transporters of red light to the lower chloroplasts of the plant. So the lower chloroplasts of the plant, the lower leaves, the lower branches, aren't going to get buds on them if they don't get the balance of light. And your HPS is a perfect giveaway that shows the proof of that. Because the tops look great. You get nine inches down, and then you got it. It's looking a little bit different. You get 18 inches down, it changes again. You get two feet down, and that's pretty much the end of the line. So guys, what we call lollipop back in the day to clean up the bottom part of the plant because it wasn't going to be any good. So their plant might be six feet tall, but they got a two-foot canopy because that the light source they're using only penetrates that far. 
when you have a light source with a better recipe, it transports the light deeper into the plant. You have more canopy penetration with a more balanced light source. By the way, I actually managed to find that story. Uh, I wanted to show this because this was, I don't know, 20 minutes ago or something. How funny is this? So uh, people know that Siberia, well, not everyone knows where Siberia is. It's like central Russia. You know what I mean? It's kind of the, the used to be anyway. People would say like, I'm going to send you to Siberia because it's like the middle of fucking nowhere. It's also really cold in the winter. So they were actually like, there's so little sun in the summer, in the, in the, well, most of the year, honestly, even in the summer, there's not that much sun that they would actually get kids. As you see here, they would come, they would do little UV parties and they'd turn on that UV bulb. You know, you can see if you guys are watching, you know, anyone listening in, you're like, we're looking at a picture of basically Soviet kids looking at like an artificial UV sun and they got goggles on. There's a picture of fucking Lenin in the background. It's hilarious. And they would do that. They wouldn't do that for two hours. They wouldn't do that for a year. They do that for like i think it was like five or ten or fifteen minutes just a little bit and what it does is with human skin it stimulates vitamin d production it's a systemic response we're just like plants we don't need massive dose we need enough dose to stimulate the reaction in our bodies to produce the chemicals and there are people we, we made specialized blankets at one point for people with jaundice because they need specific bandwidths hmm. to help them stay alive like their skin doesn't absorb light properly but if you find the bandwidth which triggers them to be healthy you can actually bring them back through light bandwidth so not not all humans are created alike and not all parts of the world are the same and crops change too but if you take a crop that you want to grow here and it's originally from a tropical region or a high mountain region well you need to balance off the sauce now what do they get up there in the high mountains they get super intense light but they get the overall quality of light, quantity of photons they eat is the same or less because the sun gets past the mountains faster. Mm. You know, so they get a much, much, much brighter, you know, two thirds of the day with really weak bookends. Whereas the equator, they pretty much get balanced light all day, every day, and it's hot as hell and humid as hell. So they're, they get a more balanced diet. So the plants look different. The plants react different to light sources. Uh, don't shoot blue on it. Yeah. <laughs> they're harassing the little ones and they don't like that. See, if you see the the, the herd of the herd of quadrupeds, we, you know, mm. the, 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 the pit bull mixes are, are are from our team Brandon and the wolf mixes are team Tom. And the wolf <laughs> my little dog has had enough of the wolves picking on her and she's starting to cop a tune with them. Right. Here we go. That's my big boy. Anyway, so we might have so, to separate the canine, canine wars. Nutsky, get over here. Actually, I'll separate them so I don't have more future issues. Here you go. I got it. So got it. my dog's covered in slobber. They're biting your neck. Fuck out of here. So <laughs> that's always the best when they come to you like, hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. No, that's she, my dogs are older. My dogs are like eight, eight, nine years old. These dogs are like one, one and a half. So, but. They're they're good. They're 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 good together when they hang out. It's, it's like anyone else, get people that are locked up in a room. They're gonna they're gonna trip out after a while. Um, light bandwidths, light quality. Obviously, you you can see I can get lost in these conversations for days. I love people throwing curveballs and bringing stuff up with our ideas because the way anything moves forward is to go. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a new angle. Maybe we could see that. And when someone said to us to make UV lights. Well, we looked into it, but five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, LED UVs, well, the diodes sucked. They didn't last. They actually killed themselves. But then when we they realized that- They were still expensive it, too, right? Right. It's a systemic response. So 
if I want to trigger a systemic response in a plant, well, I only have to hit the plant in one area for a few minutes every couple of hours with a little tiny bit, and it affects the whole plant. It's a systemic response. It's, it's, it, the plant thinks it's under attack. It starts producing the metabolites and things to protect itself. So we're triggering it to produce more THC and cannabis by stimulating it with a little UV. But the trick is the dose and the bandwidth to get it right. Uh, Ozzy, I saw you call in. What do you got? That's um, you're describing how to acquire systemic acquired resistance. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it goes in as a local resistance. You treat it like it, just like our infections, our, our shots we're having at the moment. You get a little tiny bit of a local bit just so it's leaf, and then in a few hours you'll see it'll go systemically through the phloem and it'll just um, eventuate and just spread throughout the whole plant. Over. Yeah, so the whole point is that now we know we, that we can stimulate plants, and I'll say this and I'll shoot myself in the foot, you could buy a reptile bulb for 12 bucks online and have it come on 15 minutes every two hours and it would just work gangbuster wonders for you to get more THC and a higher percentage in your plants. I make diodes that do that. Our, our lights are bent to make just the doses enough to stimulate the production without overstimulating. If, if, if I were to make another channel and add more stuff and I'd make a light which costs way too much, but then I'd have everything in it and I create the, day, the daylight progression, all of it. My brain has wandered into those things and gone too far with it. But an HPS bulb doesn't change, so I try to make something which doesn't change that gets, gets the job done. You know, if you grow with bulbs, you start with a metal halide and veg, and you go to an HPS and flower, just what we've been doing for decades. We got the LED. Well, I studied, well, how do I get better vegging plants? What intensity do I need? What quality of light? What bandwidth of light do I need for best veg? We figured that out. We made it. And then we know we need more intensity and we need a different balanced diet, if you will, for flour. And as you touched on earlier, what do plants eat? Plants eat photons. Photons trigger the plants to uptake nutrients, to uptake CO2, to exhale, to do all these other things. Then none of that happens without photons. So if you have the right photons and the right blend of photons, the magic happens. We get those buds, we get those trichomes, we get those colors, you know? We're talking about cannabis. I'm talking about orchids. We figured out ways to make orchids just scream like they look like they're, they look like they're 4K HD beyond what they should be. And it just it was figuring out what the recipe they needed for an equatorial-based orchid versus a northern orchid. They don't get the same diet of light. They don't have the same environment. And when you figure out the VPD and the light diet, the DLI, the daily light integral of requirement of a plant species, we try to reproduce it. Why? We get the best results. So we find a time of day for that specific region, that plant where it gets the most activity. We try to replicate it. It's like any other scientific thing we've ever done. You know, how do we make a jet go faster? We figure out ramjet to scramjet. Now we got things going Mach 11. You know, it, it's studying stuff, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and moving to the next level. I mean, there's always the, the skepticism. I remember how much skepticism there was just for straight up LEDs, right? And so now yeah. there's a lot of skepticism, you know, maybe some of it well-placed, some of it misplaced. I think with the LED stuff, a lot of it was misplaced. Oh. But let's say, for example, a guy like Coot, you know, he's been doing this for quite a long time. So when he looks at the fanciest, newest way to do, to skin a cat, basically, right? Same poor fucking cat skin, skin over and over again. He looks at it and he's like, well, why bother? I mean, I, I do it a pretty simple way and it seems to work. 
is there any there there? I mean, like, how do I put this? Is there a noticeable difference? I mean, could uh, could a stranger off the street notice that, let's say, a UV enhanced uh, sample of cannabis is different? If I took two of the same cuts from the okay. same mother plant and I set environment one, metal halide, fruit and veg, environment two, my veg lights and LED, fed them the same diet, switched to flower under HPS on the other side and LED over here, I would have two plants that would not smell the same, would not look the same, and I guarantee you, the LED plants would have more THC and taste better. So yes, there's a difference. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. noticeable. It's not a small difference either. The plants look different. They, they, the colors, the trichome developed. Why? HPSs are burning trichomes nonstop. They have excess, ridiculous infrared. That's why they, you know, they operate at 600 degrees, double-ended bulb. An LED on a bad day might be 145, 150 degrees. And if you have your shit together, it's usually much less than that. So if, if an LED's junction temperature, what they call it on, on the, the, the board, usually about 55C, you can run for years, no problem. That 55C, you know, you're talking about 120 degrees, you know, maybe 130. Whereas an HPS is 480 to 600 degrees. So you need significantly more cooling. Now, the problem is engineers say a watt is a watt is a watt. So they don't care what it is. One watt equals 3.412 BTUs. Boom. End of, end of formula for, for an engineer. Not all watts are created the same. Efficiency of the thing using the watts makes a difference too. LED is a much more efficient light source. I get the same amount of light as far as overall photons and PAR reading or BPF reading, now the new one, as a bulb does, but I use... 35 to 45% less power to get it. So, and in using that much less power to get it, I'm also having something which never, ever, ever gets us anywhere near as hot as an HPS. So, and I'm not getting the bad bandwidths of light that HPS is getting up, which are burning trichomes. The reason HPS maxed out strains levels was because they were burning the trichomes. Once you switch different light source, suddenly people found strains were getting more THC and now they have these new hybrids getting these ridiculous levels that when I was a kid, we were lucky to get seven to 11% THC. Now we got people pushing 40, <laughs> you know? It's just, For sure. shit's changed quite a bit. So if someone's happy with what they're doing, I'm not gonna tell them they're wrong, that they're happy with what they're doing, but if, if they wanna push it forward, I mean, whether it's through aquaponics, whether it's through LED, whether it's through environmental control as stimulating the plants, triggering responses, there's a myriad of ways to get better results. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, here or there, but I thought it was a fun thought. You know, I, we should say hello to Tommy in just a second, but let me, let me, cause I uh, forget it. Otherwise, um, that I realize that's rude, Tommy. Uh, give me one second. Cause I am going to forget. I'm almost forgetting oh, it right fine. now. Coot or no, not coot. Uh, St. Bernard's observations booth is saying, uh, coots out there driving his model T Ford saying, uh, man, I don't know why these, uh, people need these new cars. Uh, this one works fine. I mean, in coots case, probably that car is fine. You know what I mean? He's still driving 85 miles an hour or whatever he wants to drive. The fuel efficiency is good on and on and on. But I was thinking to myself kind of in that context, like uh, I remember having a conversation with like this uh, uh, racing nerd basically. And he was saying, man, Ferrari, man, they're never going to go to like 
I don't remember the specific technology, but like hydrogen engines, man, they're never going to use hydrogen engines, man, or fuel cells or some shit. They're never going to use any of that stuff because they're just going to vroom vroom basically until the forever times. And I thought, no, man, they're going to use probably the fastest shit that they can get. And when the technology just surpasses anything they can make, they're going to switch like a light switch because otherwise they're going to have Model Ts on their hands, basically like fancy Model Ts. And we've actually started to see that Lamborghini and Ferrari and some of these companies, they're already uh, at least concept cars and so on. They're creating these crazy new things, right? Um, I guess I don't know exactly. I, I, I was curious what your thoughts, why people get stuck on technology. I realized that was a long, long, long road now, but I was like, on some level, why are people so stuck on old technologies and don't just use the best thing to feed a plant? People, the humans in general, the older we get, like to be comfortable and familiar with things. We don't like change. Most humans, I, I can't speak myself. I, I tend to stir things up and change things just to see what happens because I'm curious that way. But most people aren't. They, whether it's, they could be effing miserable, but if that's what they're familiar with and they're standing their own shit and that's what they're used to, that's what they're going to do. You know, and you can't tell someone who's getting his two pounds under his light in his house and he's growing for himself. He's not selling it. He's not trying to win any awards. He's just growing his stash and he's happy with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I, I get the mentality. If you're obsessive over getting better quality, if you're a nerd, you find new stuff happens and you're curious, well, now that I know this fact, what do I do with it? You know, when I was first telling people, started telling people about VPD, I mean, you know, five years ago, people thought I was out of my freaking mind. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're an idiot, dude, that I know how to grow. You can't tell me and all this stuff. And now they're like, people, can you send me your VPD chart? What are your settings? Here, just take it. I'll send it to you. I don't care. I'm not trying to get anything from it. I want people to succeed because I know the shit I went through when I started. And I wish I would have had someone help me that way. You know, um, the, the technology, the technology uh, savvy or open minded people will always push the envelope. And yes, sometimes we crash directly into walls because we're going to keep pushing it, see how far we can go with it. But look, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we'll call it. If you've got two pounds of light, you were somebody. You're, you're like, you dude, he's getting, bro's getting two pounds of light. How's he doing? It's a fucking miracle. That's what I want to say. You know? Okay, so I am, I'm, I'm converted all the way over to LED. No, no introduction either. We know who I am. I'm sorry for, uh, 27 motherfuckers. Yeah, you can introduce yourself I, to Tommy. Everybody likes you. Who the fuck are you, man? For people who, for the three people who don't know who you are. Who's this? Anyway, no, I want, I want to talk grow. I want to talk grow. So, I have converted all the way over, and I have noticed a slight decrease in, you know, overall weight. Okay. Especially when it comes to, like, when you're talking, like, at least, like, an eight light or a ten light grid. You okay. Know, and if you do it commercially and viably, you know, uh, but the, the quality, the color, all yeah. that bag appeal, dude, it's all there now. You know what I mean? It's just, but I want to get, I want to get you the weight back same or better. And I want to find out a couple of things to help with that. So, and don't give me, don't give me like, I'm a weight guy. I'm not a big, Oh, I need, no, 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 no. So no, that's I'm, not I'm, me. I'm, I'm about yeah, quality. I'm if you were using some other light source before, and I'm just throwing a number in the air, you're getting two and a half pounds, and then you get the LED, you're getting two and a quarter pounds. You're like, well, my quality is better. 
But I'm telling you, you can have both. You can have the quality and the weight. That's why I'm curious to see what your environmental variables are. Like what's your temperature and humidity? What's your light distance over the canopy? What light readings you're getting at your plant canopy? Do you take uh, those? Notes? So uh, I run, I run about 82. I mean, 82 degrees would be like the ambient temperature. So uh, maybe the VPD, you know, on the, the temperature of the leaf is a little, you know, maybe I could raise that. But yeah, I run like 82 and about 52 to maybe maybe 60, right? All through flower. Okay. There, there it is. Your, your leaf surface temperature should be 85. Your humidity should be at least 70%. And I'll send you a chart and I'll show you. You do uh, that, you'll get the weight. You too. know how worrisome that is though, especially when you're doing outdoor here in Michigan too? Yeah. So no, you, like, you feel like you you're gonna to bring the mildew into the into the indoor. I'm not trying to interrupt, sir. I'm just saying. No, no, I, I get you. But do you have a dehumidifier in there? Because, you know, the humidity is pretty yeah, intense. Yeah, yeah, It keeps it perfect in, in the indoor, yes. Yeah, but if, if it's keeping it at 60 or 50-something percent, it's too low. Let it come up. But I have a caveat with that. A half hour before lights out, make sure you exhaust the air so when the plants exhale, it doesn't have a humidity spike. Like, I had a commercial grow in Las Vegas where the air is usually pretty damn dry. And uh, they were HPS guys. They were older dudes. And they had, you know, upstairs, downstairs, like 20 different rooms. And yeah. they had an LE test room and they were shitting on it because they were saying this, that, and the other thing. And I go, where's your data? And he said, what? I said, where's your data? I see you have sensors and probes in this room. What are they measuring? Who's tracking the data? And an accountant was walking by and he goes, I have it. I go, may I please see it? Or sure. He brings his data to me and every <laughs> night he was having humidity spikes of 90%. Mm. So it's fucking raining in there. He's got bug <laughs> rot, he's got root rot. He's trying to blame the lights for it. I go, LEDs don't create <laughs> mold. They don't create mildew. They don't give you, rot. That, that's conditions in your room. And we help <laughs> the conditions straight. Suddenly the story changed, you know? Now, if you look in the gold spot in this chart here, 85 degrees, 84 degrees, you see what I'm saying? 75% right, humidity, right. I'm saying okay. 70. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here, here's one, one thing I'm just going to, I mean, I'm not trying to like even question it. No, no, no. Uh, it's a good discussion. Let's go. I like it. Uh, so when it comes to exchanging a whole air, like if you're running the sealed room, right? So some people pride themselves in that, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm supplementing CO2. So it's, it's a whole sealed room environment. So if you want to do an air exchange, you know what I mean? That's a whole nother, I mean, it's not the biggest deal, but it's it is a small part of components that you got to put together. Look at yada this yada yada. Plus the filtration for that, so the air you're pulling in, and then yeah, the you, air you're putting you out is smelling. You know what I mean? So it, it's a you whole could, thing. It, it, could, it could be a whole other set of problems. You could well, yes, you could HEPA filter the inbound, like, and you right, could right or UV and 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 charcoal carbon charcoal filter the outbound, but. When, listen, you're pushing your lights on, you got CO2 in the room, right? You want your plants to be aggressive and grow. You want to get that environment to push them for the uptake. The VPD pressure will help that. Your VPD is a little bit low. It's not bad. I'm talking three degrees and five to 10 points will make a huge difference in your, your output. But more importantly, what I was saying about that half hour before lights out, you got to drastically drop your humidity because when your plants exhale, you're going to get a spike. 
And plants exhale in LED is substantial. It's like the CalMag difference. I, I, I use Epsom salt to cheat because I find plants in LED need a little bit more calcium, a little bit more magnesium, and even a little bit more molybdenum. I find that, that they do eat a slightly different diet, you know, to get those results. But you get crazy, crazy better buds and denser buds by doing those couple of small things I'm talking about. I'm not saying it because I read a lot of magazine. I'm saying it because that's what we do. You, you know? did it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know? Hey, no. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not remembering, but I, I don't see your name on the screen, so that doesn't help. But uh, what, Tommy, what I do I, what's your, your name, first name? name? Too. Don't worry about it. My mm-hmm. name's Brendan, but I forget my name, too. I get into it. It's just <laughs> No, no I definitely <laughs> recognize your voice, and I know I respect what you say. You know what I'm saying, bro? So it's, yeah, yeah. it's, no, it's all love right there. You know what I mean? Nah, I would love – see, this is the perfect example. I would love to walk in your room. I, I do my stupid blind guy sniff test and walk around. And I'd, I'd sense for the zones where I fence air balances and things are out. And it doesn't take much. It's not, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Dude, it's just an, you guys are more than welcome. Come to Michigan. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm in Oklahoma and I'll, I'm going to be going up that way to take care of some stuff at one point or another. If I do, let's, we'll figure it out. I'm not How afraid. hot is it down there right now? Is it hot? Yeah, it's pretty muggy down here. It was like hundred. Finally getting rain, dude, for the first time in like two weeks. Right here in Michigan or it, Indiana. It is, like I'll Michigan, survive this too. I grew up in New York City, so I was used to real, really muggy, hot, and humid summers. But this feels worse than that. Honestly, we're we're in right. Oklahoma right now, and it it is it's been rough. <laughs> it's been wet and muggy as f. It was dry and hot yesterday, more like California weather, and then today it got muggy again. But if we want to walk through the grow, any grow, I mean, I, I don't care if it's HPS, I don't care if it's plasma. You know, okay. So, okay. Can I give one more question? Okay. So, so say you're like, you're you're going for it. You got them all packed in there. That's kind of how I do it. I got, I got, I got spears packed up and down. I do a lot of pruning and this and that. And when you're talking going close to 70% humidity, and I haven't seen it on that chart, but uh, like it just seems, it seems risky. You know what I mean? Especially if you have like eight lights and that's what you're counting on. You know what I mean? Or five lights, or even if it's just one light, you know what I mean? Remember, it's just, it's- remember that chart. We're only looking at two of the axes. There's a Z axis on it. That's never talked about or not often talked about. And that's airflow. Your plants have to breathe. You have to have that humidity, that temperature and the airflow going Ooh. past the buds. That's the key. And they never talk about it with VPD. If the plant can't breathe, the stomata can't get a fast enough gas exchange, and you're still limited on growth rate. Right. There's a um. Hey, uh, I'm I'm sorry. Is that is that your guys' thing? This real uh, quiet, or should I just like sign off and get back on? It seems real uh, quiet that's to me. Probably me. I'm a little bit farther from the mic than Brennan. Um, he 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 is he, also Steve won admit it, but he's a fucking mumbler. Um. Testing, yeah, testing, Tommy, like can you hear me? Like he just, he just uh, doesn't. Very soft-spoken. He won't come to terms with that. No. <laughs> yeah, the humidity. I'm just the humidity. With the I'm humidity thing. Dude, I don't have a computer or anything. No worries. Um, Ozzy, you were I'm saying. I'm on a cell phone with like 5%, so. Shit. I'm just wondering if you're going, man. Shit. My phone, you know. Go ahead, Ozzy. Um, with, with the humidity thing, the... Um, Who's talking now? Yeah, it's an activity water level, hey, which is the amount that it gets right to when, 
It's like super quiet. Go ahead, Tommy. We'll, we'll catch you in a second, man. Right. Go ahead, Ozzy. Um, the activity water level is the, the amount of um, humidity needed to strike out a spore. And there's a chart where most of the ones that we relate to are sort of about 75%, but there is some ones that strike at 65 and 70%. They're not real common, but they still have a chance of striking. So if they're in that environment, they can just put out a spore. Like they, Even if a spore comes in, if one's in there, or if there's a hyphae or something, they can just um, go and reproduce off. But still, there's, that's the activity water level, and that's um, what Tommy's sort of talking about. I think he's a little bit scared in getting into that range not relying on the humidity. He might have a bit of a wet spot in the area which hasn't got enough flow. So there might be a bit of a spike which he might have seen a smidgen of bud right in a corner once and all scared or something. Anyway, that'll do. Over. That's what comes that's what comes back to what Steve was saying, just not loud enough. Is that you have airflow is a big part of the equation. If you have a sensor probe on the wall and the sensor probe on the wall says it's 85 degrees and 70% humidity, you happy days. No, you got to check around and underneath. And if you find a spot, which is dead air, what Steve was getting at is that any spot with dead air is a bad fucking idea because that's where the bad things are going to happen. So if you have, if your airflow is bounced out and you're at higher humidity, you, the odds are greatly reduced of a spore activating. It's a stagnant area. If a spore settles in a stagnant area, that's moister than the parts that are moving around it. That's when a bad thing's going to happen. That's why I like to exchange the air or exhaust it to bring that humidity down as lights before lights go out. So when the lights go out, but people don't understand about VPD is that temperature and humidity. When the temperature comes down, humidity naturally goes up. So if I'm, my temperature's going to come down, my lights go out, even if it's just five, 10 degrees, my humidity is going to go up. So if I'm exhausting that air and I'm cranking my DHU up, my temperature and humidity are going to come down together. And then when the plants exhale, its spike is going to be reduced to be mitigated. Because the first two hours after lights out, your plants are exhaling. That's when bad things happen. You know, but if you have your room exchanging the air over eight hours and it's it's yeah. too late, that stuff's already activated. Right. So, who like you're pushing like on a your room size? Like who's you know, like kind of I don't care if it's if I don't care if it's a two like, if it's a two light tent or two hundred light factory. The concept is the same. Risky, you have to balance airflow and good balance. I understand, <laughs> but it seems risky. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a little bit. Like you see, like seventy percent, and I've heard people doing it. But if you like, I don't know, that seems like if you're doing it perfect. You know, that, does that make sense? That's like I, I, I get you. You're coming from a lot, a lot of guys that have the same thing with it because they've grown a certain way for so long. You say something which to them is an alien concept. They go, whoa, whoa, that's crazy talk now. Right. No fucking way that's going to work. Because the plant's breathing. Uh, 15, year, 15 years ago, I was one of those guys who thought 75 degrees, 40% humidity. That's how you do it. I was one of those guys. Right. And I learned otherwise by studying and, you know, over time, trying this, trying that. Screwing up plenty of things because I this is awesome. Any- by the way, <laughs> the pump shit. I tried to pick that. It's dual. It's dueling. It's dueling headies. You know what I'm saying? Heady smokers. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. And uh, hey, Coop. Hey, Jim. How you doing tonight? By the way, we got to welcome Seven Ten and Coot. Seven uh, Ten's been waiting for a while. Seven Ten, what's up, my friend? Welcome. Hey everybody, what's up? What's up? What's up? We get to see that Love epic beard. Oh, shit, shit, so. Dude, if yeah, there was a beard up? contest, that would be the instant winner. Yeah. No contest. Break it down. 
Welcome. Ready for an Amish party or Thanks, something. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> totally I, I feel like building a barn if anybody's down. Pretty good. Do it. Uh, what's going on, man? What's new? I just uh, love talking about the nerd stuff, so I thought I'd pop in. Love talking about I figured you might have some uh, cool LED questions. Uh, you, you grow with LED, I think, don't you? Yeah, I've, I've grown with LED and, and uh, HPS, uh, Mel Halley, and yeah, all that business. But yeah, LED is just, it's 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 different right like you're you're getting such a wide spectrum right so you, yeah it's uh i just love it here's in welcome yeah cheers uh coot as always uh welcome welcome to the show uh man of probably many questions or many comments welcome oh howdy uh, i had to i didn't want to uh have him think I was ignoring him. Hey, Tommy, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to have your ambrosia seeds uh, shortly. I've made arrangements with uh, our exalted leader uh, and uh, uh, Roush about here. Right. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have that. Uh, I, You know, I generally don't do seeds, just uh, – yeah, I don't want. Uh, but I know that you're a person of uh, integrity, and uh, you have great interest in you know making things more more better. A weed here in this, you know, rather than just try to shell a product or something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna crack uh, some seeds, and I've got uh, four or five other people that uh, will be interested in taking cuts and run them. And these guys are like me, minimum one has 25 years growing. So, you know, be some old hands. Of course, we don't know much. See, we don't, if, if you don't have run out and buy the first fucking thing somebody says, then you're old fashioned driving a Model T, uh, according to, uh, you know, the, the cub report the cub reporter for the uh, Elk Snout News in uh, Western Northwest Colorado. So anyway, uh, you know, I did have an I idea. It's though. a scooped up Model T. It goes 150 miles an hour, man. It's got yeah. like a hydrogen fuel cell motor on it. Once, hey, once again, I just want to make sure that you know you. That the you one that Homer Moss drove. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Fume can verify this. He was on the show with me when I said, "Hey, well, if so and so." thinks he's that fucking good. Why does he take me up on my bet? Um, and I said, and Pume says, well, what bet's that? And I said, I got $10,000 that says he can't touch me. <laughs> haven't heard a word Uncle in two Tim, years. <laughs> haven't heard a word. I haven't heard a word in two years. Okay. <laughs> 10000 And for several years, I had a $1,000 offer. Someone bring me a white paper. Proving the efficiency of a compost tea. Do you know how much money I paid out? The efficiency of a compost tea. Zero. Zero. And yet they persist, man. They persist and persist and persist. So if you're going to test something, here's how you test it. And Brandon can vouch for this. Hmm? So you make a tea. You do your stupid little, uh, it's not even a plate count because they don't even know what a plate count is. You, Putting some drops on a goddamn piece of uh, a, a microscope slide is not a plate count. A plate count is a petri dish 
with an inoculation loop, right? You put the lid back on, you let it grow, and now you do an analysis. Now, well, I counted some stuff. I don't know what's in there, but I bet it's really groovy. Anyway, so you would apply it to the soil, right? Yeah. And then a week later, you would take a sample of that soil, wouldn't you? And you'd want to see, well, did my inoculation hit? Wouldn't that be like a, a, a real typical scientific test to see if these are efficient? Guess how many of those tests have ever been done? None. None. None in 20 years. 20 years. I mean, you know, what does it take? A special dispensation from Jesus Christ? I demand that you do a, a traditional plate count on that subsample. And on the eighth day? Yeah. Guy got, you know... Fuck these people. I swear to God. You know, you would think after 20 years, wouldn't you have some shame? Wouldn't you be embarrassed to have a weasel piss fuck running around telling people that you can kill broad mites with a compost tea? Hey, can I ask a question of everybody, of the panel? A really good question. I'm sorry. I didn't mean you can to... only ask bad questions, Tommy, on this show. Yeah, go ahead. It goes off sometimes. Listen. <laughs> This is a good question. I think you could uh, definitely chime in. Coop. Jim. I don't like calling you Coop. Sounds yeah, weird. go ahead. Uncle Jim. I've been called worse, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so listen. Okay. So I have, let's see. I'm trying to start a, I have one of the fabric pots, right? It's like a hundred, uh -huh. it's a four by eight living soil bed. Right. You know. It's the nice one with the vapor wall and all that. Sure. So if I want to reuse, I have uh, their 20-gallon pots that I was doing, mm -hmm. like living soil in. Okay, so I sure. had the Coots mix. I'm sorry to call it that, but the Coots mix, your mix. And I ran them like twice, but I'm, I'm trying to put it all in one bed and just like. Can, I tell, you, can I tell you something? I didn't yeah. name that thing. That was a reader at either Grass City or uh, IC Mag, one of the two uh, uh, needle dick. Uh, make millions off you. Oh, I know. Hey, what, you know why is it? Answer me a question. Why is it? I gotta come. That, I gotta come. That, uh, Tad Hussey's soil and many products all had Clackamas coot on it. Everything at Jeremy Silva's build a soil product line for the most part has Clackamas coot on it. So where does this shit start that I don't know what I'm doing? I guarantee you that, that Jeremy Silva could buy and sell most of these critics of respect, 10 you times a, a week. Anyway. So I know. Uh, I know no, I don't Uncle care. Jim, but listen, people do respect you big time. Oh, I don't mm -hmm. care. I, hey, listen, critics are a dime a dozen. All I ask is, well, let do. me see your let I me see your plans. I'm just saying, let, me, like, let me let me see your plans. Oh well, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a cold snap last week, and uh, you know, I dropped. I, I dropped my plans, and they were great. So I go back to your plans. things. You got a, You have a large bed, and you have some twenty-gallon pots. What's your question? I mean, what do you want to do? Okay, no, okay. So, what is the best way? Okay, so these are we'll call these complete living soil. I have worms in sure. there. I have sure. uh, cover crop on them. What's the best Perfect. way to like take those stuff I have, I guess, 
what is it? Five, you know, five would be a hundred gallons. Yeah. Or whatever a four by eight ends up being. I have enough Great. to fill it. You got two choices. What's the best way to recycle them? Just tip you them can over. Dump them. Yeah, dump them you can do that. But for I, for me, if you're asking me, because yeah. I don't put I don't put a lot of value in the pots because they're so cheap. I just take a razor knife, cut them down. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cut them and then there you go. Yeah, just yeah. Oh, put them, set them in, inside your uh, big pan. Okay, or your box, where you're calling it, and then take a knife and cut up the sides on the uh, round twenty gallons or whatever it is, thirty gallons, and then just you know pull it out. That's what I do. And then take some other dirt and, and fill in the gaps because you're dealing with circles inside of a rectangle. So do you mash it up or not? Like that's what I'm asking. I guess you could. So you don't. It's you not the necessary. Here, the twenty gallon blobs. Yeah, and then fill just around it and let those. Yeah. Yeah. Me. And then just put some uh, new soil, whatever term you want to use, around the, uh, you know, in between the circles where you're going to, you know, what I'm saying, like a six pack of beer. Okay. So just, yeah, yeah. Well, I know about that. <laughs> yeah. I figured, I figured, yeah, yeah. I figured most, okay, most guys so, would know that one. So just, so like, okay. So, so you're saying put them right in there like a living uh-huh. thing and don't. Don't mash it. Don't cut it up with a shovel, right? No. Okay. No and then, uh, no, no, no. I, I understand. So maybe, it, so if you're saying if you top, if you top them upside down, then so like the you could the do that. Bottom end would be sticking up. Yeah. You know, They'll, ass up. That's fine too. Ass up, face down. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> Remember, even in a in, in, um, uh, thirty gallon pot. You're not that deep, okay, from the bottom to the top of the soil line. So even if you just took them and flipped them over inside, you're not going to cause any problems. I mean, the uh, the worms will figure it out. And worms always move away from light, okay? Right, right. You'll notice. That's why people that go into their worm bins and scrape the top off and go, look at my worms. You're just annoying them. I mean... You know, light is their enemy. Uh, they'll die in the light. Well, they'll go straight down. They'll go straight down or they'll go under something, right? So, hey, does yeah. anyone else have, like, an opinion on, like, what would you do? I'm just, I'm trying to get, like, a, a group opinion. I, I do respect Coop, but I need, like, uh, what I do? Does anyone, is, does anyone, like, want to, uh, does anyone want to, What's are you called? trying to keep it in the same pot? Or are you just trying to upsize it? Are you no, just no, trying no, to no, re-amend no. it? What are you trying to do? No, I'm saying I'm trying to take like five or six 20-gallon pots and fill a four-by-eight bed, right? Mm. Like a fabric fabric pot bed that you see like in a four-by-eight tent. Yeah, se. I think Jim nailed it. Just cut them open. Or cut them open, dump them in, and don't disturb it. Is what you're saying? I might even dump them. I might even dump them in before I cut them open. Right. And then cut it. And then you would leave it. And then you would right. just put that's, stuff around it. Is that what everyone's telling, what, telling me? That's is what it? I was trying to say, but Wes did a better job. I understand, job. Jim. Yeah. I'm no, not, I mean, what he's, just, he's saying, no, the way he's saying to do is what I was trying to uh, articulate. I'm like a guy that, like, want to chop it all up and, like, mix it all evenly, you know? But I don't want to kill the worms and shit. I love my worms. 
I disturb it as little as possible, personally. Okay, well, I appreciate uh, the uh, opinion. Oh, you muted, Jim. I come here for advice. I don't come here for my uh, help. Okay. All right. Here's my sage <laughs> advice. Okay. And we're going to bring some of the real leadership in the cannabis world to your beck and call. Get a book by a guy called The Rev. Now, he's all into spikes and dikes and layers. And oh, Lord, I'm so forlorn. Oh, my God. You know, where's my unicorn? I, yeah. Spikes is- and dikes. <laughs> Sounds like the hey, name of a, a, a weird bar in. In the Tenderloin district. You united that kid? United that kid the other day, remember? He came in here. That's the homie now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, I got to follow this kid. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. What's his name? I about don't want three to years ago, the kid. He's way smarter than About me. three years ago, I got a phone like, call from uh, Chad Hush. <laughs> like, damn. He wanted to know if I would... Uh, <laughs> He wanted to know if I would uh, attend a uh, Canacon uh, event or something and debate uh, Scotty Granola. And I said, yeah, under one condition. He said, what's that? I said, you make sure that his mommy takes him and buys him a really big lunch because it's going to be a long day. And uh, that was the end of that. <laughs> Tommy, so what do you think about uh, LED lights? Uh, how do I put this? Um, it's not really a, a new technology, but you're a big fan of uh, the newest and the greatest. You, you're, you're a fan of uh, gimbals and all kinds of cool shit. Like, uh, what do you think about uh, LEDs in general for cannabis? And what do you think about uh, Spectrum Kings? All right, well, let me just say real briefly that when the whole LED thing was getting some momentum several years ago, and this was pre-social media, so we're talking forums, which had a whole different dynamic. And that's not good or bad, it's just a different you know, feel. And so the big two were Grass City and IC Mag. And there were more scammers on those uh, <laughs> <good> venues <laughs> than you could shake a stick at. And so I got confused even trying to figure out their, forget the lies, just their, you're still, at that time, they were still talking about lumens. So I just said, that's it. I'm done. I'll stick with my old uh, Cordelux, uh, or excuse me, Philips uh, CMH, you know, conversion bulbs that they uh, made for the, uh, as we were, uh, Brendan and I were talking the other night, the original, all the indoor, excuse me, all the supplemental lighting for greenhouses was all 400s, period. The whole that thousand was here in the United States with cannabis, but I'm talking about the professional greenhouses in Holland. It was 400 watt, uh, what's the name of the company? Uh, PL Lights. And they were in conjunction with Horse Schrader, which you would know them as Hortelux in this country. The little known secret is that Hortelux subcontracts with Philips for a lot of the manufacturing because they have it down so well. I mean, they make over a thousand bulbs in their portfolio. So uh, you could say that Phillips has kind of got a handle on it. <laughs> you know, if you're a big company like Hortelux, you design the goddamn thing, right? And then you uh, subcontract the manufacturing. Good business. So I was never able to get a handle on I mean, First of all, you, you know, you need... You need these kind of LEDs, this color. No, no, you need this one. And I thought, you know, 
they're still they're still searching a path. Uh, and so I'll sit it out until you know what? Uh, until honestly, some kind of consensus. We haven't, uh, we have, I haven't heard anyone that ask makes sense. Question for a while. I feel like LEDs have become so accepted that nobody even asks like, uh, Brendan, how do you pick an LED? Like, uh, if someone is listening and they want to buy one, obviously they want to buy one of yours, but why would they want to buy one of yours? Like, honestly, like, uh, instead of being confused about the colors and the, this and the that, like, why would they buy one of those? Well, there's a, uh, a metric fuck ton of LEDs available these days. There's more, there's companies popping up. Like I said earlier, there's more than mushroom species every week. There's like, have you seen this LED? Um, there's tons of them. What I would say, there's only a handful of companies, the, the, somewhat the usual suspects that make things that actually work, that will work longer than a few months or longer than a few years. Um, your intensity measurement, BPF, I'm the big about using the range of plants I actually use. Intensity, equals density, whether it's HBS or LED, you know, you, you need the intense light to get the dense, bigger buds, but you also have to have your environmental variables and things which go work with this new tool. So if you don't balance your environment that's set to optimum results with LED, you set your environment to optimum results with HBS and you switch to LED, your results are going to suck. So it, it's not just switch the light and do what you've been doing. It's, it's change what you're doing to, to benefit the best results with the new tool you're going to put in place. Um, but the quality of light you're going to get is definitely better today with LED. Seven, 10 years ago, hell no. 12 years ago, hell no. They were freaking awful. I used to have lovely arguments with somebody who was now a business partner because he was making a different brand 12, 13 years ago. And the light was 3,500 bucks. And it was not going to get you bigger or better buds, you know? So it, it, I see where Coot's coming from. Back in those forum days, there was a lot of bullshit because it was wide open, wild west. Nobody knew. So smack talking and, and uh, strutting was going on wide, you know, widely broadcast. Results count. We're growers. I'll show you. We have plenty of growers who show people with our lights what they get. If you want... I would, you know, in fact, if, what, what size grow would you want to play with? Would you want to play with a light? Would you want to try one? Um, most of what I grow is outdoor. I do grow an indoor uh, tent um, for testing, for uh, minor breeding, and for, uh, herbs, uh, culinary herbs. So it's only a four by four. Right. And I know this is going to sound real Mickey Mouse, but, uh, I've had good, you know, for what I do, it's perfect. I have a 315. I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't tell you what the manufacturers. It was sent to me. My Jeremy Silva is a, a gift and I don't look at gifts and go, well, you know, you could have sent me a, but anyway, so, and I probably have the wrong bulb. So uh, I, I would be embarrassed to even tell you because it's probably going to sound Mickey Mouse. But basically, to answer your question directly, it's a Gorilla Tent is the brand name. Yeah. Uh, the lighting system is an AC inverter or an AC. You have a 315 CMH. I, I get you. Yes. Yeah. 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 No worries. Okay. Well, if you're with this, which bulb do you have in there? Do you have the, you know, what the Kelvin temperature is of the bulb? It sounds like you're doing mostly vegetative growth in there or some breeding. You'd be flowering. Yeah. yeah um, honest, I'd, I'd have to go look and I'm, it's probably, 
It's probably the one at 22, and it should be the, the other one. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a problem now. I mean, you guys know because you're stub muffins and you got purchase orders and shit. But go try to find something on the mean streets of Portland anymore. If you don't order it online, you ain't going to get it. I mean, you could be driving around for the, to find the last three remaining growth stores. Oh, yeah, we're out of stock. We're waiting on uh, no, you know, resupply. Stopping. No, nobody, nothing. Nobody they don't stock anything. anything. No. They, they, if you call them, they say we can get it, and they're going to order it from some distributor somewhere and hope it gets there by the right. time. Yeah. And so I, my uh, new religion is I belong to the Church of Amazon. I put an order in. I get it the next day. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? You know what I mean? You don't have to leave your house. Probably the double wages were the people. Right. going to be the first ones to buy the Tesla bots and give all the jobs to the robots. Right. Yeah, I mean. Santa Beast. You know, I, I, yes. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, support your local economy. I get it. But also, when I need it, I need something, you know. I don't want to wait two weeks and, oh, I, I guess Mike forgot to order this. We'll get it going right now for you. Mm. Okay. So I, I know that that's a, a, a the, the past, I want to say three years, the hydro stores have completely changed. And, you know, when big states went legal and commercial grows got bigger, hydro yep. stores got pushed to the sidelines because yep. if someone orders something from an online supplier or directly from a major manufacturer, right. that's what they're, they're going to do. You know, exactly. Hey, look, if, okay, you know a product because it's been, everyone's had done this product if they've been growing for at least 20 years, but dip and grow. Okay, so dip and grow uh, brings out that product in from uh, China in 55-gallon barrels. He has clients like Monrovia Nursery, you know, which has, what, 10,000 acres in their system about eight different locations. Uh, I mean, the other big ones, you know, where a thousand acres is enough. He sells it by 55 gallon barrels. Not those little cute little bottles that you and I started out with. You know, you got to dilute it with water, depending on you doing hardwoods or something, you know, that helped you. Mm -hmm. um, and, but where he really made his money is they use that in the Christmas tree industry. And you, the reason that dip and grow is so good is because it's IBA, endobutric acetic acid. And so it has, to, it has to be an alcohol, which that's an advantage for doing uh, tree cuts because you're going to sterilize the uh, clone when you dip it in. Actually, you don't dip it. It's all robotic. Like yeah, I said yeah. the other night, man, you, they get, you could train monkeys to do this work. I mean, think about it. you got a, a, an acres of 35,000 plants and a spade and nursery, which isn't all that big. They have a thousand acres. Does it, I mean, they do like 8,000 cuts a week. Does anybody really think that they're mixing up, you know, some Olivia's uh, cloning gel and, uh, you know, deafen them? Hey, give me a break. I mean, I'll hear hey, once in a while, Coot, that, hey, that like some factory hey, was using or some hey, cannabis facility, like they were using some crazy 30 part formula. Like I wouldn't think so, but every once in a while you'll see it on this. Oh, we use such and such exclusively. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, get exclusives, but that means they're getting it free for promotion and then they're paying Labor. dirt cheap after that. Okay. Here you go. This is for you, Steve. You guys are running a farm. Here's one for you. 
You already know the company, Fido Technologies. You can buy a kilo, a kilo of pure laboratory grade salicylic acid. You know how much uh, rooting compound that'll make? A kilo? Metric fuck ton. About 75 gallons. Mm. Gallons. Yeah. What? A, a, a hey. kilo is what, like $50? I was I was just about to say uh, I don't know anyone that's doing anything large scale certainly not at the acre scale and above that isn't just buying raw ingredients and dosing themselves like no one at the yeah. big scale buying bottled anything no liquid anything yeah why would you know anything in water when when I know damn well this the balance uh, that the the and the ratios uh, that those nutrients seem to be and I can just dose them myself. Well, I mean, plug it, but we, we, I have a whole nutrient site specifically designed around that for aquaponics, right? Like, so this is a whole, you know, anyone getting a certain scale because the, the cost difference is just astronomical. So the problem oh, is, is there's companies that are promoting stuff like Athena. I got asked about Athena tonight and I was like, I don't use it, man. Um, because specifically they asked me because the jungle boys use it. You know what I mean? Um, and we'd like that and companies like that have, like not in this group of like panels, but like probably outside our chat and our panel, there's a lot of people that are just up for the pitcher weeds or the, the you know what I mean? And whatever that company does, they're going to do. And, and I, I always get questions asked coming from that sector of like, Oh, I, I'm like a cookie. I only go to like the cookie dispensary and stuff. Yeah, plenty of people. That's some trendy shit. Most of those people are named Chad and, you know, our dude bros. See ya. Oh, cool. Like the, I saw, I was driving hey, around. Have a good night. Are you taking off, Ozzy? Cheers, bud. Yeah, bye, bye, bye. Bye. See you next time. Season seven days for the, for the trivia thing. Cheers, buddy. That'd be good. Yeah, Ozzy's going to be the. Uh, oh, by the way, Coot, we're postponing the trivia for one week because it was just too hard to freaking get done. But Ozzy's going to be our judge next week. Sorry, Coot, is it, you just grumbled. Uh, well, you know? I had I had to study for two tests tonight: the trivia test and then a, a piss test for tomorrow morning. So uh, now my whole schedule's up. <laughs> You see, uh, uh, West you Engine mean, was saying basically we have one week until Coop mops the floor with everybody. So uh, we'll postpone the, the floor mopping. <laughs> as long as I don't have to answer some silly ass yeah. question like, so who created Spittles or Skittles? I think it's Skittles, yeah. And, and why is Skittles yeah. the best Spain in the world? That'll be one of the questions. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who them seeds I sent over, bro? One of the first times I met, first times I met, man. The first times I met Fume, Ambrosia, We're talking Fume. The first time I met Fume, we're talking about some material that he was wrong about. But anyway, he says, uh, "Well, you know, it's going to make it cakey." And I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> "What in the fuck is this guy talking about cakey?" <laughs> so I put him on mute, and I called a friend of mine. And I said, hey, what does cakey mean? He goes, wedding cake. I go, wedding cake? What do you mean? Well, it's a strain. I said, you got to be bullshitting me. He goes, no, no, no. And so I said, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. Okay. So then I got back online with uh, Fume. And you're still wrong. But anyway, it was, it was, a, it was a funny discussion. What can you do? We were talking about uh, Bagawano. I said, right, there's no, right. no, I remember. I said, there's no fucking way. 
the bagawano is going to affect the flavor one way or the other. He said, oh, yeah, it does. It makes it cakey. That's what I'm going to say. We had an interesting thing with Kevin McKernan. We had Kevin McKernan on and say how many different coronaviruses that were still alive he was able to isolate from off-the-shelf hydro store bagawano. So that was uh, yeah. really concerning. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll stay uh, back to Brendan's stay point. In this period, yeah. it was about seven, yeah, eight years ago on the forums. There were so many scammers. Um, and I don't mean this. Uh, one a, second, Ozzy needs to go. He's got uh, some appointments to do. Shout out, Ozzy, bud. Go for it. Hey, good uh, night, Ozzy. See you. See you next week. Um, oh, if you want to follow me, you can. You know Weed Nerds is about the only spot I'm at, yeah. and here. So that's about it. And I'm studying, so sorry for everyone else. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I'm enjoying it, learning heaps. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it's good to plant science and microbiology. Woo. <laughs> and yeah, thanks, yeah. Fumi, again, for bloody hosting this stuff. Because, again, we wouldn't be here without him. So good on you, Fumi. Keep up the good work, too. And see you, chat, that I didn't see you, but I'll, um, good, good for you for turning up. And thanks all, panel. See you all next week. Have fun. Right. Yay. Let me uh, mute Tommy because Tommy is a vibe, but uh, Ozzy's on like a delay of like fucking 10 seconds today. It was kind of crazy. So uh, you start talking and then poor Ozzy's like, oh, shit, I got to start talking. It's just this whole never ended thing. Uh, Kud, I think I interrupted you. Uh, you oh, saying, so you're actually wrong you because uh, the, the, the bad guano, yeah, man, it, it, uh, they've been pouring bat guano on like, you know, Northern California plants for ages because I don't know, unspecified. Yeah, I know. yeah they well, do a lot of things in California. But anyway, uh, so Brendan, <laughs> I wanted to ask you <laughs> was something you said is that, yes, it was like seven years ago uh, on the forums, specifically yeah. the IC Nipsey's uh, Road to Perdition. And then uh, Grass City, and that uh, actually it was a, a head shop. That was the front, and then they had the forums as a cover. You know, they're selling bongs and pipes, and you know all that bullshit. So the, the invasion came from Chinese uh, distributors, and they just flooded the cannabis scene. And there's a show in Portland every year. It's one of three around the world. There's one in Frankfurt, Germany. There's one in uh, Japan, uh, Tokyo. And there's one here in Portland. And it's for the professional horticulture industry. It's not a, you're not going to have uh, spas and massage tables. This is for growers, producers, and what have you. And they started showing up there. Well, first of all, they don't sell a lot of it then. Not a lot of horticulture growers were using HIDs, you know what I mean? So it's like, so why would I want LEDs for, you know? I mean, to light, to light, to light the storeroom, you know, that kind of shit. So, uh, and it was all over the place. No, you need red and green or you need blue and purple. I don't know. I don't remember all the discussions. It seemed. I, I called them Spider-Man lights back then because that's pretty much what it looked like. Blurple. Yeah, yeah. Call them Spider-Man yeah. Disco, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Um, they all read the same NASA white paper, which claimed that plants only use blue and red for photosynthesis. Yes, they use blue and red for photosynthesis. They do plenty of other things, too. And you're not going to get those other things, too, if you don't have the rest of the sauce of the light source. Like BHC, you mentioned your CMH has a nice wide bandwidth of light. You get a better quality plant. If you're growing a small plant in a small environment, that's fine. If you're commercially producing a large scale, it's kind of 
it's kind of like a weak gun in a firefight, but it's a good tool. Right. Well, just like in, in, uh, which is a, a mindless discussion, but newts, um, you know, the law of minimums has been around since at least what world war two, the end of world war two. So you you only need these 16. Well then yeah. why do, why do bionutrient accumulators bring in 83? Can, can you explain that one for me? You know, no, but you only need 16. And so it makes it easier when you're coming up with a ball of shit. The micro-macronutrient thing, that's, that was like, and I'm going, come on. I mean, you, you, you get, you know, glacial rock dust or anything else. And you have, you know, a hundred things in there. And I, right. you know, people by certain trace nutrients, and they say, well, you don't need that. I go, what do you mean yeah. you don't need it? You can have one-tenth of 1% of strontium and suddenly your calcium uptake's improved. You know, these things serve a purpose. You just have to have the right balance. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting about the link that uh, Fume just put up, he's the father of uh, NPK. Yep. Uh, he's considered the father of NPK. But in a very few short years later, a man, another chemist, German chemist, because that was what Germany was really going for was chemicals. And that's yep. what we, how we ended up with World War One is that they had chemicals and no one else did. Mustard gas. Mustard gas. <laughs> but the book, Bread from Stones, was making the argument over 123 years ago that unless you had rocks in some form in your soil, and now we call it rock dust, then you didn't really have a soil and Albrecht in the mid thirties was testifying before joint sessions of Congress about the depletion of the soils and, you know, and Albrecht, what became known as the Albrecht uh, method of uh, amending soils. So anyway, I just, yeah, bread from stones. You can find that all over the internet, free PDF, download it, read it. There's, there's your history. Uh, on how we got to be using uh, rock dust. Mm-hmm. Now it comes to an argument, not an argument, but a discussion of which one's better. I personally believe that basalt and granite are, and I'm not the only one, that believe it's the best because of its paramagnetism that is completely lacking in the alumina silica, like your benzenite, uh, zeolite, uh, azomite, and those. And I'm not sure about Canadian glacial. I used it for years because we didn't have uh, basalt. And then now we do. We have basalt rock. We always had basalt here. We didn't have, you know, something that can be used in a soil mix mm-hmm. as such. Uh, hey, Jim, I have a question. So <laughs> I know you make fun of people for like putting mangoes or what is it? Yeah. Avocados Jesus. on top yeah. of the soil. Right? Yeah. Listen, I have some squash. <laughs> so this is in my worm bin. I just want to put this out. I had some, uh, what are they, like those orange summer squash, you know, they were like, yeah, humble. they kind of got yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. I smashed them with the back end of the, uh, of the hatchet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah. I threw them on the top of my worm bins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it went crazy. They were going crazy under there, bro. I pulled it up. Okay. Like, oh, shit. And I, I'm going to give you kind of dry. So I'm going to give you a, uh, this a is what, 
Can I say a thirty second? Okay. I just want to like, how do you water a worm bin if you think it's too dry, or if you know oh, with it's water? Too dry? <laughs> with water. <laughs> just water. Yeah. Water. No, no, you don't think like there's a cool way to put the water in. <laughs> yeah, you I can. Oh, wait a minute. I know. I know. Because <laughs> my my personal hero. Scotty Granoli, he's not only a consultant on growing that he's never done, but he's also consulted on blue mats. And so you could do blue mats and really go crazy. Yeah, I didn't know. Seriously, you know, the old fashioned well, part of worm farming is visually seeing them working, though. You got to okay, that. But yeah, but here's where the confusion comes. If you in. see nothing working. You feel nah. depressed. No, you don't. All right. Let me, let me do this for you. Okay. <laughs> worms, worms do not have teeth. Worms do not have a stomach. Worms cannot eat anything other than manure from microbes. You want to call it slime. You want to be nice and we'll call it an exude <laughs> or you just want to be gross and call it. It's, it's bacteria shit. Worms take that in and in their digestive tract, it's mixed with enzymes that are produced by the worms. It's covered with calcium carbonate so that when, and there's only a handful of worms, there's about 3,500 worms around the world, only about 10 are composting. That's okay. They can't, so they, like people will tell me, well, well you know, my worms really like cantaloupe. Why wouldn't they? They're 99% water. Another, what, 40 or uh, four tenths of 1% sugar. Of course, so it disappears. Is it because quick. they're hungry that they're no. coming all to that one spot then? Because, no, like I said, it almost seems like because a there's a lot of It's because there's a lot of bacteria activity and it's providing food. It's not like, hey, if I put peach melba, down at the end of the uh, worm bin, right. they all they all signal and go. So the yeah, let's bin go was down kind here. of starving. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. To be real blunt, yeah. 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 I, I know. I'm, I'm just trying I to know, get the, the no, real the real just perspective. Under, you know? Just understand that vermiculture is 100 percent microbial driven. Worms don't like worms. or dislike. They don't like things. They don't dislike things. I mean. They're there to eat. They work 24-7 for about five years, and then they're gone. In the meantime, they produce at least, each worm will produce at least uh, 10 kin every week. If you have a pound of worms today, and you had right. perfect conditions, which you never will, it's not going to happen. Right. So this is one of those rhetorical things. I always but think you, about this. <laughs> a year from now, you have a thousand. Think about this comment. Go ahead, say it. Sorry. And then a year from Sorry. now, you'd have a thousand pounds. Because mm -hmm. remember, think about it. A worm produces two cocoons a week. They're hermaphroditic, but it takes two. To, they they line up and they exchange body fluids, and then they go on about their business. And they do that twice a week, and they drop a cocoon. Each cocoon will have. Crazy, Jim. How do you wake the worms up? Perfect uh, condition, puts a, right? Uh, puts oh barley. Put some barley in there. I have some little crashing gongs, shit like that. Works great. Barley, barley, barley is a good starter. Oh my god, yes. See, barley right. is the whole uh, reason for using right. barley. I was actually is, using that one stuff. The, I was using that stuff they branded with your name. Oh, gnarly barley. <laughs> yeah, I was using that. You're right. That, that's you know who did, so good. Do you know who did the artwork <laughs> on that package? 
That's on the list of my things to do. That's me. Yeah. Hey, it all makes sense now. I not only gave him the name, I gave him the artwork. Uh, I'm just going to go to the brew store, you know? Of course. 80 cents a pound. Beer anyway. 80 cents a pound for uh, barley. And you don't have to buy organic because here's why. Barley that's going to be used for the brewing sector is not sprayed. So you don't don't go to the extra expense of getting uh, organic. Any barley will do. Before you put it on? Yeah. On the warm bed? Yeah. Yeah, grind it up a little bit. Yeah. To get the fresh, uh, or they call it malted, right? So that's all sprouted. Yes, that's all that means. Slightly sprouted. Yes. And then you it's sprouted, and then they let the, like uh, the grinder, this, right? Well, yeah, barley barley was pretty cool, man. I actually I don't have it anymore, but I was using it for a while. Yeah, so there you, you put go. Your name right on there. It was coots. Yeah. Man. How much you get paid for that? A million bucks? <laughs> Me? You got a Tesla for that? <laughs> yeah. I'm just fucking around. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm ruthless. <laughs> Look yeah. at that. the same fortune he got for uh, for starting a bunch of seed companies. Yeah, yeah. One Tesla. Would you drive a Tesla? No, Jim. No, no. I don't. Just because I think the uh, founder and owners about a taco short of a combo meal. Yeah. Does so, everyone want to shout out their everyday car right now? I got a Subaru like right now. I got a bunch of cars, but I got all. I drive cars. a unicycle. That's all I drive. Um, a mo- uh, motorized right. unicycle with uh, an umbrella. This for, one don't uh, count. Uh, I drive a clown. This one don't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but I want to talk to Brandon for about about lights for a minute because I'm really puzzled Sorry. about something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sure because I really I took lighting seriously, and that's why I I my first PL lights from Holland, and they've invented arc uh, horticulture lighting in the seventies in conjunction with what we call uh Hortilux here in the States. And um, so I bought them from George Cervantes, no less in 19 uh, from his store here in Portland, uh, like 1983. I still have a couple that's all you have to do is change out the uh, capacitor about every seven, eight years. It's an off the shelf one. You don't have to order it from Germany or, you just go into a, a electrical supply and go, I need one of these, you know, and $7 later, you're good. You're out the door. But what I can say is uh, with the anodized shades, they were the first, they, they started out anodized, you know? Yeah. I mean, this wasn't like, Oh, look what we did. Um, the anodized was for is because the horticultural plants in the greenhouses were off gassing and it was, it was deteriorating the aluminum, so they anodized it and dimpled it to prevent that erosion. Oh, so okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, these were created and used in, in uh, Holland. Yeah. You know, first. And it was the stoners found. Mm-hmm. The first book I read about growing weed was uh, growing it in your attic, ready for this, with shop lights. That's pretty efficient. I mean, how many uh, eight-foot fluorescents can you get in a crawl space? You know what I mean? So, uh, well, no, that came later. That I came still later. have all my old fixtures fluorescence. I used to buy all the like, if it was T eights or under, I would buy it. You know how many parabolic shades I've put together in my career? 
Jesus. I could do it blindfolded. Now there was a bad light design or shade. Uh, the the we called them Chinese hats, you know. But yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's what the end is. Not, yeah, thousand watt metal halide. I mean, could you get any more inefficient? Vert vertical basic, it, Yeah, it's basic straight down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you had to buy the right bulb because on the metal halides anyway, there was vertical and horizontal. Uh, Anyway, that was what Cervantes uh, told me. So, my indoor career is weird. Like, I ended up with an HLG. I'm not gonna lie, but I went. I like I initially got handed a blurple light, and like, you want to try indoor now since it's legal? I said, sure. Why the fuck not? Handed a blurple light. It didn't last long. I ended up going to Cobbs right away, and then from the Cobbs, I just the boards started to come out and stuff. Like, it, it's like. I had an HPS for a little bit indoors, but it was just for heat initially. Mm. <laughs> a little 150 watt so, you throw in the winter, help help heat up the grow. So, Brendan, what should I order for my rig? Well, if, what, if, what bulb? I mean, yeah, four thousand on yeah, the three fifteen that uh, fixture. I mean, yeah. Well, if you can get the 315 bulb fixture, if you can get the 4,000 bulb in there, that would be better for you for your vegetative growth and your breeding. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I sent a, a lab report done on my old strain from 84, mm -hmm. a Kandahar indica and a, a Thai, Thai stick seeds uh, from 76. You remember when they first came in? Yep. And we all thought, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to God pretty soon. But anyway, um, no. you know, so all this uh, BS about genetic drift, one of my favorite topics to shoot down. Um, it was a good scam by seed breeders to get you to buy more. Um, it, it's a it's an argument without merit, in my opinion. I mean, they've been taking the same avocados from an original Haas tree for 110 years before it died. 110 years. Mm. It died from a fungal infection in the root, but that had nothing to do with genetic drift. It's it's, it's, it's farcical. The whole freaking uh, all of commercial agriculture, the banana, it's one fucking clone. Like they have problems with uh, fusarium and stuff, but it's just one clone. Like, why is cannabis suddenly going to have some genetic drift? Like, no, the growers are just shitty. They get the plants sick. They give the plants viruses because, or root rot or something else. They fucked it up, basically. But it's not that's genetic industry, drift or some shit. The industry is completely and totally loaded with grifters. Hmm. Um. You know, listen. The first show I that I ever I'm did. I'm sorry. Can I, yeah. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Look, a bunch of people in Michigan they sold all their blueberry farms and turned them into to weed farms. Like, yeah. and they're not growing good weed. You know, when I say weed, I'm saying weed. You know, it's not it's not good ganja and everything. Ganja. It's really crazy. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, blueberries sorry. blueberries and have very different soil profiles so does that make sense though like it's bullshit you want a way acidic it's getting out of control my blueberries to hey, you want, I mean? <laughs> if you want to talk bullshit as far as growing uh we'll call it a cannabis related plant 
look at the bet the CBD growers took over the last two years with overproduction. The bottom fell completely out of the market. Yeah. They were promised shit like $35,000 an acre revenue. I mean, you got to be kind of retarded even. You're that stupid. Maybe you deserve to lose your farm. I My think God. Was, I think that was the intent all along because the REIT that's buying a property in all these states before they go legal, they're wiping right. those people out. They're buying out everything from under them and releasing it back yeah. to them. To, to use it, knowing that they lost their asses and they're going to be gone soon. Right. I mean, Michigan grows a lot more blueberries than Oregon, but Oregon is still a, a I don't know, fifth or sixth. And, and hey, look, and I'm not saying, look, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm all about growing weed, everybody. <laughs> I know I'm on a fucking a live thing. And especially down there in Oklahoma, it's guns out. You know what I'm saying? It's guns out. Boom, boom. Let's get it. But this small part where I own a property, they it was blueberry farms all around my property. And then yeah. now, now it's uh they're they're like it's ganja farms are swallowing it up. And it's uh I don't know, it's just kind of crazy. And I see I was part of the legislation. And the bullshit, believe it or not. We have we have uh, Mexican cartels down in southern Oregon running slave labor, 200 acre farms. They're running 2000 plants an acre. I mean, it's over. It's over. I mean, anybody look, all these states uh, here on the West Coast that went legal. You know who wrote the laws? that were passed, the people that were going to benefit, the, most. the investors. It wasn't, it wasn't going to help the grower. It wasn't going to help the worker bees. All, the only people that made, are making money are the uh, distributors and the dispensaries. And everybody else is getting yeah. one of these. And if you, anybody right. that believes otherwise is just kidding themselves. I mean, yeah. wait, till Canada turns, wait till Canada turns on the spout. Jim, we're okay. a whole we're a whole generation apart, but I still when I was a kid, I was like, I hope this shit goes legal, you know, I hope it goes legal, man. Fuck it. <laughs> now it's going legal. I'm like, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, I had a real life. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how it all works out. You know what I mean? I mean, that's where I'm at. People know. I'm not yeah. doing it. Hey, I had a I had a real eye opener today when I flipped open my uh iPad and read that Charlie Watts had died drummer for the Rolling Stones and he was 80 years old. I went, 80 years old? Jesus Christ, how did that happen? You know, and some people will say, well, that's really a tragedy. And I said, no, it's not a tragedy. If you're touring at 80, that's a miracle. Yeah. I mean, let's get honest here. You know, you're, you're able to move around the world and, and make money still uh, David, you know, that band was formed seven or uh, 59 years ago. I remember for 58 years for the Stones, I think. Yeah, yeah he he yeah. came a couple years later. But yeah, the, the band's been around. It'll be 60 years in uh, 2022. And he, was one of those, uh, he was one of those drummers they say was a perfect drummer for the band, right? I just like yep. uh, fit in, didn't wasn't too flashy. He, he reeled in yeah. uh, 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 mix ego, everything. She'll do. He, had, he was he obsessed had, with actual jazz. 
He was totally a it's, jazz Totally. It's hard for a band to stay together and like do it. I've been in bands. My dad was in bands our whole life. Like it's yeah. very hard to keep all those attitudes and minds in, in one line. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Especially when you're doing shows in the backstages and drugs back then. And, and that involves my best bands of all time, you know. Yeah, that involved girlfriends and jealousies. I yeah, well, cool. My dad was in a band when my mom and dad met. Um, so that's like how, yeah, pretty much how I came up. And I found out I have a brother, a half brother, I guess. Um, before, like he's fifty, and I'm in my thirties. So we did one of those DNA tests, um, and we actually are brothers, like half brothers. It's cr- pretty crazy. Well, I was a musician. I toured for years. And like you said, for a band to be together for two weeks is already a fucking challenge. The guys have been in the same band together for almost six decades. It's beyond, it's unfathomable. The only miracle that's been together for 40 years with the same people is you too. Because even the Rolling Stones, there was just um, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Charlie Watts were the only three original members left. Right. And even Charlie Watts wasn't original, but he, but the funny part is yeah. that Charlie was going to college and he was living in Keith Richards' apartment and Keith Richards is the person who turned him on to the blues because he was a real jazz and he was a right. jazz fan, big time. And his drumming style is minimalist, but it was perfect for what they were doing. And if you want to talk about distinctive, you know Rolling Stones right away and it's not because of Mick Jagger's voice, it's because of Charlie Watts drumming. Right. So every Rolling Stones song you like, think of the rhythm. It was yep. Charlie Watts that got your attention, not not the prick in front. I went back today and life. Life. I have like a, always about the ganja. It's everything. I have like a, not Spotify, <laughs> but it's the Apple's version. I went back and listened to the stuff from the first couple of years in 63, yeah. 64, like December's Children. And uh, I can't remember all of them, but I just thought to myself, God, they were really good. I mean, there was a time when I, if I ever heard Satisfaction one more time, I, I swear, just grab the radio and throw it out the window. You can only hear something over and over for 55 years and then enough's enough, you know? I had the same thought when I was a kid, probably like, I don't know, I was, I don't know, I probably wasn't even like eight or 10 years old. It was basically like Satisfaction they were playing. There was probably a movie or something that had it. And yeah. I remember being so sick of a couple of Michael Jackson songs. I was like, Jesus, would you please stop? Yeah, right. you know, They were on that's every single radio. Need it. What about me? I, I'm also in that. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when uh, Michael Jackson was still black. So, I mean, that's really a long time ago. I remember watching the Jackson 5 on TV with I'll Be There and things like that in the late 60s. I remember watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah. Nothing beats All I Want from Christmas from Mariah Carey. Oh, God, stop it. She's also a bitch in person. Uh, I've heard that. Nutcase. That's basically yeah. when you know your parents cool. are cool as hell, you know? Like, <laughs> when that song hits for both of you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I told you. I told you, you little fuck. 
<laughs> you little shit. You know, you're like, oh, you're right, man. This song is hard as shit. That's a good one, too. In 1976. Uh, by the Rolling Stones. That's a good one. My mom was all into the Stones. And... Yeah, in 1976, heavy, uh, uh, this guy from Jamaica landed in America and forever changed music here. Bob Marley, Rastamon yeah. Vibrations. That album, because that was also the beginning of FM radio stations. Yeah. AM was all set up for two and a half minute songs, you know, more ads, you know, that's, it was, but FM started doing like full albums without the sound. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. In stereo. Yeah. Yeah. In stereo. Sort of, uh, not, not exactly what we call it. You know what a definition of a audio file is a guy that spent more money on a system than you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they have to have silver cables and shit, Coot. They have to have, like, uh, cables made out of whale bone fiber optics, you know? Hey, if you don't know yeah. about this guy, check him out. It's Uncle Jim and the Worms. <laughs> I was just around, sorry. Good DJ name. No, I was I was thinking about maybe, uh, you know, I, wanted, I got some money to invest, and I was thinking about doing a, a cover band for uh, uh, the Sex Pistols. And uh, I was thinking, we'll call them the Bestiality Boys. And I got a list of songs already. Do a cover of Donny Osmond's Puppy Love. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mom, Dad's chooping the dog. You got a little throw to some Yiddish there, you know, and uh, vice versa. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Dad, the dog's stupid mom, you know, so. Your father's uh, stupid the <laughs> I saw this crazy woman on CNN today. She's a doctor, a PhD. I don't know if it was an accredited school or pass, whatever. Pass two crazy people sometimes. Are you doing comedy? And, right and, now? And, and you know what she's saying? <laughs> that if people who get uh, the COVID vaccine, that metal will stick to them. <laughs> and I thought that could be really dangerous for men. What if they were receiving uh, oral sex? And the cavities on the person's teeth performing the act. Your... That clearly creates electric fields and shuts <laughs> lights off. And, and all of a sudden, you... After light. Sir, sir, why do you have a dick in your mouth? Well, you see, I was practicing this uh, yoga. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Uh, man, I need a new phone, bro. Someone send me a new phone. Yeah. Well, anyway. going to come out in a couple of months or a month or so. That's what Jim would tell you to get. What's that? Oh, Tommy keeps complaining about his phone. He's like, "Oh man, I need a new phone." I was like, "Well, the new iPhone's going to be out." Oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I yeah, get an iPhone Mini. No, Perfect. I don't do it's the I, old stuff. Do the uh, I have the Android. Can I just play something? Android is not phone, a phone. Uh, it's phone, an operating uh, system. Right. Well, yeah, it, it's like Google Sorry. now, though. Oh, I know. If you um, to I'm going to play it back on your iPhones. This is a, it's a, a Samsung A71. It's a 5G phone, but it costs half as much as all the fancy ones. It's kick-ass. It, I've thrown it, dropped it, everything. Works great. Sounds great. I'm partially deaf. This is loud enough for me to hear people. I love it. 5G. You, had, you said you had the A51? A71. Oh, I have an A fifty one. 
Yeah. Hey, like, Area 51? I'll get it. <laughs> it's, it's trash. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. I can only but, speak about Yeah, I can't go back to I, Look. Okay, so my daughter has an iPhone. My my son, he, he's not old enough, but uh, my, so yeah, my daughter has iPhone, and then they have iPads, though. It's like, I hate this Apple shit. I can't even get into their phone. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, because they're actually that's one of the reasons why I like it. I, I don't know why more weed people aren't into iPhones because they're fairly secure. Honestly, you know, fucking thing. Yeah, I'm getting into my shit. shit. Like, shit like, like that. If I lose my I'm, phone, you know, like that sucks. I mean, I'm I have to find a new shit. phone, but I don't have to give a shit. Like I, well, I, I'm thinking about this. Like I, I, I don't know why I've never left my other phones before, but I keep leaving this phone like on my car, like on a dashboard and shit. Like, fuck. <laughs> But then I realized like question. 90% of the reason, like, yeah, I really don't want to lose the phone, but honestly, I think I have like their little mini insurance or whatever. So it's not that big of a deal. Not I'm bad. like, no one will be able yeah, to get into my phone. You know what I mean? So iPhones have been the best find my phone service for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's had the best find my phone service for a long time, but Android has, or so whatever phone operating system, Android you have, is catching up like i'm pretty secure the only thing i don't like about your iphones and ipads and stuff is the batteries the batteries you you literally have to take the fucking thing apart to change it like i have to use a heat it's gun it's every phone does that every phone no, does my that. phone i can take my back yeah. off and change to buy a new battery let's just put it like this most of the new phones you can't touch the battery anymore no no, I'm getting. I'm gonna get my look. I haven't had a laptop. Oh, like back actually. Last time I had a laptop, it was when a laptop mattered. You know what I mean? And then the phone like took over for about like ten years, basically. Like last time I had a laptop, I had a MacBook, <laughs> and uh, the dog stepped on it, or someone stepped on it. Some. Somebody stepped on it. I have a MacBook uh, M1 with the Apple crushed. Silicon. I, I run a, I, I run a 27 inch monitor off of it with a Thunderbolt, uh, connection. It's flawless. Then you have the mobility. You just unplug the, the cable, uh, to the, uh, monitor. Uh, I sent, uh, cause he does video it. I sent, uh, a link to fume today about, uh, a, a, a particular, video editor called resolve i think hmm. da vinci resolve i believe and it was tested on a i one of these imac uh macbook pros not imac uh, macbook pros and the savings on battery and the speed it was just sliced and diced that uh window laptops couldn't even come close to and uh the damn thing start, you can get one for 999 bucks. But I, mean, I paid, my God. Well, I paid a little more than that. I have a, a, a laptop that was a Windows, quote-unquote, high-performance gaming laptop. I dual booted it with Ubuntu Linux, and the same hardware works flawlessly faster without any failures on Linux, but if I boot it into Windows, it crashes regularly. You can run uh, Windows on uh, the Apple... M1 uh, chip. Yeah, you could. But, it's no but here's the problem: it yeah. runs faster on an Apple M1 than it does on 
the Surface, Microsoft's own product. That's got to hurt. No, Microsoft <laughs> wants you upset and buying more stuff. That's how they function. They, 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 they work for the devil. They want you angry, upset, and your shit crashing. Yeah. So you freak out and go to hell. That's the whole point of Microsoft. <laughs> send, you to, send you to hell instantly. I'm a certified Anything Microsoft I've person. ever done on here has been on this shitty phone. I had the worst phone. So, I don't know. I don't always got to be like, plugged to a charger. Always. Yeah. So change your battery. And I'm not like, I'm not illiterate to technology. I'm I've had to learn the hard perfect. way, Tommy. Like I've found out like you can fuck up a battery, if you charge it too soon. You can fuck up a battery. Yeah, if it gets dude. too hot, you can fuck up a battery. If it gets too cold, you can fuck up a battery to fuck up a battery to fuck it up. All the shit I like watching dirty movies and hanging out in the sun. You know what I'm Same thing with Apple is how that's me. what I believe Apple's like <laughs> for no, no shit. Like they make it so you can't get into stuff. Like you don't, they don't want you upgrading it when the newest or well, something new comes out. They want you to buy a new oh, one. A piece the only shit. reason I fight <laughs> for windows Never is because they do give you most of the upgrade option. I'm getting the new Samsung. I'm getting the 20. I'd get the Google Pixel. I'm getting the 22. No bullshit. 22 dot this and that. Not the folding one. I got Damn. a Pixel. I've had a Pixel ever Problem since. Solved. The first one, it's the shit. The second one was kind of eh. The first one, the third one, and the new one is good. But you know what amazes me? The biggest advertising company in the entire world is none other than Google. Hmm. And every Pixel oh, phone from the, from, the, from the very first one, Pixel phone, it was going to be the iPhone killer. Then the number two came along. It was going to be the iPhone killer. And you guys have that? Uh-huh. You have the no, Google just, phone? Do I? No. Because we have I don't Samsung. want... Samsung. We have no. iPhone, you said. I, I have a, iPhone. A pixel. I have a Pixel. I have iPhone, iPads, uh, Apple TV, MacBook Pro, iPad I Pro. I know, but it's basically okay. like you're connected to like the HomePod. He's got everything. He's telling me about like, oh my God, spatial audio, this and that. I'm like, oh, dude. <laughs> I have that now too, though. Like, I can make my computer sound like it's surround sound now if I really wanted to. Like, and, I, and it works good because I switch between the modes and I'm like... Hey, hey, Smash, here's why I don't want to use anything that Google's involved in. <laughs> Facebook wise, or correctly gets a lot of heat for their data mining. But Google's no better. I don't think any of them on, are any better. On my, on my Mac, on Safari, because it's also open source, you can run... Uh, it's called Conqueror, spelled with a K, in Linux and Unix. So anyway, there's a report on the front page of the browser before you launch it into a, uh, say, wherever you're going to go. And it tells you how many uh, trackers that it killed over the past seven days. And they're all Facebook and Google. I, I mean, they have so many different angles. You know, when they use that term, they follow you. Some people ignorantly think that, well, he just turned down Main Street on the fourth. You no, sign into Google with everything, like. I, you but I don't use Google, Google that for that very reason. I don't yeah. need to. I use I use DuckDuckGo, which as soon no. as I 
They're better. I'm surprised you don't have a Google account though. Cause like even on, I know people that run apples and stuff and they still well, have I, a Google. Account. Yeah. I, I run a sock puppet, a clackamas coot. Uh, and then another one called uh, coot, uh, benign neglect at Gmail. But I certainly don't check it. I don't have it set up on my email account. I go there to via the web where I have the, the protection that I'm not going to get bombarded with uh, Google's bullshit. I mean, some yeah. of us, you know, we have enough that we've earned in our lives that I don't want to take it away because some asshole down in uh, Silicon Valley thinks that they own my personal and private data. That's bullshit. Well, I can't believe that more people, especially I, weed growers. I, I had I heard a real good shout out to you, uh, Jim. I, for, I, it, I think it was Future Cannabis Project. But some guy oh, was yeah. talking, and it was just like it was like right in the middle of his shit. He just rambling off good people, and yeah, he threw you right in there. You know, you what know I'm hey, the first uh, uh, interview I did on his show, cool man, forty thousand uh, views. That's why I wanted to ask. So you would just put the pots right in and not chop them up. Right. Once again. Right. All right. Thank you. I don't use, I mean, it doesn't matter. I just want to say. Worms are alive too. If you just chop the uh, top, uh, the top crop. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If your phone or on any of that stuff can do facial recognition or any of that, like you might be like, I'm not, like I, at this point I've given up at trying, like it, oh they, they've gone so many angles. Like you have to sign in like an account for everything. Amazon, oh, wait, a minute. wait a minute. It's not just them. Listen, I was invited to a cannabis just club on thing, uh, which was adjacent to a dispensary. And so uh, off to the side of the dispensary, they had this room. And it was a, where people go and pay money to drink overpriced CBD beer and listen to really bad music. And I, it was kind of sad. I thought it was really kind of pathetic. But you have to check in. You got to give me your ID. They want to see a driver's license. This is in a state where it's legal to, to grow weed. They, they scan so, us. They want to get you on a mailing list. They want to, they want to have that hook. You know, and uh, I mean, it blew my mind. It's like I was checking in to go see a friend in jail or something. You know, I mean, it was don't like really. Per- it is kind of like that. I mean, well, not as bad. It's exactly like, what know. it is. Like they yeah, give just- you a, like you walk in and there's like a little waiting area and you have to give your ID and they scan that shit and they give it back. And then you have to show it again at the other counter. So you're not yeah. supposed to put it away. It's a pain in the ass kind of going to like a store now. Well, I'd never been in a dispensary before here in Oregon. So this was really, a, uh, that was unique in and of itself. And then when it was like, you know, you're going to get that personal with me. How about dinner and a couple of drinks first? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. And it how long crazy. were you with your first wife? And uh, are we all on the board that, uh, I'm not saying having your product in a, a dispensary is crazy, but the whole the I don't whole even know how you do it. I, I like, wouldn't know how to do it, joking? but I'll tell you. This is how you buy your weed? Like, I've been to them all. 
I know there's some companies I feel like do good work, but most of them don't. Like I, I believe, like in like your area and Portland area, that you guys have people that actually put in some like good farms. But around here, um, it's just all manufactured. Well, there's a couple of farms, but it's still manufactured garbage technically. Like to all of yeah. you, would be manufactured. I, I was talking about that today, actually, about oh, and I was okay. saying uh, how I, I, you know, I hope one of these days that maybe in honestly it might take 20 30 years as we were talking about it there's going to be these uh craft brewery level you know dispensaries like right you know coot and i were talking about that are they there do they exist like and i think there are some i honestly don't shop at dispensaries all that much because you know all of us basically grow our own weed right but uh i think there are a couple dispensaries here around town a lot of them are basically vertically integrated where the farm is really attentive to their work and even then i've heard kind of mixed results you know what i mean but at some point surely that will turn around because uh, there are some dead ass just stone cold wonderful breweries out here just they they produce beautiful beer but as I was talking to Kudo, I was like, well, you know, come to think of it, the brewery industry here in Portland is actually like 150 years old, 100 years old, way back when. And the craft brew industry is like 40 years old. So maybe it will take 20, 30, 40 years for there to be a series of, you know, microbrewery kind of level uh, uh, dispensaries. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking out loud a little bit, but surely it'll come. Uh, That's what's happened. Just, just a little bit of history. We had craft growers and and during the black market days, after the San Francisco hippie thing fell apart and people moved to Oregon, uh, Southern Oregon because of the weather, primarily and cheap, cheap, cheap land. And so you have people down there that have been growing for over half a century. And the legal thing basically pushed a lot of people out out of the deal because the, the cost is set up legally to buy the license, to then to set up the security, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on just the security system mandated by the state law, which was written by the people who were going to sell you this stuff. I mean, the whole thing was a scam. There's no question about it. And in that whole thing, in in that whole mess, in that whole mess, and Brennan was shaking his head, yeah. And that whole mess, nothing was done about the grower, the worker bees, the, the staff, and much. And it was it was all about uh, the the brokers and the dispensary. That's they were it. asking you to have a license. They were asking you to have two hundred fifty thousand dollars liquid cash in addition to having the security. Right. It was like, what right. the fuck? you know. I think the places that actually care are the ones that. A grower will, like, one of us could go get a job there and we would stick around. You know what I mean? And I think that's the places that are, like, kind of getting... I'm unemployable, I was told. Oh, yeah, probably. I I was told that. Look, well, maybe I am. No, no, I'm unemployable. (laughs) But but I know a lot of people that aren't. And look, I'm telling you right now... uh, my first job was a green. Uh, from my experience in the thing, they were like, we don't really want, you know, I, I've been being told that since like 10 years ago. Like, well, because I was like all about it when I lived out in California. Like, well, we don't really want an experienced guy or oh, I know, anyone that has an opinion. Yeah. They wanted, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm I saying? Know. They wanted some, yeah. they wanted someone right. paid like 10 bucks an How hour. You I was willing to take $10 an hour, you by you the way. You know what I'm saying? Work. At the time, I was like, fuck it. Hey, this one was a, a greenhouse, light-assisted greenhouse, what they call here. 
And it was the most mechanized greenhouse I've ever, I've seen a lot of greenhouses, but nothing, nothing approached this, not even in Horticulture Digest magazine. This thing was set up like insanity. It would have been nice if the people running it actually had a clue. But, um, so I get called, uh, referred there by somebody. And I got there and the walls were covered with mold. The plants were covered with mold to the extent that it looked like uh, Christmas trees. You know, they flock on, on, the, uh, on the lot. And so uh, I walk around, I'm looking at this, you know, I, I mean, I, I've never seen this bad. Um, oh, and there's a 300 gallon uh, uh, compost tea brewer there. So we got that going for us. And uh, I said, how many employees do you have? And he says, oh, about 20. And I said, well, you know, there's a, uh, with the old fashioned, uh, military, what do you call them? You know, we go buy old military shit, like surplus. helmets and yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Surplus. And I said, I'd go up there with a pickup truck and buy about 20 machetes and then come back here and take this thing down completely and then have it professionally sterilize the entire room. And uh, take this and go burn it or something. And he says, well, you know, I'll use a false name. Well, Mike said that you were going to be able to fix this. And I said, sir, some things can be fixed. And this definitely falls in that category. Hmm. So uh, my suggestion is I wouldn't be relying on compost teas as the IPM against powdery mildew. But, you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> I can't believe that people say that with a straight face. I don't know. This I know it. Oh, and then defend it. Then I'm the asshole because I say, hey, show me some science. Well, we don't have any. I've been waiting 20 years, 20 years to see one white paper. 20 years. Come on. Uh, Sometimes stuff's just not written down. Don't you know that? By the way, we got the white paper right here from the Bro Science Institute. That's the Bro Science Institute's. Uh, yeah, so always, what's, what's yeah. Do you guys have any uh, questions for Brendan? Because I mean, the fucking guy knows uh, uh, everything about lights. Potens sung his praises any number of times, right? I have one. I want to know: Was that metal halide ever worth it? For as it was, as it was used in uh, the early eighties and through 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 the nineties. Well, you, the people used to flower with it, and it's not really meant for that. It's more of a, a right light. So right, for, right. Well, it still has legs for veg, but it was never good for flowering. No, no, no. That's, it, that's when it was, you, you, you always had two lights. Right. Yeah, you see the spectrum yeah, yeah. too. Guys would cross them right. over because they needed two lights to get the effect they were looking to try to get. Oh, right, right. Oh, you remember the whirly gigs where you had three lights on them? They used to be a uh, up uh, recently. I remember seeing them maybe the last three or four, four years. That had a uh, the sun a arm HID light. Yeah, the dual arc bulb. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, I was just three. asking about the metal halide. I found them, when I switched over 100% to uh, high-pressure sodium lights, again, in the PL light, you know the ones I'm talking about, batwing uh, yeah. type, uh, Liz. I just saw a much, much more uh, uh, tighter internode uh, spacing on the, the same. Because remember, I'm growing the same plant. I don't hop around and go, well, I'm going to try Skittles today. That's why so, I said the right, the right hey, get the balance. Cool. A lot of people like hopping around. Too too bro. Well, I'm just short. saying. I, yeah, me personally, too. Get a balance. 
can't be in a chocolate chip ice cream no. every day. No, no, I'm talking about the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, how about a manly name like Gnarly Nugs? Yeah. You know, gnarly nugs or uh, ball slap. Not the market. That's not the market anymore. I want some. I want some. I want some skittles. Jesus How about Christ, green crack? Man. Give me some green crack. My favorite. No, uh, it was at uh, uh anyway. no, never green crack. Was pushing a strain called Cokehead Slut. I'll never yeah. forget yeah. that. One. Hey, the best one I've heard is here in Portland, and it comes from the seventies or eighties. When the first uh, indoor grow they were doing, it, it had a ba- you wanted to get a house over in Felony Flats. It had a basement. You know, you could hang your lights, you know, and make your millions or whatever you're going to oh, do. PC Bud? Oh, no. It was dog Shit was the name of this one. There was Dog Shit, and uh, there's a district of Portland called Selwood. And there was uh, the Selwood Slammer. That was a really good one. But Selwood Slammer and Dog Shit were the and then the worst piece of shit ever developed was Big Bud, which had Ruder Alice in it. Phosphalode. It was called Phosphalode. Remember that? Do you yeah. remember Dutch? It was called Dutch Master Nutrients. Look, yes, I'll go back yes, and I'll yes, admit something. Yeah. I used yeah. to grow fucking uh, that. Oh shit, my phone's probably dead. Fuck. I grew hydroponic for about there? a year. Oh, yeah. I grew hydroponic for a year. Used a uh, uh, Dynagro. Dynagro used to play with like the uh, probably, uh, 2001, right? Something like that. Yep. Oh, this uh, was 91, 90, 90. After, uh, yeah. But, uh, at the grocery store, uh, Brandon, what did you say? It was like the, the hidden Dynagro? bottle. They'd be like, we'll give you this phosphate shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let me get it. <laughs> And it made your butt just like beasters. I'm like, oh shit, this shit is beasted up. <laughs> but it would be the big ass. Well, big butt is. You know what I'm saying? We big butt is classic. Dude, big butt is classic. A foot tall. You probably get away with uh, murder uh, if they if they. Big butt like, was what? Uh, 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 what's that uh, one I don't like? Head? Oh, is it GMO or Mac GM? The one that uh, GMO would be like ten feet. They're tall. both kind of. I don't know. GMO is actually good. Mac is the hypey kind of. Okay, the hype. So this was the Mac. Mac of the day, and everybody <laughs> up here was growing this uh, strain called Big Bud, and it was, yeah, it was uh, had Ruder Alice, and that's what gave it the big, big buds, right? But so what? No, look, no, no. I'm talking. This is that, but this is like that steroid shit. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's called phosphate. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Or it's right. called. Remember, it was called Dutch Master Nutrients. Do you remember that company? And the, the they had like, they had like gold people, people go, dum, dum, on the bottles. <laughs> hey, brother, I got into this. There were only two use it, new you know companies back in the hood. When I got into this, there were only two new companies: General Hydroponics <laughs> and Dynagro. That was yep. it. That was it. No. And then, and then they started adding. But what you said something about Brennan. What did you? I, yeah, I, look, I was going to your comment about Dynagro. This liquid light shit. I have a hearing problem. It's, it's, it's called Dutch Master. That's a good point, actually, Tommy. Uh, sorry, but the the freaking audio is a little rough, dude. Um, sorry. I don't know. Maybe we can mute it occasionally or something. I don't know. I noticed that too. Don't don't. I'm not trying to get you to shut up or anything like that. Uh, it was just a little bit rough with the over talking. That's all. I'm sorry, Brennan. Go ahead. 
I, I couldn't tell what you said. Oh, I was asking what was the, you were going to make a comment uh, about uh, Dynagro and Dy they had two products in Dynagro, Dynablo, you know. The, oh, it was, you know, the GH way back in the beginning. I mean, that's, you know. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it sounds crazy, but it's just a little over 30 years ago. That, right. You know, you, that you was it. You're, you know, I was, guys, we were playing with, with, with standard farming rose mix and things like that. And then playing with, 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 you know, writer, writer, soil amendments that we use for everything else. People were using Scott's Miracle Girl. They, nobody, we just tried to grow with what we get our hands on. You know, and this, this well, stuff was, this stuff got crazy expensive. By, by 96, 98, when the, the BC bud stuff started coming down and all those Canadian nutrient companies started flooding the market. And then by the early 2000s, you know, there, there was 30 different nutrient brands and everyone was, everyone's recipe went from three to five to seven to 15 to 20 bottles of shit. Do you remember, okay. In the, in around 88, there were two seed, big seed companies. You had Neville, the seed bank, and most of his strains came through uh skunk man. And then you had uh SSSC super sativa seed club that morphed into uh sensi seeds today. And all of their seeds in that catalog started with an M. So M dash, but do you remember M37 or M39? Strange. And it was, and they were growing it up in Vancouver, BC in uh, Lionsgate, right? District, Mark Emery and that whole crowd. Yep. Was that the same strain that, had ended up in the, uh, the that catalog, the M39. I, I, I suspect it was. Okay. I'm just going to show that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I made the mistake of buying seeds from Neville in '88. His uh, infamous uh, Hayes Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. Now, put this in perspective. This is 33 years ago, and the seeds were $20 a piece. Yeah. I mean, a 10 pack was $200, which would be what? At least 300 a day, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't have the calculator in front of me, but. And to say that I was in it, but that has nothing to do with Neville. Because later, about 91, 92, I was involved indirectly in a case on the East Coast at Logan Airport, Airport in Boston. The DEA and FBI had an office set up there and worked in conjunction with the Postal Service. And they were grabbing letters out of uh, Holland that they suspected had seeds. They were opening them up, they, uh, pulling those seeds out and replacing them with feral hemp seeds from one of their farms like the one in uh, mississippi so they were disrupting without having to go through the trouble of a court case they're trying to arrest you and, and prosecute you they could just trip you up by taking your seeds and so when you had that going on from the very 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 beginning it's really hard for a pessimist like myself to say yeah you probably really do have the Blah, blah, blah. See what I mean? The only legit strains I can think of 
was an old guy I met uh, down in Arkansas that brought him back when he was coming back from Vietnam. He went through Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Actually, the coach stuffed him in his stuffed the seeds yeah. in his brought him back. That was the mm-hmm. only guy I know that has truly legit seeds because everything else, you know, you get this strain here from this breeder and from that breeder. The plants don't look or act anything the same. They're not the same. If you let you know your DNA test of the the, the weed tree of the strains. They all go back to a few families, like have 30 different names, but it's coming off this point. Right. The only reason I know what I have is because they came from Lodes, not a seed company. That's a big difference. And, uh, but I, that's neither here nor there. What I remember, what I know about even today, that at many, many research institutes and at the university level and up, there's three things that you might and probably will see. PL light systems, Rodan Rockwell cubes, and Dynagro and Dynabloom because of its consistency. If you're trying to run a lab, that's what you need, not uh, advanced nutrients out of BC and Mike and his little uh, bizarre trip or uh, what is it, fermented roadkill. I'm not sure what that one's about. Um, anyway, you get the idea. So, I mean, at least with Dynagro, because they cater to the orchid community. Yeah. And so their stuff has, they own it. You go to an orchid show and the only, the only nutrient company there will be Dynagro and their array of problems. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. It's hey, a good product. Have yeah. you ever gone to the, uh, have you ever gone to the, like, the trade show? And then it's just like, you know how much they give out at the advanced nutrients thing? Oh, oh yeah, I know. Mountains they of it. They give you like gallons of this yeah. shit. And then you take it home. And everything works out. I always, I was like, oh, I'll just use this for free on my outdoor plant. I'm like, no, it never works. I've had a couple of things. Whatever. Let me tell you a little secret about, let me tell you a little secret about all my. Learn how to do it the right way, the proper way. There was a time about six years ago and I was really bored and I had a brand new 27 inch iMac. And so I started uh, downloading all the labels of every product that uh, Fat Boy had on his portfolio. Okay. And I started looking at not only the ingredients, but the the cut this, the uh, the Is dilution you? rate yeah. yeah and I was able on one product to find one material that was in six products at different levels of concentration. I also knew a friend of a friend of a friend who worked there at his facility, and the barrels came in from China, and blue barrel was dumped into the blue tank and the red you know you get the idea. And then they would enter into the computer uh, control panel. We're making wet Betty or rhino skin or whatever one of these stupid names, right? And so bam, 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 bam. And then you, that runs done. And so now you hit the button to make lot number two and it might be whatever the stupid names are. Uh, wet Betty's my favorite. 
Uh, shows a woman home from a I've date. I've never even seen these, man. I've been to gross. Listening rhinoceros. I bet that's one of them. That's probably one. What? Well, listening oh, rhinoceros. Yeah, yeah. Right. But anyway, but it, the whole thing is such a scam. And all what's it takes. It, what's the main ingredient in every advanced nutrients bottle? Water. You got it. Potassium silicate. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah they're all water. Water. My I God. mean, Bud, fact, Bud Factor X is 99.5% water. Yeah. So now, you know, and just see the, the, you know, truth be told, I think it's 13 or 14 years ago, I worked for Advanced Nutrients. I went to their factory and saw the, the, the stuff. And I dealt with the angry customers who's like, well, that's how we make it this time because the shit was not consistent. You know, nope. I, you know, I personally worked for Big Mike's wife before I ever, his ex wife, I should say, his ex before I ever worked for him. You know, and you can I, I, you can verify this. Before he landed in Canada, yeah, he was here in Portland and made a name for himself. Actually, he started off in Illinois and then he came out west. Yeah, but yeah, he, he was he was doing right. be, one of his other if, you, if you go to uh, the Washington State Department of Agriculture, yeah, and you can look up products by manufacturer and by product name. It, two different databases. And okay. so you find him. He's from some little nondescript town about 50 miles south of Louisville, Kentucky. That's his home of record. So it makes sense. Illinois, yeah, you go across the what Ohio River. Yeah. And there you are in southern Illinois. And then he was out here in Portland. And I don't know the whole story on that, but and I uh, I don't want to get a sued. But I think he bought a anyway, house in Massachusetts. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. But then he left and met the Romanian, and he had the uh, purse strings. The Bulgarian. Oh, Bulgarian, excuse me. Romanian wanted him, but he was Bulgarian. He, the Interpol uh, yeah. uh, warrant for uh, not being nice to little girls. Well, I'll put it politely. So, Wait, can uh, I say something? Real kind of, I don't know, kind of ironic. Yeah. Uh, I just had, listen, I had the thing on mute or not mute. I don't know what it was. I was like putting my ear up to the phone. I was like, my phone is about oh, to choose, Tommy. Sorry about that. Uh, it was just, um, <laughs> the sound was just fucking it's rough fine. today. I think it's there's fine. a little lag. So yeah, just choosy. No, no, no. Not the lag. I'm talking about my phone volume. Oh, right on. Hey, no, Brendan, did he ever tell you about a time that he was at the big January show, uh, IGE, Indoor Garden Expo, and then he got in a screaming match with this asshole and tried to get him thrown out of the uh, show, but he had too many credentials and he couldn't touch me. Oh, excuse me, he couldn't touch this gentleman. Yeah. He and I went at it. And I, I mean, there was security around him and me, and I'm calling him a fraud. And it seems to always have like people like that. Like, I don't was know. That I San huh? so, Big was Mike, that San Francisco in like 2009. Yeah. Oh, shit. That was me. <laughs> that was me. I, I was there. Yeah. And I said, You can't throw me out. And I pulled out all my credentials from various organizations here in Portland or state of Oregon and what have you. 
And uh, the some officials, whatever they were in front of the show, came and told Mike, pull him off to the side. He go, you can't throw this guy out. <laughs> you know, he's a he's a uh, invited guest. So, oh, those are the days, man. I loved it because that time it cost you like two grand to get his full. Well, you know the deal, the master yeah. kit or whatever it was called, the master something. Connoisseur. And, uh, it was connoisseur. You had your, your, your grandmaster and you had your connoisseur. It was 27 bottles at that point in time. Yeah, fuck all that. I seen that shit and I knew scam, right? Like, I guess that's the way I went. And I heard you guys screaming scam before we got legal. So I, I kind of had a heads up of like, yeah, don't get, don't, well, tr- don't the big get. Thing that, the big thing that hurt Mike, my opinion, is that he got in a pissing battle with Sunshine Distributors who owned the gross stores in the Western states and they wouldn't carry his product. So he had to get it in certain stores that were willing to stand up against sunshine, sunlight distributing. Sunlight supply. Yeah. Well, you heard who bought them, right? Hawthorne. Yep. Huh? Hawthorne board sunlight supply. Yeah. It's called Agron now, right? That's part of it. Yes. Scott's, Miracle Girl. Yeah, Scott's Miracle Girl. Okay, right. Okay. And they bought everybody. They bought Gravita Lights. I mean, who else did they buy? They bought them everything. Chandler, Arizona. Can fan, but I guess can fans back on their own again. Bio, no, no. Where there is. We can look this up, I bet. (laughs) Hey, I'll say something. I I did that. I Look, like, what was it? Like 2002, probably? 2000. 2002. Connoisseur, right? A B connoisseur in the thing. I did that. Yeah. I, I rode that party. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here's what it was. You, they like made it real simple for like uh kind of urban people to make money too. You know what I mean? Like just well, that was that was the jungle juice line where they had the just the three-part basic, you know, which was trying to go up against dude, they had they had, they had a bottle of cognac. It was yeah, a bottle of cognac and a cigar on the bottle of the the, the, the bulldog. It was like Winston Churchill. Right, the bulldog. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They had that's like, Listen, you know, you got to give Mike credit for being brilliant at marketing. He, he, you know, yes. I actually I listened to a podcast about that about his, you know, you know a couple of them. Like, for all his flaws, the guy can grow some pretty damn good butt himself when he gets when he gets around to it. You the know, thing that. I found disturbing was the name of his magazine, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So uh, that's a that when I knew that name and found out <laughs> later that he was from Kentucky, I went, "Oh, it all makes sense now." <laughs> his his parents were off the boat from um, was it Lithuania or Estonia, one of those places. I mean, I right. knew his mother. I, I mean, I knew his mother before she passed. I mean. Mike's about six foot seven. His mom was about six foot two. Um, right. Yeah, he's a big, big, big dude. But his brother. Honestly, this shit worked really good. But yeah, it's super expensive. And it was like, I don't know, just like almost 20 years ago or whatever. But yeah. Like, I do remember growing with that. I was like, oh, yeah, it was like all cool and just like well, he super. Sold the life. He sold the life when you're 20 years old, when you're 20 years old, you know what I mean? It's super appealing. Like, oh shit! It's like sex. It's all good when you're twenty. Yeah, you're, you're trying to make good. Honestly, yeah. Advanced always yeah. has booth bibs and all the 
events they do. Yeah. Believe We're all in it for the right reason now. But listen, there was times yeah. in a man's life where you were like, I need to get, you know what I'm saying? I got to, I got to. Yeah. You grow got some hydro. I got to grow some hydro and I got to get a chick. You know what I mean? I got to do this. Right. I got to get a cool car. You guys know you all went through it. So I'm saying, yes. I'm just saying. And Big Mike was there for you. <laughs> I'm just fucking playing around. That's fucking bullshit. It's kind of oh, bullshit. Wow. That not all happened. I wish this I met is, you sooner. Uh, this is what Hawthorne owns. Dude, my kids are going to be cool as fuck. We're going to know about Coop. My kids are like, you ever heard about Coop? This got it rocking. <laughs> hey, this is a true story. Everything. <laughs> Anything you can think about, they're trying to buy. My wife and I were over at the Oregon coast at this rest spot, and you pull off the highway, and there's a bluff, and you can look out over the Pacific Ocean and Boiler Bay. Uh, you would know where it's at. So I'm standing there and uh, looking at the cove, and this park ranger comes and he's. Uh, standing a few feet from me looking at the same view that I am. So I got talking to him. What a beautiful day. It was nice and sunny and, you know, breeze and everything. So he's talking about gardening. He said, I have a, uh, no-till pots. And he, well, we weren't talking about cannabis. We were just talking about gardening, how wonderful it was to yeah. be in a place like the coast, you know? And when he said no-till pots, I said, have you ever heard of Clackamas Coot? And he goes, well, Yeah. And so I stuck my hand out. I said, well, I'm clacking with scoot. <laughs> and so uh, he, he says, I want to shake your hand. He goes, you really changed my life. I grow more tomatoes. That used to be the code word. Yeah. You never use the word pie. You're always yeah, growing yeah. tomatoes. Okay. He goes, like I grow more tomatoes than I ate. Yeah. Like the godfather or some shit. That's Ellie. He met yeah. Don Cullion. <laughs> That's, That's that. That's funny, man. That's good. <laughs> Right there is where we were standing, right exactly there. Yeah. And Boiler Bay. It was, oh, a ship sunk there and they found the boiler. This is back in the 19th century. So that's how I got the name Boiler Bay. That's where you go down there and hang out. And, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. where we're going to stalk you at. Yeah. That's cool. In fact, yeah. when, we got to, when it went up to 116 here, we, uh, I'm a wuss. We snuck real- over the coast, <laughs> and yeah, it was only like uh, eighty degrees on the coast, and it was one hundred and sixteen here. So that's what almost forty degree difference. Mm-hmm. I don't no, care what the room is. I don't care what the room costs. Does it have an air conditioner? You You always have such yeah. a good time, man. Isn't that cool? The place to hang. I mean. Go out there and smoke a nice doobie and watch the uh, the uh, fog roll in and yeah, on a yeah, clear it's day. Cool. It's a great place to fly drones. Uh, yeah. The coast, I mean, not this place, but you get the idea. Being so, by yeah, the water. Like, I'm sorry. No, I just. Yeah. It only takes an hour and uh, twenty minutes from our home to right. get to this place. Yeah. Yeah. So sitting by the water, I'm I'm sure a lot of people get this, but you know what I mean? It's almost like that's a joint, 
and then you add a joint. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They smoke a joint, yep. sit by the water. It's just like mm-hmm. something crazy. It's the craziest feeling. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I know I'm not blowing anyone's mind, but it is, I don't know. I, it's, it is crazy. I haven't had that in a while. I kind of live by Lake Michigan, but not the ocean. You know what I'm saying? It's also, there's a lot of experience with frass, too. Uh, if you guys have any frass questions, I know. Actually, yeah, I would be curious to ask Coot if he's put frass in his worm bins, because I, I know for a fact that we've gotten worms population to, to exponentially grow more with frass. Right. Yeah. Um, and the advantage uh, always gets lost in these discussions is that a person will hear that this has that and then doesn't take any further. And in this case, I'm going to use specifically the uh, polysaccharide. It's a form of glucosamine called chitin. Chitin, sure. Chitin in and of itself does nothing. It's the bacterial action in their feeble attempt to deconstruct it that creates chitinase. chitinase That's the benefit. And plants produce chitinase. It's part of their defense. Uh, what they in a plant we call it immune system in, in ourselves and our animals, but in the plant world, it's called a pathway. And the chitinase salicylic acid pathway is one of the most powerful of all the immune systems in a plant. So, yes, it's great to add chitin to our soils. No question about it. It's also a good uh, fungal food because only fungi can deconstruct polysaccharides. That's the thing with it, with frass itself having, you know, right. species of microbials in it with the, with the chitin. Correct. A nice cocktail. Right. Now my worm guy, who's the biggest in the Northwest, as far as selling, he sells about 500 yards a year of, uh, Two-year-old uh, takes two years to make his stuff as worm, worm castings. He set up a side business several years ago because of uh, requests from his customer base, and so now he sells the larva, the whatever the reactors they call it in, the, in that uh, sector. I'm not real familiar with it, but he got really into it. That's all I know is that, and he was uh, shipping larva all over the country and and uh, obviously he was getting a good return on his uh efforts i would say that like a farm like you guys run granted it's you know it's an investment of time and going to take a couple of years but i mean a vermiculture operation could become a revenue stream both for the worms as well as the uh material to create true living soils without any chemicals whatsoever and the results will speak for itself. I'll put you in touch with my worm guy and just have him, you know, buy a gallon of worms, excuse me, a gallon of uh, worm castings and run a test. You don't have to go crazy. I mix 33%. Most professional vermiculture people will tell you that anything after 20% flat lines and 15% is really the sweet spot. So you can see that a small purchase would allow you to do something of some size to up for a good evaluation. And then you could see if setting up uh, the actual process of creating that material is of interest to you because anything you buy in a bag is going to suck. I'll tell you right now, that's just, you know, 
people all the jungles. It, it, we wanted so hard to, for people to accept, Coop. Like for some for some reason, nobody ever accepts it. They think, no, oh, this one is different. Why is it, it so hard? The minute you put it in a plastic bag, it started deteriorating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really process. Tomatoes get shittier in a plastic bag. Strawberries get shittier in a plastic bag. Why do they yeah. somehow doubt soil would get shittier? You know, like the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only thing I could ever figure out about most of these soil products. Keep the moisture but, in. To keep the moisture in to hide to keep the light off it, the hope it's gonna last longer. But it, it just makes it more anaerobic. Yeah, and then it kills everything. Yep. I mean it kills the it doesn't kill everything, excuse me. The pathogenic microbes take over the aerobic yes. microbes. Yeah. The ratio goes the wrong way. Right, so exactly. Beneficial eighty percent to beneficial to I tell people the only way you want to buy your worm castings is that you have to take your own bucket. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, you go buy you yeah. go buy it from the source and then you bring your own they fill it right there in front of you. Yeah. So that's the way okay. to buy it. All right. So I wanna I, I wanna go back to this. So can, can we can we come to a uh a you know what I'm saying, uh a clack coop, you know what I'm saying? Uh how to wet down a worm bin. So if you know your worm bin's too dry, per se, okay. it's too dry, <laughs> and you want to do it naturally, you're saying just put water on, right? Just put water oh, on. I, let me finish. Do you have a ch- uh, sprayer, a chape in 1949 Okay, sprayer? and I'll, I'll give you even more exact. I tried to use a little bit of that, um, what's it called? Pit moss, right, where it's paper. Uh, don't do that. I, no. I tried to use some. I just I'm trying uh, stuff, you know, but it, it didn't. No, I'll, I'll say no. Uh, I'll say no. Okay. Do you remember? But have you seen pictures of old fashioned? To rehydrate is like nutrition. I'm, it's not cool to you. do that. Are you familiar with the old fashioned watering cans from like a hundred years ago? You have a handle and a long spout, and there's a yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My okay. kids, you, yeah, my kids kick around you, the back. <laughs> that's what you want to use because that gives you a, a, a good water dispersion. Yeah. yeah, just water them. Okay, but that's it. Okay, that's so you want to use? Okay, can I? Okay, let me try to no, think let, here. And I'm minute. not the don't best stop. of. Uh, don't okay. Don't think right. for a minute. Listen, this is listening time. That's why. Yeah. Having your bin made out of a material like Smart Pot, that whatever right, you want to call it, Smart Pot all day. I know these are plastic yeah. bins. You're right. No, but yeah, the the, the, the uh, plastic cloths is so that's important because yeah. it allows it, it allows it to breathe, and that's and you can't overwater it. So if you added too much water, it's going to drain out. If you have a plastic sides and overwater it. See, well, it's, it's really go hot outside. I have them outside right now. There you go. Then yeah, you definitely want to use whichever way you got it set up. You want those well, uh, fa- fabric you know, pots. I was hoping in Michigan that I could take them outside for half a year, you know, get my little garage space on, Jim. These goddamn worms. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't use God's name in vain or whatever. I'm not, you know, it is. <laughs> you know I'm what you saying? Need you need to go to a website. No, um, all you, about you gotta live your life too. You can't just all you know. The worms can't run you. Go to a website called Red Worm Composting. 
up in Canada, Bentley. Uh, it's been around for about 22, 23 years. It's the biggest portal. It's the biggest portal on online for legitimate sci- uh, information on setting up worm operation. And he's got some uh, tips for places like Michigan where it's cold using straws, like straw bale construction for houses. Well, I bring them in. I bring them in during the cold season. Just during the the warm season, I take them outside. I'm like, it's fine, but it's been really yeah, hot here. It's been like 90 degrees here for like two. My like, way too long. My worm guy spent 10 years in Alaska running worm operation. All right, say it one more time so I can write it down. I'm sorry. All right, the name of the website is Redworm Composting. Dot com. Uh, All one word. Redworm Composting. The guy's name is Bentley that runs it. And you can do a search and look for straw bale worm bins. He's got outdoor, indoor, uh, trommels, how to build a trommel, how to do uh, windrows, how to set up vertical flow-throughs, horizontal flow-throughs, everything about worms. You, there's no need to move your worms indoors. Oh, in and out. Right. I have four bins. I got. I have four of those twenty-seven gallon bins. So I got like a hundred gallons of worms. You know. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Worms. So that's what I do. And I mix that, and I'm bringing my own compost. And like you said, it takes two years, bro. So I'm like, shit. I'm almost on two years, man. On the coop mix. <laughs> For real, <laughs> Uncle Jim. I appreciate you. But, uh, but adding adding food, real food, and that means that's not talking kitchen scraps. That isn't that's because like no, right no. Now, like, I'm saying like a cheat if you know it's dry. So now I'm getting oh, to no, know no, I'm like, talking about no, I'm talking about feed. Like Brendan Brendan said this a few minutes ago. All food items are over ninety at the best, ninety-six percent water. Yeah, just for a little bit of water, you know. No, like I mean a little food, watermelon so, in there. But like lettuce instead is a disaster of, in a worm bin. Instead of the hose is what I'm saying. Is there something oh, good that. for that? Recommend? No. Not, okay. Yeah, the uh, watering cans. All right. You, okay. You want? I got you. Yeah. So you got to do. Or a soaker hose. Just put it on top and let it run for a few hours. Cool. Because I'm done. I'm so fucking shy. Oh no no! These are a twenty-seven gallon tote. We're not that big. You need a little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, um, I'm not running a worm farm. This we're not sitting in a worm farm. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, you're the best. My man's gotta get rolling here for too long. Uh, uh Brennan, you have time for uh, one last question, maybe? Sure. Yeah, I'm really sorry, man, that I interrupted. No worries, Tommy. It's interesting. Uh, Brendan, I was wondering, uh, it comes up on this show all the time, and I'm always, uh, frankly, you know, like Koo was saying, maybe I'm wrong on this, frankly. I've said for the longest time now, I've grown with LED and CMH both, and I like them both, and I've been telling people for the longest time, like all the LED hate years ago, like I, it seems to have disappeared now, but they were wrong. You know what I mean? Like you can get wonderful yield from LED, and I, I say this on my show, like I get great yield from my LED, but I get 
in my opinion, slightly better quality. And in that I mean, uh, better coloring, better terpenes, better, just everything in my opinion, aromatically, morphologically, the, the plant is more appealing to me. And I even like the smoke a little bit more than I like the led, but that's not complaining to the led. I can get banger product from that. I can get banger, uh, volume and everything else. The seed production is lovely from leds. Um, what what's the reason for that? Is there a reason for that, or is it just personal adjustments or something? Well, it's, personal. It, it, it's for especially for people who started growing a certain way and are accustomed to the, the weed tasting a certain way. That's kind of not tainted, but it's kind of guided your palate. That's what you know. So when anyone changes your formula, it gives you something which modifies it. You're not ready for it. Most people aren't. You know, they like what they like. They don't know why, but they like it. But then with LED, you're going to get a different profile. You're going to have different alkaloids, flavonoids, terpenoids. You're going to have different THC ratios because you're not burning it with the infrared light. The excess infrared light on HPS is diminishing the quality of your trichomes, your terpenes. And some terpenes are more sensitive than others. So they're not even there in the HPS final yield because they've been burned off. So you, you have a different tasting, different aromatic plant even though it's the same strain grown under LED versus HBS, it's not going to be identical. Now your plant quality, your, your bud density, those things can be the same or better with LED, but you have to change the environmental variables to do that. You have to cater to the light source, not the other way around. So if you've done things under HPS method for so many years and you use the same methods with LED, you're going to have pretty small tasty nugs. Your yield's going to suck. But if you put the things in the right conditions, if you treat your plant like an outdoor plant, so if you're growing, you know, as a heavy sativa, it's gotta feel like Florida in your grow room. It's gotta be like 85, 88 degrees, sticky as fuck, 70, 75% humidity under LED and the plants are gonna go off. They're gonna be huge. And it's, it's, a, it's a quality thing for flavor or smoke at the end of the year, but the plant is going to be different. Because you're not destroying any terpenoids with the LED because we don't have the excess thing. And like an extracts like like Smash is holding up there, there's a color to the to, to your waxes, your things that's different. There means uh, go ahead, Tony. I don't I don't want to jump in, but look, there's a ton of things. I've done the whole transition. I, I used to grow, obviously, a lot of people have, but I've I've grown the whole canopy, this and that. And there is, there is a transition. There is a little bit of a bulkierness, but I think you make up for the density, you know, like, I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess you get more weight. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it this way. Under HBS, like, um, but I'm not trying to argue it. I'm saying it's the quality is so much better. And right now, I mean, I don't know if everyone else is experiencing it, but if you do this stuff for a living, I mean, it is. You gotta, you gotta come with your. You can't be coming with no bullshit. You might as well just put the bullshit in the bank. You know what I'm saying? You gotta come with the fire, baby. Do the bullshit, man. Shout out to everyone who does this shit for a living, because I do it for a living. I don't give a fuck. Shout out to the people who do it. You know, uh, Brendan, I have a question for you about lighting, but it's not. Uh, about cannabis, but uh, mycology. And there's oh. a specific type of uh, mushroom that I want to grow. And there were some recommendations as far as lighting. And uh, 
Steve was kind enough to share your email address with me. I was going to send you the info because it, it's all Greek to me, literally. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to send the information to you, and I wonder if you could evaluate it and tell me if uh, that's something that you could put together. It's a it's a medicinal mushroom. It's not psychedelic, but uh, it's a, a certain type of uh, mitaki, hen of the woods. I'd, I'd, be uh, I'd be curious to see what what it is, and then read about what what this yeah. The, the position is in the paper because yeah. mushrooms, generally speaking, you don't need light for them. So, uh, well, you, that's a little yeah. bit of a, uh, there's one variety. There's one variety of mushroom that is grown, the most widely grown, which is the white button. And it does grow in the dark, yeah. but all the other mushrooms, the, uh, you they know, the lion's mane, uh, they're outdoors uh, and not the right sun. We're not, you can't grow them in the desert, right. but they, they're the two, what we call the tree fungi, mm -hmm. that, uh, lion's mane, uh, uh, oysters, oyster mushrooms, uh, turkey tail. Uh, uh, yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. You know, just the initial premise is going to be because they generally grow underneath or around other things that don't take direct light. Most likely, yeah. it's gonna be a higher Kelvin temperature and a low intensity of light. Okay. So I can see that. You know, I can see them totally being. That's what I always see used. Well, the reason I'm, I'm is not so much for me, but for yourself, and, and then by extension, me, others. Uh, we legalized uh, to some degree psilocybin mm -hmm. research here in Oregon, and so uh, the Portland Psychedelic Society. They put out some videos on how to uh, set up a what's called a monotub for growing uh, mushrooms. So, and and just the general interest here, I I myself belong to three to three different mycology organizations, and uh, I mean it might be something of interest to you. Um, yeah, I'm definitely it's a different a different market. You know, I mean, where we're so different. Leafy greens, orchids, you know, coral tanks. Right, that, right. This yeah. is a big thing, but, you know, yeah. some of the things I'm working on now are way bigger dollars and they're not cannabis. So there's right. a couple ways you could do mushroom like lighting. You can have one main light in the walkways or a lot of the time you just see like a smaller LED strip ran across the tops. Um, well, it depends what you're growing. I mean, yeah, it's very low light. It's very low light. I, I don't know the mushroom farmer, but. The LED strip lights closer to the canopy. You don't need, you know, you can have mushroom, you can have mushroom shelves that could be a foot high and have 10 shelves and, you know, and just bam. Right. Low, I get what you're saying. Very low output strip lights. For a long either. time, I was using <laughs> just a simple fish tank lights you buy. Um, you would put them on the underside of the tanks. So hey, it like shines in. You want to talk ROI? Think about it. A uh, thirty-gallon tub, mono tub, easily. I mean, we're talking what eighteen inches, but yeah, you get the idea. Not that big. You're talking at least two pounds once it starts uh, popping, and you're gonna just go in there and harvest uh, mushrooms every day. Uh, so dirty brought up a good person. I wish I'm gonna actually 
copy and paste it. I want you to check this guy's channel out. He does um commercial scale gourmet mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. There's a we got a but the point is is that mushrooms has a uh healing from that perspective. What's interesting is most of the culinary mushrooms have great medicinal properties as well. And even right. the, the what we might call the hardcore medicinal mushrooms, many have culinary uses. So, I mean, there's a lot of crossover and home growing of, not forget psychedelics, uh, home growing of mushrooms is really quite a popular, it's a great uh, nutrition. Uh, you throw them in there with some olive oil, right? Some olive oil, maybe some CBD olive oil. This guy puts it work. Bam. Yeah. Bam. It's like a whew, party time. Right? You get that's some big ass oysters there. Some big, some big oysters on that girl. On that yeah, girl. South, uh, Southwest Mushrooms. I've been following him for a while. He He's oh, really yeah. good about stopping and talking about his mixes and everything. <laughs> he definitely well, deserves had, way more subscribers. I had a professional flow hood built based on Paul Stamets, uh, the one he sells for eighteen hundred, and uh, it was well worth it because when you have to do like grain to grain transfers and stuff, you know where you need a, a sterile work environment. You, you can't. I mean, the flow hood is a way to do it. Otherwise, it's you're rolling the dice. Doesn't take much to contaminate one of these. Once the mycelium gets established, you're pretty much home free. But well, that's a small, that's a small ventilated, uh, like a piping system through the uh, tubs. That we're saying. No, it's a uh, uh, mine is a four, uh, two foot by two foot square. Yeah. It has uh, a HEPA filter, two by two, obviously. And then it's 12 inches thick. And the pump, not blower, but an air pump, a Dayton Granger uh, 1200 and, or 1300 and 750 CFM is running air through it. So it gives you this window of clean air to, to do your, your work. Yeah, yep. your work, you know, your Petri dishes or whatever. So. Yep. Oh, okay. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Like your vacuum thing. I got you. Okay. Yeah, you either need a vacuum or a still air box. Almost I, like one of the sand Yeah. I got you. Like a sandblast uh, thing. Right? Uh, Brendan's going to go. But it's much more power. I mean, the air that. Hey, good night, Brendan. Good. Thank you. Hey, Brendan. Good night, man. Cheers, man. Thank you for coming, Brendan. Have a good one. Thanks. 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 Man. Thank you very much, uh, Brendan from Spectrum King. He uh, pinch hit for the interview today, and it was awesome. It was like, uh, hey, you want to talk about LEDs? He's like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Here he comes. Thank you very much, Potent. The gremlin, the gremlin comes out of the hole. Uh, uh, wait, you're not supposed to pour water on him, right? Is that how it works? Oh, oh Cascadian? I don't know. Cascadian only comes on when, he, when he's really thinking about something. Cascadian better not start ranking in front of me. I'll have to go. Jump yeah, I was thinking there for a second. Uh, Cascadian's like my big brother. <laughs> He's like, look, this motherfucker. <laughs> Tommy. 
So. Okay, now I got to study for a week for the test next week. The trivia contest. Cascading, are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna study too for Ganja trivia? Hoot is uh, taking it seriously, man. What are we studying <laughs> for? Oh, can I be on that? Yeah, we were going to do it tomorrow, but we're postponing it for everybody who's listening. Uh, next Wednesday, we're doing Ganja Trivia on this channel. Same bat channel, but almost the same time. I'll be here, but I'm not studying. Are you going to know it just perfectly? You're going to be I'm like, gonna know it or I'm not. Uh, I know all the answers. I want to find out who created the Peyton Manning Kush. It's it's one Gary of the. Peyton. I'm either going to or not. It'd be funny if it was actually Gary Payton. He's like, oh yeah, after basketball career, oh, plant reading. Really funny. Uh, it was some stupid name. Have you smoked it? Know. Have you smoked the Gary Payton? No. I know a lot of people that uh, I have. It wasn't know are like good stoners, so they like it, dude. I haven't smoked it either. It's uh, pretty, I like it. It's pretty good. It is. It's what's the real OG cushy? OG cushy, or what is it? <laughs> Hey, I got to tell Steve this. So we were talking about uh, manure the other day. Steve here? <laughs> no, oh, he's not here anymore. Oh. Okay, so we were, so. Talking, we were talking about manure, and this is accurate. Um, most, a lot of livestock gets uh, wormy medicine, vermicides as they're called. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, and so you've heard the term well-aged manure, and all that means is that the manure was allowed to sit for weeks or so, and that was turned often because the sunlight breaks down the <clears throat> molecules of the, this vermicide uh, medicine stuff, right? Anyway, that specific one that they use on dogs and horses and even uh, dairy cattle, right? In Vectorine or something like that. There, some right-wing publication said that if you injected it, it would protect you against COVID. And so there, the CDC is you know, screaming across news media: Don't put this, you know, this worm medicine in your in your body. I mean. <laughs> This huh? So it's for bad. So it's for bad worms, though. What are you talking about? What is uh, for composting or no? Yeah, no, no, no. Wormicide. They, they, the they give it worm? to animals. Yeah, they give it like you worm your dog. Yeah, they yeah. Give okay. it to cattle, to horses. So when they shit it, when they shit it out, yeah, there's going to be I some in the material. So before so you now, it, before you use it in your worm bin. You have to let it age, and you got to work it in the sun and turn it every week for about a month, and that you will. You put that in there. You put that in there. The uh. Yes. Otherwise, or, what, do you think? what do you think? They... <laughs> you put that right in there. Okay. All right. I got you. For the for the bad worms, I don't get it. Let's try this again. You uh, have livestock. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me finish. You have livestock. You give them worm medicine, just like your dog, right? You worm them. Okay. Their feces comes out and it has traces of that worm medicine in there. Before you can put it in your, 
before you put it in your worm bin, you need to neutralize those that drug. And that's what the term well-aged manure. But now some fucking people without a lot of common sense are put in their bodies as a defense against COVID. And my attitude on that oh, is okay. Jeez. Call, yeah, call the herd. <laughs> I missed them. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Reduce the herd, man. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you for stopping me where you stopped me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. Are you this shit? <laughs> like, Yo, yeah. this is a new this is a new tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you write this one down, everybody. Well, that's true. I mean, you don't want to use manure without any of that medicine in it in your cannabis shit either. You want to yeah, use no. to break it down, right? Yeah. The worm bin is what? really cool. What? And look, I'm sorry. Let, let, let me try this. Let me try this one more time. Almost every chemical on this planet in this area is made of three elements: carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So naturally, it would be very easy for the sunlight to break it down. It's going to separate whichever one. I don't remember the whole deal, but you get the idea. It's not like we're talking about, I don't know, uh, like the shit they had me on. uh, What's that? They used it for uh, when people were dumping that powder around. Oh, Cipro, like the strongest friggin' uh, uh, antibacterial agent known to God. I mean, it like when you take it as far as your gut floor and all that stuff, dead zone, just wiped out. As soon as you get off the whatever your prescription is, you got to start hitting the yogurt, real yogurt, not EO play, but, you know, stuff that's got live uh, culture in it start rebuilding the floor in your gut. So anyway, that's all this is, is just to get the, you know, Cipro, there you go. I used to have to do drugs to get that disoriented, like I was on this shit. Nausea, I mean, just, sheesh. I'll go ahead and take it, I can die. It's all right. I don't want to take this shit anymore. Anyway, so that's the story on worm uh, uh, manure going into your worm bin. Just neutralize the the stuff that we're fed to the animals and yeah, uh, compost it, pretty much. Yeah, you can do that too. I mean, uh, the worm power product that you use was started in upstate New York, in uh, where the dairy sector is, and that's how they did it. They took the fresh manure and then. I don't know the process. I'll give you the term and then you can look it up. They turned it into what's called dairy solids. And somehow that's washing and then draining the water out of the manure. And then they would legitimately compost it, you know, the nitrogen carbon sandwich deal. And then after that, then they would load it into the worm uh, trays, not trays, but these tunnels. Uh, with uh, silage, which is fermented uh, pl- uh, animal food using lactobacillus. That's why they call it a silo. 
interestingly enough, because they keep silage in there. Well, in order to keep it in there to prevent it from rotting, they uh, inoculate. You buy it at a feed store, you know, inoculant for making silage. I didn't silage. know that. I didn't yeah. know that at all. That's something learned. But see, you learn every day, man. I knew. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, that I was able to share that with because gives you a better idea of what materials you're working with if, when you go into a project. I never knew like the silos. One letter is. So this is huh? the silage as opposed to silage. <laughs> so, well, think about this. There's only one letter difference. Yeah, here's, here's what I have to tell my, uh, uh, what do you call them? Oh, yeah, consultant crowd. There's only one letter difference between analyst and analyst. So think about that one. <laughs> I never knew anyone with like a farm that actually used silos. I'm like, I grew up in a city. Oh, pretty much. yeah. Well, okay. So here's how a silo worked before everything got factory farming. So you have your farm and you harvest your corn or whatever grain you grew to feed your livestock. And that's where you stored it was in the silo. And that way you could keep to some degree the vermins out, rats and raccoons and such. So, uh, the silo is always, you see any farm as you drive around, at least where I live, any farm of any size has got a silo because you buy your shit in bulk. And, you know, well, let me go run and go get a 50-pound bag so I can feed the, you know, the goats or something. So, uh, yeah, but. It's uh, all little and, homesteads and, now. So, so like with the plant material, like say alfalfa, after it's harvested, then they can take uh, a large amount of that and hit it with uh, lactobacillus culture. Again, like I said, you buy that at a farm supply store and they'll let it ferment. And now it's impervious to being uh, contaminated by pathogenic uh, uh, bacteria or uh, fungi or whatever. Yeah. That's, so that's what the term silage means is that it was, uh, uh, Harvested, uh, fermented, and then uh, stored, uh, you know, put away for for the winter. Hmm. You feed them straw for bulk. Straw doesn't have any, I mean, much, but it, it's bulk, so it keeps their uh, intestines clean. They're just like, you know, us. You, know, you can't live on Wonder Bread and Bologna. You know, you got oh, some roughage, huh? Kind of thing. Yeah, they so, salt, like they have to have a mineral block too. Well, not only that, my uh, the chiropractor owns draft horses and he feeds them uh, basalt, feeds them uh, kelp meal, he feeds them uh, any number of things that go into the soil. And he was kind of blown away. And I explained how close plants and animals are in more ways than most of us want to contemplate, probably. But yeah, I mean, if it's good for a plant, it's probably going to be good for you and vice versa. I mean, there's some exceptions, but not many. So actually, I got a question for Fumi. What was going on with the trivia? I kind of, my mind's everywhere tonight. The trivia night, like what are the categories and shit? Uh, we might open up, open them up a little bit. Thank you for the question. Uh, we're going to have, uh, try to have like four categories. I think they were loosely, uh, 
brain. So it was like a uh, ganja brain. What was it? Ganja uh, brain macabre, like, you know, ghost spooky stories, stuff like that. And ganja, uh, of course, garden. And then the other one was um, fucking forget right now. So basically uh, uh, we just want to have a broad range of questions. So I don't know. Let's, let's uh, we got a week to think about it. Basically a little bit more time to do it. Uh, we need still, if, if someone wants to, if someone wants to sign up to be like the host of the show or something, instead of me, that'd be kind of fun. Like if someone wants to be like the trivia night person or whatever, that'd be cool. Uh, Ozzy said he was going to be a judge by the way. So if anyone else would like, I'll to do it. Like, uh, I'll do Ganja it. Judge, that'd be super I'll fun. be a host. You want to be a Ganja judge? Yeah. No, a host. Oh, you want to be the host, Coot, or you want to be the? I I think you're going to be the winning first winning competitor. You're going to be like the who was that guy Ken Jennings on Jeopardy, or whatever. Yeah. It was like a 37 weeks in a row or something. I can't remember. Like who did I tell? I was telling somebody something. about your uh, uh, not idea, but your plans on this thing. And so he, he says, "So are you going to do it?" And I said, "Well, it won't be fair because I already saw the play." <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I excuse me. Uh, I already read the book or kind of or something like that. You know, so I understood from it. Yeah. Uh, how do I? Put, That's funny. Uh, yeah, you've read oh, the entire yeah. encyclopedia back and forward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be. Cool hard. crush it. You can't let them. You got to. We, you, we you should one hand behind his back. That's what we got to do. Yeah. I, you know, but I, I think being the host would be fine. I could come up with some good questions that wouldn't be. You know, silly ass shit. At least, I mean, I'm not going to say, well, okay, which came first? The wedding cake or the chocolate cake? Uh, let's see. Okay, Bob, uh, what, how do you spell your name? Uh, starts with a B, Bob. Uh, okay, it ends in a B, Bob. What's, uh, how do you spell your name? You know, kind of an old, uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, or Lampoon, National Lampoon album right. uh, <laughs> a, a, a recording they did on yeah, stupid, stupid, uh, pot, stupid pot tricks or something like that. Uh, Sir Dirty is uh, cleverly saying uh, you have to make a category on cakey strains. So we uh, would definitely have to do that. Yeah, I have no idea. For 400, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so a long hey, story short, I'll, I'll it. it was like the young gal cookie lineage for 200, please. <laughs> <laughs> Gelato for 100, please. <laughs> the, young man that, the young man that did, he wasn't telling me, but he just in passing because I said, ask him something like, well, what are you going to grow this year? And so he ran down a list and I'm not familiar with any of them, but at least some of them I'd heard the name. And they said, Skittles. And I said, excuse me, what? And he said, Skittles. Because he knew I, what my reaction was going to be. And I said, you got to be fucking kidding. He goes, yeah. He Jim, said, you know, I'm working in my scene, business. Huh? I got papaya <laughs> rum cake. How's that sound? Oh, uh, I, I was I was astounded. Which has at, Skittles in it? <laughs> I, I was astounded at Blueberry, you know, thirty years ago. Like, really? Somebody put their name on this? The one thing I will say is, like, you are different because you do like smoking the same. You like your one strain. Like, I kind of, I like a little bit of variety. Like, I found like the cakey, like Fumi said, I actually found a cake. Like it smelled like cakes on the flower. It was. Weird. I I like diversity too, but here's the problem. Okay, what 
passes for diversity under the polyhybrid uh, regime. Mm. Um, if, and if I could get, you know, consistently 25, 26% THC with a really strong, I get to talk cool now because I got, I finally got to see it. Uh, turb profile, man. It's all, it's all groovy. Now we got the turb profile hanging with the, you know, 26 or 25, whatever it was. 27, something like that, percent THC. I mean, what am I going to smoke? Uh, spittles, you know, or uh, with some, uh, uh, the, the one I, I, I couldn't believe was a uh, Gorilla Glue 4. Somebody cloned this twice? That <laughs> was my response as soon as I took a hit. Uh, it's funny to say, it's, uh, you see oh, so many people that love it, though. <laughs> so, like, well, hey, I, for look, sure. I've never been by a McDonald's that didn't have a line of cars in front of it. That has nothing to do with how good or bad they are. That's McDonald's true. doesn't have to be good. They just sell the most. Mm. I mean, that isn't even in this society. Quality has nothing to do with sales. Nothing. Nothing on any no, commodity. I've joked on this show, like even among the chains, even if you don't want to go up market in any way, even if you just want to talk about the chains, Wendy's, I think, is unambiguously better at like hamburgering than almost everybody yes. else. Sure, it's a dollar more. I mean, they're obviously an exception. Like nationwide, I mean, like nationwide change. But for some reason, Wendy's is going out of business, whereas McDonald's is doing fine. Like you said, Burger, there's always a line. You, you guys forget Burger King every time we talk about fast food. Burger King's oh, pretty good. Burger King piled on by Wendy's, I would say. Let me give you another. It's still just chain burgers. We're not talking about really. Yeah, we're not talking good. Yeah. Let me talk no. about one thing that's kind I'll of like weed, and that's co coffee. Portland is one of the coffee or mm -hmm. coffee capitals of the United States, no question about it. But I can also tell you that shitholes like Denny's and Sherry's pour a lot more of that than than yeah, I mean than than the best bistros in Portland, and some of them are really, you know. That was With the their spot nose in the used to go to the bar, man. It was open 24 hours. It was like one of the only spots in town that would stay open. So right. we, everyone would end up at Denny's. And it was packed every bar night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, packed. It probably still is yeah. if I went down there. People don't want quality. You know, That's they want to especially drunk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tired, man. Burger King. It's been a while since I've been there, but I don't remember being that, that great, honestly. Burger King is terrible, bro. Don't go. I like Burger King. I think the flame I think oil, oil is stuff, which is okay. But I I'm, think Burger King is owned crap. by. Uh, it's like a private equity company. The, yeah. the, may, the uh, mayonnaise company, because they put more goddamn mayonnaise on their burgers <laughs> than any other operation. Wendy's does too. Wendy's puts it on everything. <laughs> You're not wrong. The Whopper, baby. The Whopper's good. But Wendy's, Wendy's also put, they all, I think okay, every, McDonald's is really the only one that doesn't put a lot of mayonnaise. And I can tell you, because I don't like mayonnaise. Kids off. We're done. Me and my a lot kids. of cities will None have a weird McDonald's. twist on None hamburgers. Yeah, I promise. A lot of cities have a weird twist on burgers. And in Portland, you guys will cringe on this one. A fried egg. I do oh, not. That's get it. you insult the fried egg. Brazilian style. Food. Don't you oh. dare. Oh. <laughs> so hold on. Fried egg's you pretty good. Oh, oh, my God. It's all over. Let me tell you. Red Robin. <laughs> Listen. Red Robin. It used to be a Brazilian place. It was open like after the bar, but it was a good little diner um, owned, owned by a couple. 
and they used to do like fried eggs, um, like hash browns on burgers and stuff. It was so good though. For some reason, it was actually. It's really not for good. some reason. Eggs are wonderful. Fucking, there are yeah, snakes that have evolved no. entirely just to eat eggs. Come on. Ugh. <laughs> You're not wrong. They're, yeah, you they're said fabulous. Earlier, cool. You have the right to be wrong, man. Hey, guy. Oh, it was super cool. Just on that note, when I used to live out in Boulevard um, in California, out in the, in the desert, out by Acatillo. Um, whenever there'd be like right before an earthquake or if there was a little earthquake before a bigger earthquake, all the thread snakes, the little legless lizards and the little underground snakes would come up to the surface before the earthquake. Then you knew there was an earthquake coming. Wow. The guy that we get our uh, worm castings from, Doug, he's got a slew of chickens and when you buy eggs from them, and bring them home and, you know, start cooking with them. The yolks aren't yellow, they're orange. Mm-hmm. Because they're out there eating insects all day long. And his worms. I asked him one time, I go, isn't this kind of counterproductive, having chickens around a worm operation? Because they were just like uh, in-ground windrows. So they were, yeah. You know how many worms a chicken can eat in a day? Dude, I can't wait to cut down my plants on that, guys. I'm literally down to one nug. Crazy, but you're taking off smash. Or what'd you say, Smash? I didn't hear you. Oh, I said I can't wait to cut down my pants and I guess somebody's got the fucking speaker on. Is it you? I've been to them all. I know there's some companies that feel like do more than one lighting up to me. It might be you. I don't know if it's me. I have good internet. Is that me? No. Oh, I'm just saying I'm I'm down so well, I'll just I got really excited quick because I looked over and I have one nug left of like my last runs. Uh that sucks. And I'm like fuck and I have stuff coming down tonight, so I can't wait. It's a pretty big hey, nug, so we're not I've got a yet. I've got a neener neener moment. I finally got rid of Comcast mm-hmm. with T Mobile's uh wireless modem. How do you like and, it? Uh I it's faster. Then the $15 a month piece of shit that I had to pay rent on from Comcast, Xfinity, whatever. Yep. And this thing in some apps like, uh, well, YouTube flipping through, you know, the rows and the different uh, menu options. And then the other stuff like Netflix. I mean, it's super fast. I played music uh, yesterday, had it on for eight hours playing uh you know, one of the stations uh, that I put together, you know, I, you know, like Spotify, but it's uh, Apple's music service thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing's flawless. I haven't, and it, I I took my laptop and uh, iPad upstairs because that's the farthest away from the actual device. And so I uh, opened my iPad and, you know, went online and, you know, did the usual stuff. Uh, videos, everything was flawless. Opened up my laptop, did the same thing. You know, uh, the stuff that I was accessing via Wi-Fi and not uh, what do you call it, cellular, whatever. Yeah, man, can you believe it? fifty bucks a month, uh, no cap, no data cap. That's cool. See, I'm 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 kind of in a weird situation because I have a very good signal um, with someone that works with the company oh, well, that I right. have. You know what right. I mean? Right. So 
if anything ever happens, it, it gets solved so fast. It's crazy. But the, the point is, is that nobody likes Comcast. No, I don't, we got rid of it. Yeah, we got rid of it. To now, there is something rise. I just let you know, especially you guys on these coasts, is that Costco has been testing uh, internet service in the uh, marine provinces for several years. Uh, well, not several, a few years. Meaning that, you know, you do that, you get things, the systems dialed in and whatever. And you may see a Costco option for your internet service. Walmart and, has a cell phone brand. Jump in a second. No, I meant the actual service instead of relying on internet, bro. That sounds good. That mm. sounds awesome. Because you know the price will be fair, number one. Get a side of hot dogs. Costco, yeah, Costco oh. has enough money to throw at anything to make it work. I mean, it's not yeah. like same thing with Walmart. They're like, yo, they're running off uh, Verizon towers, I think, and T-Mobile towers. So why would I not pay twenty five dollars a month for unlimited? For which one? Walmart for their oh, mobile that, yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And then, like, I don't like contracts anymore. Like, I gotta say that. I hate them. Um, Verizon screwed me on cell phones. They told me I went into the store. I was like, so I have an unlimited bill. Like I get charged one price and I was using the hotspot and apparently that wasn't covered. And right. it ended up being like thousand dollars plus. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I learned that not that much, but I learned the hard way too that hotspot isn't covered. I'm on one of those old geezer programs where you get two phones for $70. That's it. That includes a tax. There's no, that's it. $70, but it's, you got to do it on auto pay. Right. So I decided to go to the coast and my iPads aren't cellular. They're just Wi-Fi. So I use my phone as a hotspot and I get my bill and I just went, wait a minute, but how do I, you know, unlimited. Yeah, that's watching movies, dickhead, on your Apple TV, not, not trying to run a... And it was fucked because you, it, it got so high because I was running, like I was living out in an apartment with like a band and our internet like was shit. So I was like, all right, I just started to run my the house off of it. I was like, and it ran the house like everyone was using it for the band like stuff. And it just got so high. And I was like, this is crazy. Well, it's really weird. Is like in this city of Portland, T-Mobile generally is not a good option for many people because their signal is really spotty, the, the strength. But for whatever reasons, where I live, uh, I'm getting five bars, which is the maximum. They also That's just the had a gigantic uh, data leak the other day, like fucking 50 million people or something. But uh, the problem is these days, like... Uh, Everybody has these data leaks. They don't care anymore. Like Equifax had that gigantic leak and no one did anything about it. And they even like welched on the whole uh, class action, everything else. And so now like the data is all out there. I don't know. Seriously, this, this happened the other day. Like T-Mobile had this gigantic data leak and they emailed everybody like, whoa, sorry. It happened, dude. I mean, shit. when doesn't it happen nowadays? You know, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. And one, you know, one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself is to use the password manager. So when I, it creates, when it creates an outrageously difficult uh, password, and 
you know. Oh, your sound is super low, man. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't even hear you, bud. I'm so mad. I hate being down. I hate, I hate, like, I love helping people, but I hate helping people because then I'm like, damn, now I have no, now I'm low again. Take a tea break. Couple yeah, friends of mine are like, man, you smoke too much fucking weed. You should take a tea break. I'm like, I don't know. Do I? What's I that? Know. Oh, man. Tolerance break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve, That's I don't know why you're really on, quiet. Man. Yeah, it's super quiet. What is that, no idea. That was better. Talk louder, guy. Mm-hmm. Sounds better. I keep moving myself. I don't want to fuck it up. Is mine fucking it up? No, I don't remember what I was going to say. What was the question? Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, so I remember what it was now. So I used to work at an ISP out of the back of a cyber cafe. And I can remember, and we used to run a bunch of IRC stuff and a whole bunch of other fun, nefarious things. And I can remember the day that JCPenney uh, credit card database hit the black, you know, kind of the 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 open market sell you say do it uh, so the early days of all that shit nowadays if you're in like like i hate to say this because even on tiktok now though people are fucking gloating about scamming florida was one of the when i was down there it's one of the worst places ever so you're people are buying credit cards off the dark web and they're swiping them and they're making fake cards. It's it happens every day. Um, I do back in the day. I used to know people that used to make cards and go get iPhones and shit. Like, damn, things happen all the time. And it's insane. Like data leaks are inevitable and it sucks. Like, it's so hard to protect ourselves against it. I don't follow this stuff because it always, and I don't usually like to ask about it because it always starts an emotional. It's uh, just hard argument. to uh, But Bitcoin, how did somebody get in and delete how much money from some big Bitcoin just this day or two? You ago? can steal Bitcoin. Um, so that's the big problem with the, allegedly. So if I were to hack into your system and take your Bitcoin, there's no real thing you can do. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So a lot of money has been stolen or taken, and a lot of ransoms are paid in Bitcoins, and da 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 you know, whatever the maximum is under law, because, you know, it's not unlimited. Uh, so if you I have, see. you know, so if you so have cool. X amount, uh, that's the bank covers that. If you have two X and you need to get another account at another bank, you don't want to have it. And, you know, I see people that somehow are making crazy money off these. You guys are going to know this more than who NFTs. 
Like I don't even I don't understand. I I don't understand it either. I get it, but I don't get it. Like it's on the blockchain, this and that, but I don't understand how the money's going up. And like you're like, I'm like, what's what we need to do? We we need to have a a web series and we just we show Coot a bunch of this like overly technified stuff and it's just Coot being like I'd be learning too, man, because I never like the NFT shit I didn't get into. I know about it, but like I don't I'd rather data mine my coin. Yeah, but I don't want to get invited. I don't want to get invited to CanaCon or WeedCon or yeah. We should go. I'll go with you. I've never been. So it'd be a learning experience for both of us. It's annoying. (laughs) I mean, it's like it's like having a bunch of life uh, but if we go with steve we can actually probably have a good time i'm guessing oh dude it would be super fun just to walk around like bizcon with coot and just record <laughs> every yeah <laughs> <be> awesome <laughs> we'll go to the advanced we would just have fun and, and then uh, we would all just go back and smoke fuck everything else <laughs> Well, I was going to, what Brennan touched on something and was a lot nicer than I might be. When uh, things went legal here and no longer were they dealing with Joe Blow down in Douglas County, you know, that they'd been dealing, I'm talking about the grocery stores and farm stores and whatever. Now they were dealing with these slick assholes with, uh, you know, BMWs, the investors and whatever. And, uh, they just bypassed the stores and went directly to the manufacturers and distributors. So in other words, ABC grocery store, they got his stuff from sunlight. These guys go direct to sunlight and buy pallets. So that put the crunch on the stores bad. As you can imagine. And then in some cases, the goddamn manufacturers were selling direct. Because they'd had to play, you know, dodgeball for several years. It's kind of legal, but it really isn't, you know. And now the thing was wide open and they wanted to make their money. I can't blame them for that. But it didn't do much for the mom and pop operations, which, I don't know. I think a uh, few will probably disagree with me, but I'm going to say at least I'm going to say at least 80% of the stores are gone. It's very easy to go to the suppliers like i've like i've said right. I, I i'm on the supplier like i can get the supplier for close to me like to my house i yep. don't go through a grocery store anymore why like it doesn't i don't need to for some odd reason like it, it was it, we did lose a lot of good shops because of that yes there's just nothing anymore like there was i mean one time you we know 40, one good 45. One. we had 40 or 45 in the portland metro area I've only so, seen these two open up. One good one and one eh. Sell whatever, do whatever. The the other one is pretty cool. Um fought, like family owned still type shit. Yeah. I guess in down in California they have some really big mega stores in the Bay Area. But we, yeah, we don't we have don't, like that we don't have no. nothing like that. Mega store for growing. We don't we don't either. I mean, honestly, I don't know that it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like those old school stores, like, dude, I don't know. They, 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 they served a different kind of clientele. I don't know. Like a lot of times people, I mean, I don't know. A lot of times people were small time growers, but I'm, 
I don't know. Like nice the ones that learned people. with us were the good ones. I'll put it that way. They're nice. For you get what I'm saying? Shit, mm. or like when shit gets stuck in the mail a couple of days too long. Mm. Like I know a bunch of times I'd run to them for clone plugs. Like shit, our fucking main, our pallet of stuff didn't get here yet. I need to just get through a day or two's worth of clone production. You know, right. I've done that more times than I can count. Especially with the post-plague world, you know, there's a lot of shipping delays unexpectedly, and the, they definitely help fill the gap there. I will tell you, though, and you guys were talking about this last uh, time, and I wanted to mention it, and I kind of forgot until now. Um, you are talking about, like, availability of different things and different um, – let me aim this a little bit better uh, – availability of different products. Uh, I was out in Georgia working out there, and they don't have a very Abassiana. They don't have PFR-97. They don't have a lot of just basic, you know, I, how do you not have Bavaria Bassiana as a gross store at this point? Like at least one you, of the I, there's, there's like eight different ones now, right? Like how do you not have at least one? Like it, it's such a wide ranging thing that's our, you know, I don't know. There's just a bunch of stuff where it really blew me away that they didn't have. Um, uh, and then, you know, some of the chemicals they did have were shit that you'd never get away with in a million years out here. So I don't know if they're just dumping all the old product out on the East Coast or what, but it almost yeah, that's that. what's happening. We have a bunch of random stuff I've never even heard of. Like for a long time, we like you can get Fox Farm at like Abishans, um, which is like not it, it. It's the family harbor or like Home Depot. You know what I mean? It's family owned, but it's like Home Depot um abishan hardware so they started to sell fox farm for a long time so like you could always get it there but like you go to the grocery store and there's stuff there i've never even seen i bet you we don't have any of that stuff steve at one of them i bet you one would get it if i asked though we have a small chain in washington and oregon called coastal farm and ranch supply and oftentimes more often than not during the spring and summer when i walk into the building outside they have pallets and stuff they have both fox ocean forest as well as happy frog and it's a lot less than uh, a gross store i can tell you that yeah he's cool about it like, yeah, so we're on the right track now like uh, how do i put this i don't see the reason candidly no disrespect to those people and they have uh, businesses i just went to the grocery store the other day uh, but I don't really see the point for them now. They yeah. sell bottle nutrients and some fucking grow trays and whatever else that basically Ace Hardware or Park Rose Hardware here in Portland yeah. or any other different yeah. hardware stores. Park Rose is like a local chain. Uh, Ace is nationwide. Those kinds of places would be happy. Or they Port- have garden Portland centers. Portland Nursery. Stuff. Portland, Portland Nursery has been around for 110 years. And here's the thing, like if a gross store, in my opinion, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm alone in this, but, you know, Steinbart's is that really cool store for basically home growers, right? Uh, or right. home brewers mostly. They don't really cater to the people who are, I mean, they don't cater to the head brewer of Budweiser, right? He, he basically yeah. is his own supplier. Right. Uh, they don't even cater to the freaking uh, Widmers or anybody else. You know what I mean? No. I doubt that any of the microbreweries in town go there, except for maybe an emergency. You know what I mean? But what's interesting is they started with Steinbart's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because most of them were weekend, uh, three or four friends would get yeah. together on the weekends and they'd make, it was a hobby kind of thing. And a few so, of them went, went public and that's how Widmere came along. The Widmere brothers, uh, Portland yeah. brewery, which just closed 
last year. It was the first brewery in, of the new generation, like 1985, 1984, something like that. That's kind of sad. I mean, they were like the pioneers of the uh, uh, microbrewery or artisan uh, beer thing. I think it's a difference, like, even with regular plants, there's a nursery and then there's fucking Home Depot or or Lowell's or whatever you have. You know what I mean? And there's someone that will always go to the nursery and there's someone that will always go to Home Depot. It's just there's always been that clientele that ends up going there. And like, like I said, I think it's cool if like, you know, well, it's hard to keep competitive prices. That's the problem. Let me give you a good example about Home Depot and Lowe's. You can go there and buy a 3.8 cubic foot bale of sphagnum peat moss. The real deal, not adulterated in any way. And when you bust that open and then fluff it out, you're going to end up with about seven cubic feet. So remember, this is only going to cost you about $18. You got seven cubic feet of the real deal sphagnum, not peat moss, but sphagnum peat moss. So you're that's one third of your soil mix if you're doing something along the lines of what I'm doing. And so, I mean, that's a cheap start. I mean, how much does, uh, uh, what do you call it? Your aeration material cost. You can buy that at Home Depot too. You can get four cubic foot bags of perlite. Wouldn't be my first choice, but who cares? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be around $20. So now you've got less than $40 and you got two thirds and you got seven cubic feet of soil. Now you're down to your compost and whatever amendments, your uh, limestone or rock dust, whatever. You're done. I mean, this is not expensive, mixing your own soil. And once you mix it, it's going to last for several years. It's not something you have to redo every year or every cycle or anything crazy like that. I think it's cheaper. I, I know it's cheaper. I know it's less money. And it's more productive too, because the soil gets better. Oh, you've told me, I mean, how do I put this? You can't really say the names, but you've told me some different bids of the the folks that maybe you've uh, seen competitive estimates and the Coots mix is just dramatically cheaper. I don't know how to explain it any more simply than that. Dramatically cheaper in every possible way and accomplishes the same mechanisms. It accomplishes the same results. I guess what I'm trying to say. I think better. It's not included. I think better. Um, you know, you can get so boutique that it's goofy. Mm. I think taking things back to their basic uh, dimensions is always, and any any uh, enterprise is a good uh, uh, way to, to run things. You know, take a step back, reevaluate what you're doing, because it's easy to get caught up on, well, you know that uh, Oklahoma brine bush is really making this great. Okay, good example. You asked me the other night about a, uh, somebody from the uh, chat room about a, a, a plant uh, and I forget it, but it, I said, yeah, it's, that's like, it's a saponin. Uh, it started with a Q. Anyway, the name of the plant was in the uh, botanical, whatever. My point is, is that, yeah, you can do that. And that's great. But do you know how much less hassle it is to get yucca extract? 
I mean, how much less money by leaps and bounds? Um, I don't. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Look, saponins and saponins and saponins. Where what planet comes from doesn't really matter. If you're going to use it as a soil drench or uh, what do you call it, a uh, wetting agent. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, oh yeah, I heard this question. I, I couldn't remember what it was though. But I mean, it's just I just yeah, but I you just to, told me what wasn't it yucca? Yeah, yucca like, is uh, what what almost every party. If you look in the bag of potting soil and it says it has a wetting agent, one of the ingredients will be yucca extract. And I mean, yucca is cheap, right? Yeah. In fact, there's a liquid product. I don't know the name, but you won't be have difficulty finding that because you use it in small amounts. When you use it on a problem, a, like I've never had to use wetting agents unless I'm foliar feeding, I guess. No, in the soil, because uh, peat, sphagnum peat moss is somewhat hydrophobic. Uh, so it, you have, it, has, it breaks the tension so the water can absorb into the strands of the material. It's a one-time shot, but that's what the wetting agent accomplishes. I've always just, if I, like, I kind of, I guess I make my pots like this a little bit. So when I dump water in, it stays like, around the stem and just sinks in. What you might find beneficial though, is if you use uh, yucca extract on the first application, it would soak in and get the entire pot fully uh, hydrated. And that's where your benefit comes in. You're not gonna have wet okay. spots and dry, uh, dry spots in your substrate. So that's where the benefit comes in. But it's not a big deal. There's all kinds of plants that are really big time uh, surfactants. Um, Just remember that uh, saponins are ultra uh, toxic to aquatic life. That's all. Right. Use, right. Them with, use them appropriately with that in mind. Yeah. They're really good on your leaves because they're both a, a pesticide as well as a fungicide properties. So uh, it's a good IPM. But again, it's, you don't want to spray anything in water. I could I could be here for days and tell you all the things that we use on our plants that you don't aren't appropriate to be spraying in and around a, a, a lake or pond or what have you or somebody's uh, koi pond. Dude, look at what's going on in Florida. Red tides, like like from uh, fertilizer facility, right? A red tides usually from excess phosphorus. Yeah, the time. So and, I'll exactly. tell you, and I'll tell you something about Florida phosphorus. You can check yourself. Check the arsenic level, levels on the uh, phosphate that comes out of the mines uh, down around Barrel Beach and see if you want to use that again. A lot of kelp can be pretty high in arsenic, too, depending on where it comes from. Yeah. And what species. Yeah, you, you said you had uh, a client. That... I've had, yeah, I've, I've seen five, five farms now have that issue that between soil and aquatics so and it's too much kelp every time he comes down too much kelp oh yeah almost universally it's because they were using maxi crop with iron as their main irons solution for either organic hydroponics or that's why that's why kelp meal is what you want to use it hasn't been processed it hasn't been concentrated well, the powders the powder shit like uh 
that's what maxi crop is made from. That's why it's black. Well, it's black the other because the other part of it too is the fact that people are just dumping stuff into a closed loop system and using yep. it excessively. They're using yep. it beyond yep. what it's really designed for. And that's what it comes down to. If you use it as directed, I, I, I use kelp all the time, you know, and we have no problem, but you, you just don't go crazy with it. That's all. And I think it's just people going, Oh, well, it's a kind of fix it all. I've seen there's, there's YouTube videos on, on glacial rock dust and kelp, both being the cure all for aquaponic deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crazy. In the background. No. <laughs> oh. Anyways, I'm going to get going. It's late and I have things I have to do tomorrow. Here's the have a good night, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for having uh, Bren come on, man. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask him something. Talk about microbes and stuff and okay. some of the other stuff. And then eventually we'll talk about uh, some other cool projects that him and I are working on out here. So I had a but question. I'm not ready yet. It didn't have a great evening, Steve. Right, you too. Cheers. Go ahead, Smash. I'm just saying I had a question. I just didn't get in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask him when I, next time he comes on. I wrote it down. Just a couple of little reason, things I want to know. The reason that these extracts, kelp extracts, are always black is because the uh, the kelp leaves, the fronds, as they're called, are burned up with uh, potassium hydroxide, the stuff they use to cremate bodies. Uh, the stuff they use, that's what's in your Drano to clean your pipes out. I mean, would you want to put that in your soil? But, you know, so... That's why I say use kelp meal. Don't get kelp extract. Don't get liquid kelp. Don't get, you know, I was something using a liquid easy. kelp, but I stopped. When yeah. I started, actually, there, when I, I met you, I switched over. Funny, of course, they're all, right? They're all made from the powder. That's why they're all black. Yeah. Now, Jeremy is selling a new, not new, but a new product for him. And it's called Kelp Pack. It's a kelp with AK on the end. It comes from South Africa. And what's unique about it is that it's manufactured by mechanical processes where the, for lack of a better word, the juice that's in the leaves of the kelp is pressed out and then uh, bottled. So it's like clear like water. And it's real popular with some hydroponic manufacturers because they can color code their bullshit, you know, not because if you put the black stuff in there, it'd all be black. So you can have blue for your grow and purple or red or whatever for your flower, yeah, whatever. That, they make it like that. So it's SOP friendly and anyone can do it. Right. Well, I'm just saying though, but that's how they can use a, a kelp material is, by using this kelp pack. That's what my point was. Cause I, everything else is all black. I never, I never even seen that. Well, that's that an agricultural product. And I told them about it several months ago that, and you have to get a whole pallet and, you know, I didn't want to be involved in it, but I just gave it to him as a reference. So he checked into it and they had legitimate lab tests on, you know, all the trace uh, problems, you know, the heavy metals, the arsenic, the, the, the uh, other ones. So it's, it's got a clean bill of health also from the Canadian government. And, you know, they're really, really strict on their uh, food and uh, production. So uh, there's an option for people. If they want to use, if they want convenience, 
And if you're trying to run a big farm where, you know, you got to work with a, a water distribution system, not like setting up yeah. the water 12 plants or something. But anyway, you get the idea. So and this, yeah, it, yeah, it would run through. It, it doesn't clog it. It doesn't clog anything. It doesn't. Uh... Now, remember, it is biologically alive. So if you mix it, you got to use it. You can't just have it sitting around or it's going to go, uh, what do you call it, anaerobic. So, you know, that's all. But other than that, it's a good product. I, I, I had a bottle. What's your feelings on watering systems? Uh, yeah. The, don't laugh, but for the uh, people like our size, you know, I mean, like smaller. I think Rainbird is your best way to go. It's off the shelf. It's in Home Depot. There's all kinds of videos. Of yep. There you go. Um, I was looking into one. It's like like a cone that you, it goes around your roots, and it yes sprays like right there and, and disperses. Yeah. I, that There's one. A, uh, I I'm gonna misspell it, but I know it ends in O L L A, and I think it's H. Anyway, they're from South America, and basically, it's a ceramic orb that you fill with water and you uh, half bury it in there and the water slowly, um, this isn't the right word, but it leaches out of this clay. Extrudes. Yeah, un unglazed clay. So that it's emitting water. Yep. And um, so it cuts down drastically on your water consumption. And you, once you get them dialed in, it's not real complicated. Uh, like where to place them and what have you. Um, they can be in a very effective uh, hands-off garden solution for you. I used to uh, use, when I was leaving, I have the orbs that are like this big that have like a stake in it. Yeah. I use those when I'm leaving sometimes. Sure. So I can get a little water through the night and then it's good for the next couple of days. Yeah, that one. Thank you. My, my uh, not objection, but my complaint about uh, blue mats is that uh, when a lot of us got involved with them several years ago, they had not so many options. So you didn't complicate things. And now they've try they're trying to be things that I'm not sure that's your best option. I'll leave it at that. And so some of the setups that I've, heard about and some of the people that claim to be experts like Scotty Granola, I have my real doubts as far as the uh, efficiencies of a system set up by a guy that can't grow a plant. So um, that's my, there's my two cents. You can make them work. You just gotta, you know, like what's that expression? Plan your work, work your plan, sketch it out on paper exactly where you're going to make the cut, the bend, you know, uh, get your harness set up and you can run a really nice system with the blue mats for not a lot of money. I don't Those know how many plants you get. Blue mats? No, not the blue mats. The one I was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll get you the information on these uh, South America from, I think, Brazil. This thing. Oh wow! 
it's like it fits like I would just I kind of want to get a bed and put it on each plant so I can go and have it water like I think it's pretty cool it is I'm not familiar with them but uh yeah I, I get the idea uh for sure instead of, instead of just having it like it, it's kind of contained so I can get it into one spot instead of just having a dripper out there right right it's the only reason I see it, but it's a little, it's 200 bucks for that. Well, I mean, you get the whole kit, but Rainbird's dirt cheap, just a set of drippers. Right. And they have all the uh, special extensions and sprayers and drippers, whatever you want to use. They have so many drippers and they're really nice. They're actually really nice. I told they were sending me something. They sent me the wrong thing and they sent me like four kits. I was like, thank you. Yeah. They were actually and really nice. And, and they're right at Home Depot. That's the biggest uh, advantage. Just pop over there and get what you need. Because it's like, I wanted to set something up so if I do leave, I can have it on a water system for a couple of days, like a like a trash bucket. Uh-huh. Like, because uh, I hand water everything right now. Plus, you can get... Uh, so tiny solar panels that'll run a air uh, water pump for you. Uh, I really like, like go to fountain store oh, or a fountain so, supply place and look at what they have to offer and you'll save a lot of money than going to a garden is what I'm saying than a garden place. But it's the same stuff, same type of equipment. So the pool with the hydrogen and like the system on top where like it, it absorbs from the bottom you right. see that the sip containers are not really sips but those in, those are pretty cool too because you can i guess you can just fill it up and go and it has whatever that layer is to use up as it needs is what right. i understand of it you have a friend in hawaii that uh he and his son started making sip uh containers setups you know for uh uh people that had medical cards and so it's usually older people and they could just take this put their rooted uh plan in it and uh it was like a no-touch uh garden thing for them and so they could get really nice uh plants without you know trying to become a full-time botanist or something yeah it looks like a good idea, and there's people doing a couple of different variations of it. But it, it, it looks get, good if you want to leave. I'll, I'll get some of his uh, pictures and send them to you, so you can take a look at them, get some ideas that maybe might work, you know, for you uh, in your right. in your situation. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Christopher's showing a bird. He was showing some pots. I was hoping to see the garden. Christoph's always showing fun stuff. I'm yes. gonna hop off, guys. I'm uh, yes, dude. tired. Have a good one. Uh, we having a we having a late start tomorrow, or what? What's the deal? Uh, we are actually. Oh, Charlie's farm's coming. Here we go. We are actually having a late start. So, um, should I do a fixed time, or what should I do? Because the problem is I can't do two Zoom rooms. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play it a little bit by ear because hopefully I'm not going to stick around too much for this one fucking meeting that I got to go to. Basically, it was just a random thing. So it's kind of a perfect storm, basically. Like it wasn't quite working out for trivia. It wasn't this. And then suddenly this meeting popped up. Um, we're probably not going to start until, let's put it this way, 830 at the earliest, I would imagine. Honestly, at the earliest, 830 might be as late as nine. I think if it's getting to nine, I'm just going to bail out of it and then freaking start. So honestly, I'd say like maybe tomorrow, about two hours late start, nine o'clock, and uh, it should be good. Uh, catch you guys there. Catch you guys there. Catch you there, Wes, if you can make it. All right. Uh, thanks, Take it man. easy. Take it easy, Wes. Have a Bye. good evening, man. Night, everyone. Night. Oh, uh, oh, fuck! I didn't say it. Uh, hey, we can still do weed and whiskey Wednesday if he's here. Are you still here, Wes? No, he's gonna be uh, Fuck it, I'll tell him because we didn't do enough weed and whiskey Wednesdays this this uh, month. So at least we'll do that. We won't do trivia, but we'll do weed and whiskey Wednesday. But uh, Smash, could you possibly DM him? That would be awesome. Well, DM him? Never mind. Uh, no, I got it. Right on. Cheers. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think we might make it to the next uh, 420. So let's call it a last call. Actually, this is a fun one because uh, Charlie's Farm, I think he's been on here once or twice before, but he hasn't been on here for ages. So I don't know why I'm rushing him off the show. Man, Charlie's Farm, well, uh, welcome, my friend. What's going on? Charlie's Farm 420. Hey. What's going on, dude? Hey, me. What's going on? Hey, everybody. Um, hey, let me ask you a question so I can see if this is set up okay. Is my sound okay? The sound is a little rough, honestly. It's a it little is. what distant and a little How's bit. That? It's a little bit tin canny, a little bit like an old fashioned radio. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, I got new headphones in. So the other thing too is, can you see me? I cannot. If I turn the camera around, can you see me now? Uh, no. You might have to turn the camera on on Zoom. Uh, probably bottom left. There would be a little microphone, a little uh, camera looking thing. Oh yeah, there Start we go. Stop video. There we go. There you yeah, go. There we go. Right Welcome, on. dude. Thank you, sir. No, Did I've you? never been on before, Fumi. I've never I feel been like on you before. have, but that's okay. Either way, no, welcome, that's my fine. friend. Even if Listen, man, you, you said it the other day that, you know, we've known each other on uh, to the web, but uh, through social media. It's been a while, dude. A while. Now, I'm not on Instagram anymore. I mean, I still have my page up, but I haven't been on there in over a year and a half now. So. No kidding. Uh, Is that a Hydro Farm first. shirt from the late uh, 80s, early 90s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I've had this forever. Have a cool, cool. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you. I'll tell you right now, it's a pleasure meeting you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because you're from my generation somewhat. So yeah, I remember that uh, when uh, it was uh, Hydro Farm and Sunlight. Right. They were the two big uh, light companies, and you uh, after our Operation uh, Green Merchant, when uh, DEA took yeah. all the grocery stores apart that I day. That. Uh, Sunlight got their act together and decided to become a supplier, not a retailer of uh, right. uh, right. HID light systems. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that logo. My God. Yeah. It was like another generation. Speaking of speaking of way back, what well, what we used to do is we used to have to go. Now we always had since seventy seven or seventy eight we had Worms Way, but there was only yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up by Wista, and it was you know it was it was. I was uh, in that store sketchy, once. Sketchy. It was sketchy. I was actually in that store one time. Were you really? Uh, yeah, back in uh, 91. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was in, uh, I was in Lowell, and he says, I got to take you to this store. And so we drive, you know, west out of whatever highway. And it was a little tiny. My 
my uh, downstairs of my house is bigger than that store was, uh, the one in Worcester. And, uh, I just thought, wow. This oh, everything is for some reason. It, it was just so, so small. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They moved a few times. They had one right down. I moved from, from Boston. I mean, I've traveled all over, but, um, Boston always drags me home because I, I, I love the city and born and raised pretty much. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, but, um, back in the day, we used to have to go to the electrical companies, you know, for the the contractors to get the lights back. Right. You know, my first indoor was 85. So that's what we used to have to do to get the Phillips. Cause that's all, that's the only, you know, and it was the street lights. It was, you're lucky to get a thousand water every once in a while, but everything was 400. Right. Get anything, anything bigger than that. And it was an old tin can for a ballast that hung so, so loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, but, but, uh, we had the lights. uh, Think about being at a baseball field. That hum you hear from those lights is what we, like, my uncle used to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was insane. You could hear it like it was in the garage, but you would be in the kitchen. You could hear the lights trying to come up between the ballast and the light itself. Yeah. I've never, a lot of noise. For me personally, I've never owned or used a thousand watt light. I've always used 400s. I started out with the ones from Holland in the early eighties, PL lights. They're the ones that invented uh, horticulture lighting for the greenhouses and near Amsterdam and, and uh, light in the the other cities in Holland. Sure. Uh, I just never saw the, the deal. I mean, for about, I'd rather have two 400s and a one 1,000. Light dispersion and, and evenness of, of the dispersion. There's just a lot of positives to it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I actually, at this spot here, I have, I used to run two four ones instead of, I got a Thowie. The only reason why I, I do a Thowie, I went back to a 1,000 is I needed the, the, the rate of growth needed to be a little bit quicker. And I need a little bit more penetration because of the numbers that I'm running. So, but I know what you mean by the fours. I was actually running fours. I was doing a, a, an MH and a, an HDS. And I was doing, um, and I was doing it just to cut the heat down more than anything else. You know, so. Your phone isn't working. My, mine's not working? No, yours is good. Coots mic got messed up somehow. Yeah, thanks. Okay, there it is. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Apologize. I, went back I, I apologize. I lost all that because my uh, my headphones went out, and I was trying to get the laptop microphone working. So tell me what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. I, I used to I used to want a couple of thousands, and just in this room here, I got a couple of spaces. Plus, we got a tier two here in Massachusetts, tier two license. But this place here, I was um, I was running two two thousands plus my T fives. This is just my bedroom. And um, it's a good 25 by 18, 19 by about 22. And I was running a couple of thousands plus T5s, fours, four by eights, you know. And um, it was getting a little too hot in here because I was only having, I wasn't dragging any, any, any air through the lights, you know. I just had open sure. lights. So I went down to two fours. I'm like, you know what? Because at the time I was actually in DWC here. And this was, you know, this is 10 years ago. And um, I was like, you know, I was just generating too much heat, but even for in veg, even though they can get beat up pretty well with water temps and everything else, 
um, I didn't, I just didn't want that heat being generated. And, uh, cause I was cool in the room at the same time, obviously. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just banging my head against the wall trying to cool down. So I went to two fours and it worked well. I didn't, I didn't, you know, in the back with my T fives in conjunction with my T fives, but I wasn't getting, you know, with the, with the numbers that I was running, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the spread. I couldn't get the penetration and the rate of growth. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I was saying. Right. So, that, so I went back to a Thawi and then just a, a little, little uh, demo I got from Mars Hydro sent me a year ago, little dinky Thawi watt board, but then I got the, and the heat's, the heat's okay now because I'm running, the, I'm just running an MH just to keep the, you know, another reason just to keep it a little bit cooler, just running a cool light because I'm not cool in this room anymore. So it can get up to, you know, good on the heat wave days, I can get up to 100 degrees, no problem, you know. Right. That's now. why I went, that's why I went subterranean. Eight hours, you know, what'd you do? Sorry, smashed. I went subterranean, bro. I'm in the Yeah, basement. I mean, I'm not, I, I haven't been DWC for seven, eight years. I mean, I, I've done the super soil here. I'm going to go back to organic. In fact, just got my first bag of the uh, coast of Maine right next to me here. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to do, uh, uh, I think I'm going to start putting my mix back together and, and which, going straight organic, but I needed, you know, this is, this also has to pay the bills. So which, uh, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for a certain result. Which coast of Maine uh, flavor are you using? I got the platinum growers mix. Oh, just to really? start, just to, yeah. Just to try it. You know, yeah. I have friends that, you know, a couple of my friends that have, uh, a couple of stores, they, they, uh, they swear by it when they, when they yes. first came out with it, what, two years ago, a year and a half, whatever the hell it was, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they picked it up right away and swear by it. And they're, and they're running, you know, they have some, they got a tier three and a, and a storefront. And I, and it, no, I haven't even really been in a store yet. You know what I mean? To buy product. So I don't even know how, how good their product is, but he gives me a taste of what he has for his head. I don't know if it's coming from his private or from, but they're selling at the store and it's absolutely fabulous. Absolutely right. fantastic. And it's the flavor. It leaves that film in your mouth, you know, almost the, gives you that numb on a couple of the strains. So one of the uh, components of, I think all of their soils don't read labels. Don't hold me to that one, but the addition of lobster meal, and that means the shell, not the, the meat, right? Uh, the shell is one of the few seashells, if you will, that contains chitin, uh, shrimp, lobster, uh, crab, uh, tadpoles. So that mix has, I, I have the thing here. Oh. Yeah. Um, kelp, fish bone, alfalfa meal, worm castings, peat, core, lobster composts. Mm-hmm. There you go. So you that's you know that you could, will always benefit by adding some worm castings, but that is a damn good uh baking soil to to tweak and make it better. And you could do that with some really high quality worm castings. Sure. And that oh, yeah, uh, you'd you'd be sailing. Yeah, I'm gonna try this one bag and then I think I'm gonna flip everything, but Oh, have smash. He, I got, I got, I got I'm working on numbers too. So it's not just the, uh, it's, it's being able to afford it to run the numbers that I have to run at this private place. So uh, I'm gonna start Cause I got, if I can get a hold of my buddy, we, I can help you out. Right on smash. Uh, yeah, he holy. also used a product that comes out of uh, upstate New York called worm power. It's a liquid. And then he can, he knows the pricing. I don't. 
But he can so, tell you the benefits of using it. Uh, go ahead. I like it. I like worm power. I water in my worm castings with worm power. Um, it's just, I really like it. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, I seen an advance on everything when I started to use it. Things were happier. It looked, in my, my opinions. Yeah. I, I, I have a 30-pound bag now of the, uh, what is it? Uh, the wiggle worm soil builder. I got, you know, just the, the <laughs> stuff you can buy at the, uh, you know, because I'm up by you. I go to, uh, I'm up by you, Smash. So now I am anyway, and uh, where I live anyway. And um, so I end up going to, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, in Auburn there. Um, New England Hydroponics. So I'll hit New England Hydro. Because I, I haven't even been to Green Life yet, or whatever it's called, Green Light, or whatever the hell it is in Worcester Center. But uh, I haven't been there. I don't go anywhere near there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but um, so, so I just grabbed it, and I was putting it in the cocoa, just uh, just doctoring up my cocoa a little bit, just to get a little faster growth and veg. And uh, this stuff worked pretty well because it was a little bit too much once it got into flower. It was still releasing, and it was still. And I, I may have been a little heavy-handed on it, but it was still. I mean, I was getting a little quarry, nothing, nothing, nothing major with the toxicity, but the stuff worked pretty good. And, you know what is it? A thirty-pound bag for for uh, twenty-nine bucks or whatever the hell it is. That's way too much. <laughs> I can I can promise you, you're gonna really like the uh, the liquid. Well, the soil you're testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to like it. Uh, smash rid of the ingredients up. That's a really solid basis. Very solid. Yeah. That's what I started you know, to use. And you're not going to ask me this. You won't find that on the West Coast. How That's far the will, other thing. How far do you think it's going to make me in the flower? How, many, how, 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 you know, how heavy-handed or light-handed should I be with the amendments once they, once once they get flower? Besides I'm my not, teas and everything else. I'm not a heavy doser. I yeah, believe I. Uh, I'm, a, that, I'm a less is more guy. Yes. And I think with worm power alone, whatever the rate is, this, because I know the people who put that together right. way back at like in the early 2000s. And these were scientists, not, you know, weed growers or something. Um, this was funded by USDA and a big grant from that agency along with the, uh, state government of uh, New York. Because you have a lot of cows, got a lot of manure. And this is uh, an expensive uh, project to get rid of. You got to get rid of it, do something with it. You can only pile it up for so many years, right? (laughs) And um, each cow is producing 100 pounds a day of manure. So you see how what the the challenge was. And so they began the largest uh, vermiculture operation in the Western Hemisphere. And at its height of glory, they had 200 million worms in production. Wow. So then they decided, well, let's take and make it a liquid so it's going to store better. It's easier to apply for the, re- for the retail market. I mean, they still sell worm castings, but you got to buy two-yard totes. And, uh, you know, but the liquids, in my opinion, for what you and I and smash are doing. That's like the perfect solution. It's like having a worm bin without all the expense and the investment of your time and energy to keep it going, especially with the weather patterns you folks have in 
New England, it's a real uh, win-win situation. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds, that sounds like a good opinion to me. That's for sure. And what's the name of the company again? Worm Power. Worm Power. Upstate New York, near the dairy. Uh, Obviously and, a website, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're huge. Yeah, they got a website. Always thanks for the advice, brother. Always, always appreciate the advice. You're welcome. Yeah, you'll, you'll be, uh, that's a promise. You'll be not. What do you, uh, you, a, uh, gallon, you know, a gallon you doing, 35 bucks. Wow. What's, what's the application rate? Well, yeah, what's, yes, I was just going to say what's the uh, price point on that. An ounce per gallon? I don't have my bottle here. Uh, mix three ounces to one gallon of water. Okay, you can cut that back. Yeah. yeah. A quarter cup would be two ounces. So a gallon would give you, that would give you uh, 64 gallons. For how much? 35. So that's what? 50 cents a gallon? Yeah. So yeah, mix three. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Three ounces to one gallon of water. Apply in small amounts every seven to fourteen days during growing season. <clears throat> yes, but with the soil he's using for that quality, he could go towards the fourteen with great success, and not the seven days. So that would even cut your, uh, you know, per cycle cost down by doing the fourteen days. I think yeah. you'll find that that soil that you have, in conjunction with this liquid worm castings, you're going to have some of the nicest plants you've seen in years. That's, I, I just I know that product. It's weird that I'm out here in Oregon, but I would have tried it, but through right. an extremely weird turn of events, I got a bag of, uh, and I don't remember which flavor, but I got a bag of the uh, Coast of Maine, I don't know, probably 12, 13 years ago. Yeah, right. I wouldn't fly it out here. I'm not saying it was like that yeah, good, but I went, yeah, well, yeah. you know, for a bag so this is pretty nice. Hazelnut chocolate flavor. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Dalton's so blend is the one most people use. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I bet off. I'm sure they're big back there. I mean, the company itself, as far as at the nursery centers and maybe not Home Depot, but probably. I would think nursery centers or garden centers, whatever they call them there. Yeah, both. I hate losing. Like, I lost my IG and, like, all my contacts. It's such annoying. Smash Canada's too? No, no, I'm saying I got I to gotta find Dylan again. I got to find his page again. I, I don't remember. I wrote his number down. I'd have to find it. But yeah, it was in my old messages, so I never worried about it. I saw Charlie's shirt. It was like a flashback. I hadn't seen that logo <laughs> in like 37 years, man. It blew my mind. Yeah, I guess some old ones. Old ones I've just collected over the years. Are you still my, old high, my old high time shirts, which I can't stand high times. But yeah, I mean, story. Can't stand them, especially now that they got sold. They were bad before. Is Hydro Farm still in business? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the reps still come around, you know. I used to I used to manage a chain of stores back, you know, ten years ago. Or so, and uh, yeah, the, the guy because I I just became friendly, obviously, because I want the discount at the, the store I go sure. to, you know. So um, he's not a, not too bad of a guy, anyway. And uh, but anyway, um, 
Yeah, I still, you know, I still hear about the rep coming in and I'll run into them every once in a while. Yeah. You know, my, one, my once a month run down there. So, yeah. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> There's quite a few uh, nude companies based in the Northwest. Not as yeah, many as in the past, but there's still a fair amount. Um, you know, the, one of the first stores in the whole thing back in the uh, early 80s was here in Portland called Halide of Oregon. And then later uh, it changed the name to American Ag. Okay. So, like, they started the whole thing in 81 or 82, whatever it was. And recently, well, not recently, about it, several months ago, they had to give up the store and move to, like, this maybe 700 square foot, like, those strip mall businesses where you have a little tiny storefront and maybe have a little warehouse in the back, you know, for small businesses. That's what they're down to. And at one time, I mean, they were rocking and rolling, shipping out lights. They had a bunch of houses over in uh, Felony Flats in East uh, Port, Southeast Portland, putting ballots together. You can imagine the quality on that one. A bunch of guys at 2 in the morning putting lights together in a garage somewhere off of Division Avenue. So, uh, yeah, it's just weird how the mighty have fallen, just come tumbling down. One time they dominated the, the industry here in uh, Portland. Funny how yeah, times changed. I was going to say, like you were talking about the, the Hydro Farm shirt. I had a couple of, I probably have a Hydro Farm shirt. And I had a couple of uh, big black plastic Hydro Farm plastic bags from the grocery store. And I remember every time I'd buy something, they'd put my shit in that bag. I'm like, oh, fuck. Because I could put like, I can't remember, like a blanket or something in there and take it to the beach or whatever. So I would basically, that was like my camping bags. It was ridiculous because they were these really like thick plastic bags. And I remember thinking like, oh, I should hold on to that because, you know, maybe I'll go camping or something. And I thought, man, this is trash. And so I threw it away. And so I was thinking it's basically a little bit like, you know, when Coot talks about that or when you think about those kinds of things, like Hydrofarm is candidly the, the smaller distributor around here. There used to be a locust called the Rocky Mountain Locust. And it's an extinct species of grasshopper. Uh, it basically went extinct. And nobody really noticed and nobody ever really knows why. Uh, it ranged through the western half of the United States and some western portions of Canada with large numbers seen until the end of the 19th century. Sightings often place their swarms in numbers far larger than any other locust species, with one famous sighting in 1875 estimated at 198,000 square miles or half a million square kilometers in size. That's bigger than California. It would have weighed about 27 million tons and consisted of 12.5 trillion insects, the largest concentration of animals ever speculatively guessed, according to Guinness Book of World Records. Less than 30 years, the species was apparently extinct. The last recorded sighting of a live specimen was in 1902 in southern Canada because a creature so ubiquitous, ubiquitous was not expected to go extinct. Very few samples were ever collected, though a few preserved remains have been found in Grasshopper uh, Glacier, Montana. So in other words, like 
uh, I, I got that wrong. They didn't catalog it. They didn't take it to the museum. They didn't put the little specimen samples. They didn't preserve them in jars. Like they're like, well, fuck, there's a billion of them. Who cares? Right. Like, I mean, if you want to see one, go outside and look at them. And then 30 years later, they're gone. And they're like, wait, wait, where, what do you mean? And so I was just thinking to myself like hydro farm, I hope they're not going to be gone. Right. But like stuff like that does disappear on some level. You know, what do you think about it? Just, and one day poof, it vanishes. Like someone threw away the last hydro farm t-shirt or something, you know? I don't know. It'll happen one day. I also wanted to show this because it just it makes me laugh, honestly. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but it also makes me laugh a little bit. So um, I, I hesitate to even bring up anything regarding anything. And I know that the Daily Mail is also crap, but whatever. Uh, I just I find this just uh, just next level. Uh, Indian doctors warn against using cow dung to cure COVID-19. This article, by the way, is from November, but there was a new story today they're apparently still doing it uh so dudes apparently we were talking about cow dung earlier and i was like well this is another way to use it you can can literally bathe in it and uh yeah anybody watching can see exactly what these guys are doing and they basically sing and dance until the cow dung prays i mean sorry uh yeah i can't even think of it uh until it dries so you have to wonder what the cows are thinking they're like dude what are you doing but I, I don't know. Maybe perhaps you guys don't find it as funny as I do. I, there are some, a number of superstitions in this world that don't make any sense. That's one of them. Uh, we can chase this. Yeah, Charlie's farm is abused as well. He has the same sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, you know, my wife said. My wife said to me today. She's like, you know, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't get the whole thing. You know, the stuff that's twenty years old. It's, you know, mRNA, but anyway, he, and I said to her, I said, you know, you know how many people, I, I was a paramedic for years. I said, you know how many bottles of IV I've thrown into people? And, and they're not thinking, they're not sitting here going, wait, hold on. What's in that stuff? You know, yeah. I'll put, you know, you know a lot for, of kooky stuff. Or, but, or the fact that there's a 98% chance that the actual pill or capsule or whatever was made in India or China. You know, we don't make, we don't do that kind of stuff here. It's all outsourced, baby. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, crazy. <laughs> Bathing some shit. Yeah. Uh, Charlie's Farm, uh, do you know that next week we're going to be doing trivia? We're going to be doing uh, yes. Godric. And next week it's for sure, because this week we were like, oh, fuck, it's a little bit too much. A little, yeah. little, little I want to thank you for having me. And I, I can't see chat, but, you know, I want to say hi to everybody in chat. Chat's so cool. Okay. I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but I make time for you and I make time for Eagle. Sure. That's my social sure. media. I don't do IG anymore, though I, I'd love to, but I used to get caught up to six hours on IG in a day sometimes. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't have that time. It's been like a year and a half, but, but um, yeah, thank you. That's all. I'd, that trivia sounds like it's going to be awesome. I'd love to research some oh, questions. At least it'll be fun. You know? Uh, and by the way, anybody would like to submit questions. I mean, I can't guarantee they'll be on the show, but uh, the better the questions, the better the chances they'll be on the show. Uh, throw them down at uh, trivia at chronictable.com. I set it up special just for freaking questions. So uh, please, uh, I guess also maybe suggestions for that particular show, maybe. I don't know. But uh, mainly uh, potential questions, send them that way. Hopefully they make sense. If you can, if you can send a source with the question so that we can double check it, because, you know, otherwise. Yeah, you know what I was thinking, Fumi? I was hmm. thinking of uh, making a list of, you know, I mean, a shitload and then picking from the list. 
not, I'm not just saying my list, obviously, but, and then, uh, and referencing like two or three articles or, or credible sources that, so that there, you know, you, you can't argue the answer, you know, obviously, Love you know, it. you always can if it's an opinion thing, but. And uh, Ozzy will be the, uh, the, the, the first judge, I believe. So uh, you can't argue with Ozzy, man. He knows it. He's just been uh, studying. He's got the textbooks in hand, man. He's got the PDFs right. in hand. He's got a microscope ready to look at shit just in case, you know, someone says, oh, no, man, trichomes are not something. He'll be like, well, here you go. Probably wouldn't do that. But that'd be funny if he did, wouldn't it? funny if he had like if, if ozzy had like jarvis from iron man he'd be like jarvis show me such and such now i'm dreaming and this the trivia has to take off we'd have to make how how rich is iron man like super rich we'd have to make like that much money before we could have jarvis yeah that's a step i mean ai is going somewhere though we'd also have to have uh pepper pots but gwyneth paltrow is also kind of nuts I've heard, I don't know from experience, but ladies and gentlemen, it's been quite a show. Uh, I think this perhaps may be our last 420. Charlie's firm, it's always delightful to, to have you. I, I, I hesitate to, to fuck off. We might hang for a couple more minutes after the 420, just to, 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 you know, to talk to Charlie's firm and say, hey man, what kind of genetics he's running lately, stuff like that. It'd be fun to catch up for a second. But ladies and gentlemen, I think this is going to be our final 420 and we're going to be a uh, Fucking off for the evening. Cascadian, we also haven't heard from you this evening. Uh, what's been new in the Cascadia, I guess? It's a big place, but uh, you'd know, man. Nothing <laughs> new, man. No, nothing new over here. It's just rinse and repeat. Trying to get these separators put together. Trying to make some seeds. Grow some flowers. Same old really? same, man. I've just been listening to you guys tonight, hanging out. I got a little zoned out there for a little bit, so I don't know what kind of looks I had on my face, but I'm back now. Dude, uh, don't have to apologize on this show. On this show, we say you're welcome. You know what I mean? For getting high, <laughs> having fun. It's kind of fun because the, the the seed stuff, it can become routine. Like anything in this world can be uh, routine. Like you could be a championship ice skater and that's your job and it becomes routine, right? Like uh, you could be anything. You could be the president of the United States and it becomes your routine. You wake up and I'm like, fuck again, you know? Like, uh, I don't know, when you say like, well, you know, breeding the seeds and doing this, like for everyone in the audience, like, oh my fucking God, that sounds so amazing and exciting. And you're like, well, but fuck, I got to prune and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to remember to do this and you know, right. It's not completely all it's fun, but it's also not all fun and games either. Right. Yeah. I was, I was actually, I got excited all over again last night. Mm. Uh, I was checking seeds on this little plant I have in there of this blue dreams cross that I'm making. And I pulled one off the bottom of the, the plant looked like one of the first ones that, you know, the first round that would have been pollinated to check the seeds, see if they're getting done yet. And when I seen the little fresh, fully finished seed, you know, you, you still get kind of, I still get kind of giddy. Like mm. it's brand new. all sure. over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh man. So yeah, I'm getting tired too. Nice. Right, so how can people find you, man? No, I'll, I'll chill for a couple more minutes. Yeah, I'll chill for a couple more minutes. Well, so Charlie's Farm, speaking of freaking uh, Charlie's Farm and the genetics, man, you've been running all kinds of cool shit for years. Uh, I got to know you way back when with Subcool and, I don't know, Ocean Grown, any number of people. Like, what are you running these days, man? Yeah, um, I have, at this spot, I have um, 
I've got a, a Hell's Hell's OG, the biker's cut. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had for years. It's um, it's uh, the two cut came in from Colorado, and uh, it was uh, sourced off the Swerve from Cali Connection. This has to be at least seven years old. This is one of my oldest ones that I run. I have another one that's from Sour Seed Connection that I sifted about eight years ago. And it's still uh, my number one in Boston requested. And it's the uh, it's a Blue Dream crossed with the number 18 OG Kush Cut clone only. And that came from the same person that gave me this Hell's Angel. This, or Hell's or like a, whatever you want to call it. And um, I've had that one around for years. Um, I'm actually harvesting one of the worst, worst friggin' runs I've ever had because I threw some mothers in there and they got close to, I don't know, eight, nine feet high. And I, I didn't support them in any way, shape or form. So they were just flopping everywhere and created more work for myself because I couldn't get here and mm-hmm. all that. So I procrastinated a little too. So anyway, I have, um, I've got uh, Tropicana cookies in here. I've got Huckleberry cookies in here. I have, um, I just got lemon freeze pot from, I believe it's either Coronado or uh, Exotic. I can't remember. I know I have the um, black oh, water. That that's from, sounds like that's from, right. Yeah, co- co- I think black water is from uh, Coronado. Coronado. Hmm. Um, I got a friend of mine that, that sifts now for the other gentleman that I, that I, was, I referenced that owns a store. So I can get some really clean and uh, sifted cuts because he'll go through three, four, five hundred seeds. He's got the space for that. And then he'll sift out and every few months I'll call him and see what he has new now. I haven't cracked a seed in almost a year, but I love cracking seeds too. I just, you know, I figured I'd just play it, you know, change it up for a while. I've been at this spot here for about 10 years, so maybe 11 years now. And, um, and then what else do I have in here? I have, um, all right. Uh, let me think, let me think, go through my, uh, my list here. I have, um, garlic breath. I just got a cut of the garlic breath. Um, I believe that was sourced through, um, uh, I think it's Miko from around here. Miko head, um, Western mass. He has some really good gear. And, um, I wonder if that, what else, what else related to that, uh, Neville back in the late eighties, he had that, oh. yeah, I know, called the seed bank. And he had a strain in there called garlic bud. And I, that's, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Neville's either, but uh, rest in peace and all that stuff. I still have uh, a menu from Mark Emery from like 1992. <laughs> that single page fucking yeah. thing he used to send out. Yeah, I think it's over my, my, my older brother's house. Yeah, I should look that up just for shits and giggles. Yeah, about I, that when you were talking about Emory and his friggin', you know, was it cannabis culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book salesman goes into cannabis just for a fight. Right. <laughs> yeah, Ed Rosenthal era. Yeah, yeah. I, never mind. Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. That's <laughs> the, really like the old days, like you're talking about with the uh, hydro farm. I mean, they used to have run those big one-page ads in High Times. Oh yeah, along with the uh, sunlight. And that's what drew all the heat from the DEA and why they busted all the growth stores. Cause here was a how to, to grow pie, you get your lights over here. You get your newts over there. So they just, so what an easy investigation. They just yeah got all the list of all the growth stores, hit them all at the exact same yeah. time on the exact same yeah. day and got all the shipping records. 
And Even going to Worms Way, in Worms Way. They, oh, I know. You know yeah. They would take your license plate number and then do a knock and talk. You yeah. know, the old knock and talk just to see if they could smell something at your front door. Yeah, you kick fucking rocks. Absolutely. But I, I was outdoor, you know, I mean, we did, me and my friend, you know, even being that young back then, I always think of this because I'm, you know, getting so damn old now and all the surgeries. But, you know, if you were going to do a real good outdoor, not only did you have to start at least a year before and go hike out the spot for security right. reasons, water yeah. source, you know, which side of the trees you're going to plant it on, try and yeah. hide them. Yeah, How you gonna, yeah, we used to do the old, we used to do the old, uh, I remember, and you'd hike, and you'd hike, especially if you didn't have a water source close by, never forget those five-gallon buckets just going forever, it seemed. But um, we used to bring up the old Miracle, Miracle Grow fruit sticks in the beginning, do a little starter fertilizer sometimes, you know, just shrub starter fertilizer, depending on how big the tweens were. Do you and remember then, uh, this thing? The old fruit sticks, this- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. One in the sun is worth two in the bush. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah you got to put them in the shade. You got to put them yeah. in the shade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And hope, you know, and you had to plant enough so that you, you mm. if you were going to do it right and try and produce some at least decent stuff with the minimal amount of care. Right. You know, you had to plant twice as what you thought you were going to get because if it wasn't from bugs, if it wasn't from people finding them, if it wasn't from, you know, you wanted to at least plant getting rained on or something dumb. Just anything, anything. And you know, back then we weren't processing anything into oils, man. That was all foreign yeah. to us. But yeah. we were, you know, we could make some hash. But you know, between the PM caterpillars, slugs, snails. I always covered uh, my shit. Mice. We used to have to put down the pig's blood to keep the deer away because they left to strip the bark. Yeah. Man. So we'd have to put the pig's blood down that would keep them away. Hopefully, and piss everywhere. Out. The big Outdoors, you got, everywhere. you got raccoons, you got gophers, yeah. you got rats, mice, moles, moles, voles, voles. Yep. Yep. Voles. voles were the worst because voles would actually, you know, just like a mouse, they sharpen their teeth on the bark. Yeah. So they just love to strip that bark. And, 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 you know, even I got a, I got a, a friend down the, in, in this place here and he's, he's been getting hit by mice. Somebody brought mice up. Now I'm on a third floor in a, in a mill. So there's no way in hell with no food source either, by the way. So mice shouldn't make it up. We had a couple of tenants move in and we do believe they brought mice in. And um, my friend who's got a, a research system next door, he's getting ravaged by though. They're either voles. I can never tell when I catch them. I catch one every once in a while. They'll get one of my plants, right. but I'm in cocoa. They'll jump right in those five gallon buckets. So, but, um, I've got a little remedy for that, but they'll climb five, six feet up his freaking thing, you know, they'll climb right up. And with that, especially in a research, that fresh flesh, that soft tissue, right. they love that stuff. It's like candy to them. Yeah. And they'll go up and tear that thing. He'll, say he'll go in and the thing will just, uh, eight footer, it'll just fall over. He's got vertical thighs going over there. Oh, no, actually, he just went to LEDs after the West. Yeah. Where you guys live, you've got the white tailed deer. Yeah. We have a different uh, species here in the Northwest, but regardless, deer are as dumb as horses. I mean, nothing stops them. Barbed wire. Yeah. They're just, they get caught up all the time. That's a pain uh, in the ass, too. If you put up barbed wire, you're probably going to have to pull a deer baby out or something by the end of the yeah. year. 
So dumb. Yeah. I'm it's in the Blackstone dumb. Valley, too. And the Blackstone Valley is... Um, oh, you up one, there? 146. It is, you know, this, you know, once a month is a, you can see the, the carcass of somebody that, oh, yeah, idea, you know what I mean? So, the yes, I am. I Actually, to, that, that's not where my facility is, though, smashed. I, mean, I just live, that's where my house is. The first time I drove to Boston, we came through uh, Pennsylvania yeah. and I saw this was in uh, June. I've never seen so many dead deer hit by vehicles on the side of the road. I thought maybe this is how they control the population here in Pennsylvania. Right. Oh, it's, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. I couldn't believe more. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're so picky. You know, Massachusetts, everyone thinks we're so, we're so liberal, but we're not. <laughs> we are actually a very blue blood <laughs> conservative state socially socially uh, liberal and, and, and more, and that's more from the schools and the students than it is from the, you know, right. from the, the citizens, right. but exactly. we're, and we're fiscally conservative, but um, they should, you know, the, the, the human rights people, you know, animal rights rather, they, they, they bitch every year at the number of permits they're giving out for the thinning. And it's like, well, they're going to starve to death. or they're going to, people are going to start getting killed by, by hitting them in the, Dude. In, the in the road, in the highways. It's, I, I don't know why they don't thin them out more. I, I watched a YouTuber go into a Dick Sporting Goods today to get fishing gear, and they stopped selling. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. No more fishing gear at that Dick's. And I guess it's going to be a, a nationwide thing. I guess they're trying to do it just because of the animal harm activists and stuff. I, I, right. mean, I understand. Yeah, I understand like pew pews and blasters and stuff. I won't even say the word, but you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a different story, but fishing really. Yeah. 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 Fishing. That's, that's just, that's an overkill. No, no pun intended. Well, no pun it's actually, intended. Uh, yeah. Sport fishing. Like, uh, I don't even, I don't think there are any circumstances of sport fishing that basically are, are harmful to the environment. It's usually a net yes. benefit. Because right. the tourism yeah. and the licensing and the, the right. uh, they pay for forestry uh, uh, inspectors and everything else. It's usually a net positive. It's the commercial fishing that's a problem. Yeah. The, large, the largest ornaments. Sorry, Coop. Yeah. No, I was just going to say the largest industry in the state of Oregon is tourism. Mm. Supersedes agriculture. It supersedes uh, mining forestry that's remarkable because those are and even uh nursery stock is two billion dollars a year but people come here to climb mountains to go fishing deep sea fishing uh surf fishing on the columbia river skiing you know you get the idea there's just a lot of uh and elk is i was going to say that's a success story if you look at the elk populations in all of the Northwest, which includes uh, Idaho, you know, not just Washington and Oregon, the elk population is is mind-boggling. It's not how you're going to get an elk if you go elk hunt. Now you, you got to get because you know you put your name in the till, and so many tickets get drawn to be allowed to uh, buy a license. It's not wide yeah, open. Same things with tunas and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen herds that if I told you, you'd, you'd swear I was lying, but we're talking hundreds of elk running along uh, a valley where, you know, uh, 
through the, the pass through the, the coastal range. It's unreal. Oregon's beautiful. I would love to go to Oregon. I actually, in 19, when I, in 1980, late 84, I think it was, uh, it's a long, um, I think it was September of 84, right after Labor Day. I moved with, uh, the gentleman who actually taught me my, actually, no, it had to be, uh, Labor Day 85. Either way, um, I was moving out to Oregon. My father had actually gotten me a job in the timber industry out there through, through my father, um, had a lot of contacts through his work. And um, so he got me a job in the timber industry. So I was going out with the, the, the guy, don't forget his name, Greg Stevenson. He was from upper state New York, from the, right above the Finger Lakes, about eight miles from Amsterdam. I mean, eight, he was, in, he was in, right around Amsterdam, New York. He was about eight miles from the Canadian border. And uh, he, all he did was grow weed outdoors and indoors when he could. And, uh, and he was quite a few years older than me at the time, too. And... Uh, but he lived on his friend Vern's farm. You know, it's one of those towns up there where you actually had to carry a gun around mm-hmm. because it was so rural. So anyway, yeah, I was going to, I was going to go to Oregon. So we, we, I knew his wife better than I knew her. I was friends with his, who eventually became his wife, but all he did was house sit up there. He literally lived, he lived by this place called the sheep dam. And uh, he, his father was a smuggler over the, over the Canadian border back then in the sixties yeah. with a, a single engine Cessna. And he actually has a picture of him when he was 12 years old under the wing. And his father's got a little a 22 rifle shooting at his feet, making him dance. You know, this kid was, and he was built like a brick shit house too, this kid. So anyway, he's the first guy that taught me to uh, grow indoors. We got a thousand water going at the, uh, this place in Brockton. And uh, Michelle, who was really my friend, who ended up being his wife, um, her brother-in-law was coming back up from South Carolina and he was kind of a troublemaker. I guess he had to get out of South Carolina at the time. So we had to move all those plants. We must've had about 500 plants in this frigging room, in the master bedroom, all in, in uh, one gallon pots. I mean, I'm talking wall to wall. We'd sit there and it was 101 degrees, 104 degrees in there. And we put the old black plastic trash bags on the right. windows. Right. And uh, I and I'd, still, I'd still do it, bro. Yeah, no mylar, you know, nothing back then. You couldn't really get your hands on any of that crap. Hand of film nope. was unknown. And uh, you just got a little extra zinc oxide put in your paint, and you just painted the walls as bright white as you could. But we had to move those damn plants. Like, uh, I think it was late May or June at some point. I don't know, whatever the hell it was. And um, we had to move them all the way up. So we rented a U-Haul, a little, little enclosed trailer that you pulled. And that's like the filled them up. Eight, yep. <laughs> we didn't. We thankfully we did not have any problems going up there, and we just spread them out over the 400 acres that his friend Vern. And back then they had those commercials with uh, Ernest and 7-Eleven. You know what I mean, Vern? So we yeah. kind of made fun of them at the time back then. But so it seems like U-Haul is the main company that did that. We finished. Like, everyone yeah. rented a U-Haul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. Still to this day, believe me, I've had a I've had to move some some stuff, midnight moves, and uh, so anyway, we um, so we get the plants all the way up there, and they finish. We get out, we go up there. Well, we 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 are going to move out to Oregon. So Labor Day weekend, we're going to go up and we're going to check everything out. They got an early season up there. Nothing like down here in New England. Obviously, it's night and day. We got about you know at least a month and a half shorter up there, and we want to get them down before the first frost, obviously. So. Right. Vern went and stole all the good buds. Now, this is my first outdoor that I've you know, up there. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't know what to expect. So I'm looking at these plants going, 
what the what the hell happened? I said, did something <laughs> chew it? I'm looking, you know what I mean? And yeah. yeah, Vern. So he took the, if I remember right, there were a few males. We didn't sift anything. We literally dropped them off. Vern took care of them, was giving them, you know, uh, water. I can't remember if we had some in containers or we just planted them right in the ground, whatever the hell it was. And uh, he took all the males and made brownies out of them, put them in a blender and made it like flour. And it was the most, it was the first time I ever did edibles. If I remember correctly, and, and that's when I found out I can't do edibles because they hit me too damn hard. And uh, I ate one of the brownies that he made with it. And I'm thinking, you know, obviously, first time eating any edible. And I'm like, you know, shit. And I said, I'm not feeling anything. So, of course, you know, half hour, 45 minutes later, I eat another one. I slept for two goddamn days. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And to, the, to this day, I, I give me a five milligram gummy bear and I probably same thing would happen because I tried it a few years ago, seven a little sliver of rice crispy treat. But, but anyway, we took those, we took the, the, the females, what was left of them and we brought them down and got them all ready. And I think it was the beginning of October. We ended up driving out because we camped what we, we, we had three dogs, two cats, a bird, a turtle and a, and a three quarter ton pickup truck that we took the sides off of and put wooden sides and overloaded that about a half a ton, three quarters of a ton. And started out for Oregon and uh, and uh, blew the engine in, in Pennsylvania. But we smoked that freaking crappy weed all the way out there. The girl that I was moving out with actually was in, uh, Michelle was her name. She, she had just gotten over. She was in like her fifth year of remission from having throat cancer. And she, that grass, man, it's the only thing she loved. After eight hours, her head would slump, you know. We, we drove all the way out. We made it to Arizona. So we had Flagstaff. My whole point of my long-winded story, my wife says I always go to Cleveland with stories. But uh, we hit Flagstaff and we said, hey, we had camped all the way out there at Good Sam's and all that other crap. And we're like, shit, we saved some money. Oh, yeah. let's, go up, yeah. let's, go up to, let's go up to the Grand Canyon and check out the Grand Canyon for a weekend because it was a Friday. And we're like, sure. So we hit, you know, we're in the dry weather and her neck is feeling like, fantastic like night and day without the humidity and all that crap and uh and, and the pollution her throat was feeling good and that sunday they had to sit down with me and they said bill we're gonna go down to uh we're gonna go down to phoenix we're gonna we're gonna michelle's throat feels so good oh. that we're gonna go down to phoenix and we're gonna kind of you know check out the scene for work and all that and i'm like you gotta be shitting me i said what happened to going to oregon we're gonna take the pacific coast highway all the way up i was all psyched right. for this Right, right. You know, I was young. I, I just turned 21. I'm like, yeah, shit, you know? And uh, yeah, sure enough, I, I lasted 30 days in, in Phoenix. And that's a whole nother story. How to get out of there. Real quick. But anyway, out there for us. Yeah. New Year's, New Year's, I mean, uh, day after friggin' Halloween, I, I took a flight back and yeah. Yeah. And then I got stranded at Logan for friggin' hours because the kid I was supposed to supposed to pick me up was on some coke bench and never made it to the airport <laughs> i've walked out of logan before boston i get there and my our host or whatever we're going to call him contact i ask him about how to get to this city and he gives me that famous new england well you can't get there from here and I said, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't get there from here. I mean, I heard that constantly. Uh, 
I, I realized later it didn't mean anything. It just was a way of saying, well, it's a long ass way, you know, and then they'd go into, uh, never mind. But anyway, just some of the, the uh, colloquialisms of the New England versus the Northwest. It was interesting as all. Yeah, I wish I made it. Now, I haven't made it as far as uh, past Arizona. I mean, I've seen 38 states. I lived in Palm Beach down by, uh, you know, I used, to, I used to actually do a lot of work down in uh, North Lauderdale, Miami, and and, uh, and uh, Boca Raton when Boca in the 90s, they were first starting to get Boca all up by the uh, Oh, Polo yeah, Club. I used to live in Delray, man. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I'll tell you a little story about Delray. Delray was uh, from, from uh, 95 to military trail, I landscaped that medium strip. You know that medium strip that goes past the yeah. orange road on the left? I did that in 1991. That's, that's my work. I used to, we not only planted it, did the installation, but we also did the maintenance on it every year. Florida yeah. literally is so flat and like, oh, I, I, I seen the landscapers do it out there. It is the hottest, like I was yeah. dying. I was Nobody dying. wanted to hire me. Nobody wanted to hire me back then because they thought I was because I was from New England that I, I wouldn't be able to take the heat. And I'm like, we just came off a, a heat wave of over 100 degrees, like for three days or something. It was 100, 104, whatever the hell it was. And, uh, and nobody would hire me. And, you know, there's a little statistic back then anyway. I don't know if it's still true, but the hottest southern Florida has ever got has been 95 degrees. But they've obviously had the 100 percent humidity. Now, that that was up to 1990 four when i when i moved back but um i don't know if that statistic is still true with climate change etc but um yeah so i'm sitting there going you know when somebody told me that stat one of the one of the quote-unquote natives of florida they weren't seminal indians so of course they're all transplants but um <laughs> but uh still. yeah yeah you know when i heard that stat i'm like you gotta be kidding me finally this english guy this guy he's, he was in the royal navy for like 30 years and married some woman from new hampshire he had a landscape company and he said he, he hired me because he knew that, you know, I could take it. Are you kidding me? So, but yeah, it was nice. How long were you down there, by the way? Uh, Smash? I was down there, down there for a couple of years. Yeah. 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 Delray was all right, man. I just, you just didn't go on the other side of 95 where the projects were. And that's, that's where like, I stayed. Yeah. You know, I, I remember a couple of times taking rides down there with friends after Friday night drinking and uh, yeah, that was pretty hairy, man. They used to swarm that car. Like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. that you were saying yeah. like, yo, my first ever grow came from main main plants that came from Canada. Uh, allegedly, sweet tooth seeds that came down from Canada. Um, a kid in Maine had a contact, and we got them from the kid in Maine. Um, those were the first plants I ever grew were sweet tooth from. Uh, Canada, pretty much. Sweet tooth from Breeder Steve. I must have. I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I, don't, I back then. That I was, was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful strain. I'm gonna guess that was the only one I can think of, unless it was bullshit. Right. If it was so, shit, you'd know it. It was really powerful. It was good, bud. It, it, yeah. it was really good weed. Uh, interesting. I had one of his other. <laughs> Because uh, I asked him on a program I was on with him, and he was kind of surprised because it go, went back so many years. But it's called uh, Sweet Pink Grapefruit, and uh, it was a really, a really popular here in Washington and Oregon. This is long before 
you know, medical even. So, I mean, there's always been a lot of smokers here. Don't get me wrong. It's always been accepted. Uh, you got something like eight or nine colleges in the city of Portland, you know, even including a, a branch of Notre Dame. So yeah, they call UMass Amherst the zoo, man. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we used to potty at Kennedy's. That's where we went. 90% of my home. My, I, I went to CM. I went to Catholic Memorial private school, you know, played hockey and all that stuff. Almost went to UMaine for hockey, all that good stuff. But anyway, my hometown in Needham, uh, they, uh, they, uh, oh God, what was I? I, 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 I forgot my train of thought. Sorry for interrupting you guys. Sorry. I'm all stumped. Completely forgot where I was going with that. Well, well listen, uh, sure I've got to go. I just wanted to say it was a pleasure meeting you and yeah. I wish you the best on your yeah. garden. Thanks, Coot. I'll be asking you for some advice in the future if you don't mind. No, not at all. More than I happy. I mean that sincerely and genuinely, not just, uh, you know. No, yeah, no problem. Whatever you need, I'm more than happy to. Uh, answer whatever questions you might have for sure. It'd be my pleasure. Anyway, you to my is there an, hey, is there an email I can, I can hit you off where you don't want to do that? Uh, I can give it to him if you want. Yeah, please. Or, you know, Charlie's farm 420. I don't care. I, you know, I give it out. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Smash has it. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Um, you're welcome. Have, have a good, good night, man. You too. Bye-bye. I guess we'll start to slowly uh, abscond for the evening. I think we missed, uh, we lost Tri Tommy Tricombs. I think he might have uh, uh, enjoyed a couple of microbrew. Tommy always has the best beer. Like, honestly, like he's always doing the best stuff. I need to go see him, bro. There's <laughs> nothing like a good beer, man. Or a good whiskey. We need to fix his audio situation because that was fucking rough today. But yeah, I just think he was closer to the mic than, all right. So they were kind of far from the mic. Um, and with Zoom, it seems like since I can get closer, it it auto levels, right. and it didn't seem like they had theirs on auto level because it was staying quiet. Tommy's would get louder, like yeah, so I'm like manual levels. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, we're so spoiled with it now because I have this on. Uh, not this. I have my Zoom on like maximum sound control or whatever. So like you wouldn't like all the time. I'll hear noises and and I'll, I I used to get self conscious of like oh you guys hear that? And people would be like no we don't hear anything blah blah blah. Can you even hear my fans? I have fans going. So well, I want to try one thing before we go. I just turned on like my cooling fans for the computer. I can hear it turn on, but then it went and away. That's it. Hmm? So yeah, that's how good my computer is. <laughs> Yeah, Zoom's gotten really crazy good, but uh, sometimes people don't know about it because a lot of times that shit is never really good. You know, normally like auto settings and stuff used to be really shitty and people would just shut it off because it's just like it was the way to fuck it up. Like with photography, you want your camera to fuck everything up, put it on auto settings. Uh, so yeah. I think technically I'm going through two programs before you guys are hearing my audio. Um, I have... My computer came with a really good system and then I have a real tech system. So like those are always playing when I'm on audio. Like remember that one night I was really messed up. That wasn't on. Mm. Nice. And I don't even have, and I don't have to have them running or anything. It's just, it, it seems to work. I don't know. That's about I'm going to have to sneak in the garden and cut things down when the lights go off like a murderer. 
Did my sound ever get any better? Uh, yeah, it's all right, man. It was it was bad right at first, then it got better. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Listen, I'll I'll, I'll sign off, man. I don't I I know I can get long winded. I got stories like my wife. Oh, no, where said. is it? Because <laughs> no, that, that was good enough. I would eat. love I would love to talk more. Yeah, smash, no doubt, man, no question. Uh, you, you, as soon as I heard you were from Ronnie, I'm like, wow, because I don't see anybody, man. I don't do anything. I don't. I, I work and I see my family. Like I haven't been home in four days now. Actually, I'm going on. I think I've been home once. I'm making it home to, in a few hours. But anyway, I'm always working because this is. I got two other places that are automated. This is the only place that's hand wadded. And as you can see, I got some numbers. I don't know if you can see that. We that's can get you some good lights too. We it's can get a those, lot of work, man. We can get rid of those T yeah. fives too, man. Yeah, I got, I got, you know, I got the company. Yeah, we talked to a guy today, shit. Yeah, I actually, uh, I've been watching. I've been following Brandon for years. I've been watching, ever since he had I this four hundred. Then he went to the six hundred. I remember that. You know, Doctor J used to get his lights and try them out. So I was thinking, like, I want to build something next year for my outdoor. I want to put up a roof and a couple walls. And I want to kind of maybe supplement some light because our, our lighting, we only get a max of like 16 hours and mm. that's about it. I kind of want to try to get out there a little bit earlier, maybe even put four walls up and put a light up. But I need a light that's going to last our humidity. That's going to that's going to actually run in our, our climate. We, we like think about it. We you don't want to buy a car from New England because it's going to fucking be rusty. You know what I mean? If I put a light outside and I'm running it during this season, it's going to get, it's going to wear out fast. Yeah. So I need to have something. I, I'm thinking, what could I use out there? And I don't really know yet. Well, What's your budget? Things, man. You can fucking wash your off. Close them off for the freaking That's pressure. I was off. trying to ask them if it would have lasted in the humidity, but I didn't get to it. Yeah, yeah that was sick. That was awesome seeing him spray that light. Sorry, I get it. Oh, they've been doing that, that for ages, man. They, they for anyone who <laughs> yeah, hasn't been to their shows, like they, they were a goofy booth, like uh, in a good way. They they'd have a SK six hundred, I guess they're called, uh, set up in a in just like in a rain booth, basically. It was just constantly yeah. being rained on for the entire show, I and it was on. That. And so you'd walk underneath it and it's like a full light, you know, turned on 600 Watts or whatever, probably really bad for their eyes, honestly. And Brendan yeah. would stand under the light and it was like standing under a grow light and the fucking thing is just being rained on constantly. The, the water's just being recycled from the, the bottom of the glass or whatever. And uh, yeah, the, the message is like, you can literally just pretty much rain on it no matter what, well, how much, how much could it take though? Is the like, yeah that model ran that show, but how long could it run after is the question after getting rained well, on heavy the assumption is they were probably, I mean, yeah, I guess they could be replacing it after the show or whatever, but I, you know, I think it's, if it's waterproof, it's waterproof, just like the new iPhones. Like they're basically water. I mean, they're not waterproof, but they're water resistant. Like, yeah. Um, That's the new one. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't dunk it. It's not a submarine. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, it's not for a fucking SpongeBob under the sea, but you know, for <laughs> normal use, washing like, it off like that. Even fans and stuff, it seems to this humidity wears them out faster than like like I was running Arizona and stuff. I don't know. Like things just seem to go faster here. It sucks. <laughs> I don't know if it's my house. Maybe it's my power doing surges or something dumb. But like humidifiers break on me all the time. Fucking my dehu broke on me. Like. I buy new ones. I like, and I'm not cheap. I buy new things. Wiring. Yeah. You might honestly have bad wiring. 
So you might think about, I hate to tell you, well, I, honestly, I don't even I don't have bad good. wiring, but for some reason, fuck, it was something to do with the construction. Uh, I can't remember what the story was, but anyway, I was having like power outages and it was literally shutting off my computer and it's just not, not a great thing, you know? So uh, I literally had to go to Costco one day. I was like, the fuck, this construction's not going to go away. Uh, sure enough, it did after like six months, but it literally took like six months. So I bought like a big uh, power bank, whatever the fuck. Uh, it's been great. So anytime there's a storm or anything else, like uh, even if I see the lights flicker or something, no problem with my computer. So anyway, the, the point is it costs like, I don't know, hundred bucks or something. I've bucks seen them. I've been looking at those. But it might be worth it. We just you. had that hurricane. You can also wire those in, honestly, but. I, but the thing is, like, I see things like even the one I have right down there now, I've, it's been good for a long time. But as soon as I ended up in the tent, it just wore out like it, it, it's just sputtering and the fans aren't working as much. And, I don't know. know, like John's in too gross saying the dehues are shit, but I've had the same dehumidifier for five years now. I had one for a long time. Stop fucking counting. It's just been a what, long what's time. What's the make? What's the make you guys have? A GE. I have the yeah. the nicest. I think C- you still have it. CBS. Yeah, it's not even a Quest. Yeah, for real. Yeah, it's not yeah, even a Quest. Yeah. yeah, I got I got an ideal, and it's it's one of the eighty pints, you know. And uh, but some people don't realize that's eighty pints every twenty four hours. You know, mm. people always think it's an eighty pint container. <laughs> it's like no, it does eighty pints every twenty four hours. So, but it, I've had it for years now and it, and it still works like a gem thing. So I just keep the filter clean and, you know, I clean out anything. I clean out the bucket every once in a while because I don't have it into a sub pump yet or anything. I just have it drained through the wall. So, I try to take things apart and clean them like fans or shrouds, maybe even unscrew it and clean out the gears. I try to keep things in order, but like these, unless you, I don't know. I had one, like Jimmy said, I had a DU that lasted a while. And now everyone I put in the tent's just been shitting on the bed on me. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I hate to say it, but at that point, it's probably time to actually get one of those freaking nice ones, like one of those quests. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the of every yeah. grower, and we I'd can always somehow justify something else. But honestly, like everyone that's ever gotten one, they don't ever regret it. You know what I mean? They don't. There's a lot of things they're in life. Product. Like, oh, you know, when they're you still get family it, owned. Have you, have you seen their bio quest? They're family yeah. owned. But we only need it during the winter. And then in oh, no, the no, summer, no. I'm running a See, this smash, that's where you're wrong. You should be running your DHU all year round. You should be running it basically all year round. You should be constantly. I don't personally uh, uh, um, keep my temperature to a steady degree. I mean, I do kind of, but I don't use like air conditioning, stuff like that. But I always, always uh, run dehumidifier, always. And it's basically on, even in the summertime when it's warm and, and there's no need for it, it might kick out. It might kick on a half hour a day. And that's the thing. It might actually click on a half a day. Like when, when the uh, power goes out, when the, the, the uh, you know, like when the plants go to sleep, stuff like that, they, they exhale, blah, blah, blah. You might be asleep in bed or something. You know what I mean? You might not even know the humidity briefly spiked for 15, 20 minutes, but that could be enough damage cumulatively over a few days that that could be the beginning, let's say of a, a, a bud rot or even powdery mildew situation or something. Else. I have it. Like, yeah. I always have like, something on a trigger just in case it gets too high, but it's not on 24 seven. Like it is now for the time we're in, I'm in 91% humidity at all times right now. Wow. Even in your night. Yeah, and so your, your humidifier should be running. No, uh, no, this isn't in the tent. This is outdoors. Oh, oh. Yeah. 
Well, but if it's outdoors, then it's also in the tents. Like it's a, so yeah, the, my DHU runs almost twenty four seven right now. I yeah. turn it on. For, wow. I should have turned it on earlier, but I kind of the winter time. Oh, you guys are cold as shit in the winter time, so it actually might be dry in the winter. It's right. dry as hell, man. I have to add humidity. Got it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually well, so very. That is an, interesting, that is an interesting that. different thing, but that's still. How do I put this there? I don't know. In my room and as he's always Santa on here. In the nighttime, I run it obviously all the time at night. But in nighttime here, just like last week, we had some really warm days, but then we had some super cool nights. So you had to be really careful because that's, you know, as everybody knows, it only takes a couple of nights and that PM can set in. And um, so I I run it in the wintertime, it adds heat, even though it's dry in the air at nighttime, they're producing so much CO2 and moisture through that CO2 that. It just keeps it at about 40, 50% at night. Mm. But that's my room. That's a, you know, that's a, a 20 by 15 by a 20 foot ceiling almost. So, you know, not the same. It's, it's, you know, a lot different than when you're running. You know, everybody's environment's different is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So what works for me doesn't right. really work for everybody else. That's just what I yeah. have to do with the time, especially it adds the heat. I don't like doing it in the summertime. But I circulate the air. I have fresh air constantly coming, circulating fresh air in and, and filtering out. So, because I got to close over there with CO2, supplemental CO2. So. All right, I'm babbling. Again. That's the thing, too. Uh, we should talk about that one of these. Yeah, we can babble about this shit for Bro, ages. I wish you were living yeah, around here. Ever, talk about- listen, somebody wrote one of the first times I got your sarcasm right off the rip, right? And then somebody wrote, I don't know, a week or two ago on the show, like, you know, it's hard to see somebody's sarcasm through texting. And I'm like, no way. So with you, brother, you had the best sense of humor. It came. I just, if we live closer, all I could say is we'd be, we'd be, I got a feeling we'd be, we'd be hanging, man. That's all. That's all. You're right. Hey, I'm usually not on the same. Take time to do this stuff, you know? I'm using you guys because I got to go do stuff in the garden when the lights go off. And I'd go to sleep. I'd lay down and watch a movie if I wasn't talking to you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working. I thank you for having me. I'm so bored. I don't see my wife or my child. And I'm here literally 24-7, four or five okay. days. And, uh, and I got nothing else to do. So why not turn on the camera, talk to you guys, and have, learn something? Because I'm not up to date with everything, especially when it comes to flipping to organics. Are you kidding me? And the day I do, show me the door. The day I think I know it all, please show me the door. And and I just and I and I dig it. And, and you got a great community that you're building. There's no question about it. No question about it. But, you know, you can see some sometimes on subbies that would be haters. It's just not here, man. It's not here. You know. And I understand well, subby was subby. We have a good community that that's <laughs> been that's like modded. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Our mods are all cool. Like they've been around for a while. They all chill. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's a good, like they, they take care of it. Well, honestly, we don't even have to do half of this, this like chat stuff. It, it's cool. Yeah, I like talking. Green grape was just fucking banning. This one little shit had just don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Yeah. Lips. That's all it was. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate that. I got one of Subby's last pictures. Yeah, right. I fell off when Subby. Yeah, he he and I became really good friends over the last few years, and then uh, yeah, like two days before he died, he and I were mm-hmm. talking, and he wanted to send me a photo of his camper. You know, the new the new RV he got. So excited! Yeah, yeah. 
and I, I, uh, I can fall into depressions and I, and I kind of did. And then I'm stuck here. I'm always in my head. <laughs> so no, no worse place to be than in your own freaking head. A lot of the time. Dude, I so. can't even drive right now. Come on. Yeah, dude, I got wheels. Uh, Smash. It's a little bit different, man. I don't know. Sub was a very imperfect person. He was definitely not, uh, yeah, he was yeah. not in any respect a saint by, I mean, in any way, was he a no, saint? He used to fight. He probably did it, screw yeah. a lot of people over. He was always super nice to me. I think he was really nice to Charlie. Uh, yeah. he was in many ways a really cool uh, guy and, and whatever you want to say about him because there is a lot to say I don't think the end of his life was a very fair situation it's just it's fucking it still rubs me wrong you know like uh, just everything about it is, fuck that shit you know so yeah. I mean it's, 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 I have the more like, you know about it. It. yeah you said it, it like, sucks I didn't get to meet him like that you know what I mean I met him once and that's it um, he was cool when I met him it's yeah, a, he, had a market. he was a good marketer, man. No me and him connected it. for the fact that was he had... liked people. That's that's the yeah. fucking dirty secret that a lot of people don't actually comply with. You can see that in people's eyes. Yeah. Subcool was different in that he actually liked people and enjoyed talking yeah. to them. And once he put the booze down, he became a, he became a better person anyway. Because yep. that booze was killing him. And he knew it. Those are most people, yeah. And that's it's the same thing with me. Yeah, I like scotch and all that stuff, but it, it's yeah. bad for most people. Like I had the, I was a heroin addict. Like I, I don't know. Not many people. Well, maybe I, I say it, but I was a dope addict, man. Like who's said it before? Who's been open on the show, man? Lost way, many way of my friends about it. Recently, way, way, way back, man. But still, yeah. go ahead. Lost a good handful or, of friends through that stuff. Yeah. Shit. Like you know, yeah. Like, I'm sure we all have. It was bad between a lot of generations down here on this coast and stuff like. I know older people that are still addicted. It, 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 it hit really hard for some reason um, on this coast. But I mean, I'm walking almost into six years. You know what I mean? Like I'm walking into six years. Congratulations. And the Congratulations, only thing that man. did it is cannabis. Like this shit growing, finally getting my head out of like thinking about getting like street life, running around, getting money, doing this, blah, 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 blah. Like, Growing is Good the job. one thing that actually helped me get there to a point mm-hmm. where I was like, all right, I can enjoy doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just had a hip replacement. They wouldn't give me anything. Did Nothing you? to do with my past, but they, they yeah, they, they're so tight now. And I had a rotten hip. The woman said she hadn't seen, the, the doctor, the surgeon said she hadn't seen a hip like mine at my age. And this was uh, a few years back. I was, um, Oh God, I was in my mid fifties and, um, and, uh, it was a spear. My femur was basically rotten out. My, the inside of my socket was rotten out. And she said it came to a point and it, and it was just jabbing me for a year. And it took a year and a half. She went through all the cortisone shots with me. She's like, take some cortisone shots. See if we can get this pain under control and all that crap. Nothing would touch it. And, um, finally after a year and a half, she finally did the surgery, but it took all that time. And, you know, I, I wasn't, and I, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't, I didn't even ask him for anything. You know what I mean? But it, it didn't dawn on me until after the fact when I had the surgery and my wife said, it. she goes, she didn't even offer you any painkillers of any sorts. Not one time that whole time. And I was like, yeah, shit. You know, afterwards they gave me Dilaudid's, but I didn't even take them. You know, they gave me a script. I used them for a day and they, they didn't do anything anyway. So I didn't really even care. But um, yeah, anything is- I moved. you know, it's whack. Like- I'll tell you, this is whack. This is, this is when I saw, I listen, I, <clears throat> My neighborhood was in North End, Charlestown, Somerville, all the way down to the South Shore of Cape Cod. And um, 
but my hangout because of, you know, going to school at CM, I used to hang a lot. And, and all my friends in Matt, you know, too, and BC high North end was one of my main hangouts when I was a kid and a teenager. And, uh, and, uh, through hanging out there, I, I just, I got a lot of Coke, you know, back then, you know, and, um, but I moved to Florida to get away from it. I was sick of the business. I had to get away. I had an opportunity literally overnight. I, I knew a French family moving down there and they, they had a 16 year old son that was working at the company that I was working at. And I, and when I heard he was going down to Florida, I was like, ah, shit. He goes, would you mind if I, if I came with you guys, you know, and they were basically running from INS. So their five years was up and their sponsor dropped from whatever the case was. I can't remember. And, um, I just wanted out of the business, man. I was getting sick of everybody showing up in my house 24 seven, you know, um, all that crap. So I went down to Florida, come back in 94. I started working at the club that I, I was working at before, like the first two weeks, everybody was doing heroin. Oh, wow. Everybody. And I mean, like I picked up my business where I left off. Like I hadn't even left in four years because I knew everybody at the club still, you know what I mean? Nothing changes if nothing changes, as they say. But my whole point was everybody, they were still doing the blow, but they, they were doing all this. And I'm like, we, we were always anti that in the 80s and the 70s. Like, that wasn't the thing, you know? So. Yeah, because it was back so then, easy it was, getting it. Like, be a scourge. We were hard. All right, all right, so our doctors weren't pumping it out, but in certain places around the U.S., doctors were pumping it out. So people were going there, getting it, and bringing it back. A lot of it was on the train back in the early 2000s. Um, it was on the train. Everything was done on the train back, back and forth from Mass to Florida. Like that's how a bunch of pills would come through Boston and New York and then distribute throughout the other side of the, like throughout the coast. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. We were hubs. This, that was the problem. Yeah. We've been a hub for every local drug trade that's ever happened. Yeah. I know this, I know in the, uh, in the eighties, um, you know, Rhode Island was one of the, you know, Rhode Island's uh, always been kind of a dirty state anyway, obviously, you know, <laughs> smashed, you know, who runs, who actually runs Rhode Island, but, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, they come, it, it was one of the biggest, you know, because of the ports. I mean, it was coming through, you know, um, all, all on the coast here, you know, that's where they were finding. That's why, you know, when I was a kid in the seventies, we used to find bales of weeds every once in a while in Nantucket at Martha's Vineyard, you know, washed up on the shore. But most of the coke, you know, and, and that's where a lot of the dope was coming in was, you know, that's why New, uh, New Bedford, that's why New Bedford's so bad. You know, that, mm -hmm. you know, New Bedford is the number one fishing port in the world. It, yeah. it at, the, at the time makes more money, more money came into New Bedford than all other ports in the world combined. I don't know if you know that, but that's a fact. And then, and then you, you have got the, Gloucester right next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gloucester's up on the, on the North shore, but yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff was coming into Gloucester too, but, but that's why New Bedford's so bad now. I mean, it literally is a rundown, nothing but a huge friggin' junkie town, you know, and I got friends that used to work course, in boats down there. It's horrible. So, Sorry. I've been to, all right. I was living out. Well, I met a girl and I went out to Lawrence for a little bit. Lawrence mass. I'll tell this story. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. I know Lawrence very uh, well. <laughs> it is it is so bad out there things where it was straight fentanyl what they were selling was pure white fentanyl was no heroin nothing um yeah. every every corner had a dealer when i was down there and it was dirt cheap literally 15 bucks could get you high for a couple like a day 
um, if you knew how to like ration or whatever. Right, right. Um, shit, man. Like, it's so bad. Brockton, Lawrence, Lynn. Yeah. All of those places got hit so hard. It's sad. Yeah, that's funny. I just, I lived in Brockton about 10 years ago. I was, uh, I was in the hospital in 2010 and was dead on the, dead on the, the, the bed twice. And uh, I, I spent almost a year in the hospital inpatient, uh, you know, IVs running everywhere with uh, massive infection, a couple actually infections. And uh, one of them they couldn't even figure out. But when I got out and my wife and I decided to, to settle down and have a child while well, I met, I met my wife and, you know, fell in love and all that. Um, that's the first place we lived right there on, uh, on um, uh, Forest Street, right by the, Fairgrounds. I don't know if you know Brockton at all, but that's I one used of to streets. stay downtown. That's like where the Cape Verdeans stay. Yeah, yeah, it's all Cape Verdean now. At least it was in 2014. But yeah, we spent about a year there, and I saw how bad it was. The Cape Verdeans. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, there was. There was uh, a murder. I think it was like four or five houses down. Uh, made the news because uh, a couple kids came in from high school from Brockton High, right on Forest Ave. Because Forest Ave goes right to, right past one of the entrances to Brock and I, and um, they walked in and their mother was dead on the ground at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was only like four, four doors down from my house, five, five doors down from my house. And um, the boyfriend ended up doing, they ended up catching it. I remember sitting on, sitting on my balcony at like two o'clock in the morning one time. And there was a guy, there was, there was always, you know, they keep Verdians having parties summertime, you know, they, they party till, you know, all hours, four, five, five in the morning, whatever the case, playing their music. And uh, which is all good. I'm not saying anything, but, this guy gets out of his car, parks directly across from my house, gets out of the car to go to the party, and the guy's having a problem. And I can't tell from on the third floor because I was in a, a triple decker. I couldn't tell if he was if he was drunk or he was just having a hard time walking for some reason. And uh, he walked right out into the middle of the street, hit the yellow lines, and this car came at forty. And I watched the whole thing, clipped him. He went twenty feet up in the air, fell down, and smashed his elbow. And um, and, and, and that's not the only, this is all in less than 16 months. And then at like three in the morning, I was out there one time with my wife and there was a car coming down and you, the windows were down and you could hear, it was three in the morning, so it was really quiet. And uh, you could hear somebody was fighting in the car. Next thing you know, they hit the telephone pole. It's a couple, couple telephone poles down from my house, smashed the car. Guy gets out of the driver's seat, or out of the passenger seat. The girl gets out of the driver's side seat, and uh, she was pissed because he had grabbed the wheel and purposely had him go, had her go into the friggin' telephone pole, and then smashed the car up. And then I can't remember if she she ended up leaving before the cops got there, or he did, and he took just happened in front of my house, bro. Oh, a God. car flipped. A car flipped over in front of my house, and they dipped. <laughs> Really? BMW. I believe it. Jesus I believe Christ. it. I know, right? Listen, I can babble all night, guys. Oh, me I too, man. Going, so I can get my ass out of here. Email me. I'm, I'm Charlie's Farm 420 smashed. Email me anytime with uh, Kutz's email. And, uh, you know, you don't have to jump on it right away. I, I hope you don't forget, man, because I want to talk to you some more, man. No doubt. Is it He's, Gmail? Yeah, it's Charlie's Farm 420, all one thing, at okay. gmail.com. All right. I'll write it down right now. All right, man. Feel me. Right. Thank you. Thanks again, man. I good. hope you have me again. This was, this was a lot of fun. Cheers, dude. Welcome back anytime. I think you man. should come on anytime you want.
Yeah, yeah I, 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 get, I get some crazy stories, man. And I'm old enough now where yeah, I don't man. care. <laughs> you see, really Coop comes on here all the time, man. Come and shoot the shit with Coop. Yeah, and same with Steve. I am a huge fan of Steve, but a long time. I mean, you know, and, and you, I, when I was on Instagram, I go through you. You were the one that DM me asking if I was okay a couple of years ago or a year and a half, whatever it was like, hey, man, how you doing? Haven't heard from you. Haven't seen you in a while. Dude, I have nothing but respect for you for that. And I mean that. And I got back to you. I got back to you. I was like, dude, yeah, right on, man. You're doing some sick stuff. I could talk about that all night, man. You're doing some serious stuff, man. And you're doing it right. You're doing it right. That's the thing. Yeah, you don't have everything that everybody else has. No. And that's the key. And I'm not looking for the next latest and greatest because that's always around the corner. Just give me the quality now. You know, I don't care what the name is. Just give me some quality. That's all I want. Thanks, and you're man. doing it. Yeah, right on. All right, enough. Ask us. <laughs> I'll see you. Appreciate it, dude. I love you. Guys. Okay, okay, okay yeah, not too much. Not too much. <laughs> Peace, guys. Be good. Uh, have a good one, my friend. Uh, as always, my friends, in uh, good fun. Smash, have we had a chance to uh, shout out your uh, freaking uh, the Instagram and the the all that the shiznas, the, the freaking TikTok. I, I freaking interrupted. So just so everyone knows, like I rudely interrupted Smash before the show. He was going to tell us a story about something. I was like, oh, dude, save this for the show. And he was like, well, okay. You didn't yeah, have to, really you didn't have to talk about it. I, I feel like you probably like, dang it. You probably, you can talk, talk about it tomorrow if you want to. Is I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. It just kind of sucks. Oh, like I put up a video, it went, it went viral and then it got taken down. Oh, the giveaway still, I just, my account's not locked. So I'm trying to be as safe as I can now. Welcome but, to the, the world of cannabis shit. How viral did it go? Uh, Almost 20,000 and it was rising Jesus. every, every, like I had, I, all right, I'll put it this way. I was at 400 followers and I'm at 2,000 plus. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, so it would have been one of those things that would have been like your Instagram break or whatever shit, yeah. In a night. And I, yeah. it, it was the thing that I could have probably get like, yeah. But I can go live now and I have like a creator's fund started and stuff. It's kind of cool. Like I've never had anything like this. You know what I mean? Like that's my dream, man. I just like, I do this cannabis thing kind of hard, but... I would love to just be able to like, I have a huge like license bill right now. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's a big thing in front of me. I haven't been able to drive for years, like because of some stupid bullshit. Um, the dumb two accidents I got into in a year and then both the accidents, I got seatbelt tickets. And then I, my buddy got pulled over and I got a seatbelt ticket with him and they were surchargeable events. Right. That's five within a year. And for doing some trimming. Fuck. what i'm trying to do now so like i have a whole bunch of different ideas and, like hopefully sooner or later something pops off you know oh man i would put that out there i mean you know you can do whatever you want of course you could unicycle ballet that'd be cool if you could you'd have to learn how to do that first but i was gonna say like trimming to get the shirts we're always looking for dependable trimmers i'm looking know, to get a bulk order in the back i don't know you never know. I think we have pretty much totally lost Tommy Tricombe for the evening. I think he's passed out. I think it's a good thing. He's that he still didn't, there. I, the I didn't even know that was Tommy. I think that's Tommy. Yeah. If I mouse over it, it's Tommy. So yeah, that's Tommy. All right. Yeah. We're going to uh, accidentally showing like ass crack or something. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's see here. I should probably shout out my website. Uh, cheers, Smash. You don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to hang out for this. Oh, by the way, we have like four minutes. So I don't know. I kind of lit this joint. I figure I'll. Yeah, um, I'll take another dab with you guys something. before we jet. So let me bullshit about my website, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, didn't infomercialize you until now. Uh, I guess that means that uh, you have to succumb to a little bit of it. You know, actually have to. You can probably want to. You could be a mean person. You could close your computer now and be like, that's it. I'm fucking out of here. Bye bye. Uh, but if you don't, if you're still here, you're like, no, man, all right, I'll listen for a couple more minutes. Just don't, don't fucking overdo it. Okay. I'll be brief. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go take a look at fumadoro.com. You can also look up fumesofgold.com uh, or also fumadoro.net. Let me think also, uh, fumidoroseedco.com. I realize it's a lot of different addresses, but I was all like, uh, excited when I was starting it up. I was like, this is the one and that one and the other ones. Anyway, uh, so they all go to the same place. Uh, they go basically to the main, main place, just fumidoro.com. You can find Morgana there. She's uh, Kuve F2, speaking of subcool. Kuve F2 was uh, one of the last testers he sent me. Uh, and the Ruby Jack F2 is uh, actually a tester for my friend Stevie. And uh, I pretty much was the only tester for that. Ran a bunch of them. I got to run just like tons and tons of them. Well, relatively tons. Holy shit. Like uh, Charlie's was talking about some friend of his who regularly runs 500 at a time. I didn't get to run 500 at a time. That would have been awesome. But for me, I got to run plenty of Ruby Jack and got to really know a strain. That was really helpful for me. Uh, and it's something different, something new and something cool, I think. So anyway, I crossed it into a bunch of different stuff. Got a couple of in crosses even. I'm really enjoying this Black Prince Ruby. Uh, I had a joint of that earlier today. Uh, strawberry candy is the most prevalent note in this one. And I was going for that. The mom was uh, profoundly strawberry candy. Actually looked a lot like this plant right here. And uh, the only problem is that the mom was sometimes a little bit viney, uh, just a little bit like uh, lacked a little stem strength occasionally. It was a little finicky from time to time when I would nail whatever it was that she liked. Oh, my God, was she a lovely plant. Uh, but then I figured, you know what, it'd be better just to cross her and uh, get some bigger. So wouldn't you know what? I think I did. Uh, really fond of this cross so far. Um, that is literally basically a Ruby Jack back cross, but I'm just calling it uh Black Prince Ruby. The Black Prince Ruby is the biggest, uh, big old freaking ruby on the front of the uh, British crown, basically. Queen Elizabeth wears it sometimes. Anyway, go check out the West Injun Swindle. Probably the best deal on the website. Three packs for 75 bucks a piece. That goes to 225 bucks. Uh, every 10 pack that includes these three pack deals, uh, they all come with at least five uh, uh, beans per 10 pack of Silago the Bat. Basically, the only way to get Silago the Bat is as a June at some point. Um, by the way, I uploaded some more photos of Silago the Bat right here. Uploaded some photos of the mom, posted some on the Instagram today. I uh, couldn't find these for the longest time. Sure enough, they were in my freaking like Lightroom folder. That's why I couldn't find them. Anyway, that's stupid and nobody cares. But I guess check your freaking folders, my friends, if you uh, labeled them badly. So this was the mom to the uh, Silago the Bat. She has... I don't know. I hate, I hesitate to say it because people were like, Oh, I'm not going to fucking grow it. No, she has a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of instability right at the end of flower. She'll throw a couple nanners and you'll get like 10 seeds. And so like, basically, in fact, you can see right there, you can see one little nanner basically, but I picked this at like nine and a half weeks, 10 weeks. So basically I'm not going to run this uh, cross anymore, but I think it's delightful. Uh, everybody that's grown it has said uh, really good things about it. Really, really high yielding, should be great for rosin and honestly, very, very medicinal. There's a little seed right there, actually, you can see. Uh, that one was probably an intentional seed. I might have even planted that seed right there. Isn't that cute, that little seed there? 
Anyway, folks, uh, the only way to get this seed, this uh, uh, cross, very, very sour strawberry leaning. Uh, the only way to get it is as a freebie from something else. I guess I'll stop uh, infomercialing because, God damn it. Cheers, everybody. Happy 420. Uh, freaking smash. Do you want to say happy 422? Because I was fucking babbling the whole time. You want to be like, uh, cheers? Oh, you're fucking muted. Dang it. It actually is 420 here, so cheers. Cheers, man. Um, I do have an Instagram. If anyone wants to get a hold of me, Smash Cannabis 2.0. Um, yeah, follow me. I don't have many followers. I lost my main one. I, it's I'm trying to get more followers, and I will follow back because I need a better feed. You know what I mean? My shit's filled up with ads still right now, <laughs> so it kind of sucks. It's like I have all the glass shops, and I see a lot of glass. I rather see people's grow. So if you do grow on Instagram, I'll follow you back. That's yeah, Smash Cannabis 2.0. Oh man, awesome! Thank you, Supreme Grape. <clears throat> Have a good night, everyone. Uh, ears. Thank you, Smash. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging. Uh, don't forget the photo contest. You have a couple of days left to, to post. We'll see each other tomorrow. It's going to be Weed and Whiskey Wednesday. Don't forget, folks. I think we're going to be doing a little bit more active uh, uh, goofing off on Wednesdays, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to see because, you know, sometimes stuff doesn't work out, stuff like that. But uh, we're going we're gonna to hope for the best and see that uh, we have fun times on uh what Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, slightly different shows. So that's going to be a, a kind of a fun little dynamic. We're going to see how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the photo contest. Like I said, it's simple rules. Go look them up on the website. I should honestly post another flyer. Now that I think about it, I should post another one tomorrow. But anyway, very simple rules, my friends. Uh, new posts, you have to make or grow the thing that you, you take a photograph of. Follow Portland Cannabis Tasting Society on Instagram. Literally one big old word at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Post the hashtag uh, Fumi's photo contest, just like it sounds with a PH, by the way, not an F, you know, one of those things. Uh, well, Fumi with an F. Okay, I'll just fucking spell it. F-U-M-I-P-H-O-T-O-C-O-N-T-E-S-T. Uh, and then also, please, as a double redundant, whatever the fuck, at Portland Cannabis Day Society, put that tag on there just in case, because sometimes the, the shit doesn't come through. If I don't see your post, if I haven't seen your post, please don't hesitate to retag me. Be polite about it, but don't hesitate to retag me you know, wait a couple of hours. If you just posted it or whatever, I may not have gotten around to it. I also try to time them. So they come out in the best times of the day. Uh, but, uh, and by the way, if I post yours at three o'clock in the morning, it's not going to, cause I hate you. It's just cause I'm, I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to forget or something. So don't take it personally, but I do when I can, I try to time them at the best parts of the day. Folks, if you're listening, that also includes if you're not a contestant, please go vote on those photographs. People like to uh, get votes. And honestly, that's the only way that there's going to be votes on the contest. I'm not the one that decides. You guys are the ones that decide. It's people's choice. So please go vote. Vote for all of your favorites. There's not just one. You don't pick one. You vote for every single one. And the one that has the most votes, that's the one that wins. Could not possibly be more simple. There's basically no rules to it, essentially. Uh, that's next contest, uh, Australian. We're going to have to work on that one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, fucking hilarious. I feel like I'm fucking forgetting something super fucking obvious. That's why I'm like, God damn, I can't laugh. All right, go check out my website, fumidoro.com. Let's see each other, my friends. Photo contest. There's got to be something. Whatever. Maybe it'll come to you. Maybe it'll come to you for a change. Instead of it coming to me, to me after the show, maybe it'll come to you and be like, fucking, that's what he was talking about. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, be kind, be decent, be decent, be decent, be to do that too. Be kind, be decent, be gentle. Don't be fucking pricks. 
just honestly, don't be fucking pricks. Don't forget also, if you're listening, we're starting late tomorrow. So if you're like, oh my fucking God, the show's not starting. We're actually starting late. So I'm going to try to post a, fl- you know what? Now I'm going to have to post a flyer. So please uh, stay tuned on my Instagram, Fumador underscore Chibador. If you haven't followed it before, uh, also at Portland Canvas Tasting Society, it'll be on both those pages. Ladies and gentlemen, adios. Thanks for hanging. Until we meet again. Ears, big ears, and uh, space aliens. I'm always forgetting to freaking shout you out on simulcast, cats and dogs, all that shit. I always forget. Adios. What was that word? Radios? It's late. I'm tired.
Ya tu bili ilahi, ya tu bili ilahi, ya tu bili ilahi. 